Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Monday, February 6, 2017. Hello again, everyone. I'm Mario Hawani back inside our New York City studio. And speaking of this New York City studio, my friends, this is a special day. This will be our last show in this very studio. We, we moved in here around almost exactly four years ago. I think it was late March of 2013. And right now, we are the last ones left. The entire company, and I'm not just talking about SB Nation. We're running through the lower thirds. You're giving away my secrets right off the top. Don't go through all of them, but fine. If you want to, that's cool with me. Um, The entire company has moved. The entire company is gone. It's only us. This place looks like a house. You know, the night before you move to a, a bigger and better house. There's stuff all over the place. Things are upside down. There's scraps. There's only just a few of us left. The entire Vox Media company has moved to a brand new location. So that means that the MMA Hour, the MMA Beat, the next time you see it after today, and we are the last show to be coming at you, the world, from this studio. No other shows. After today, they close the lights. They move everything. Boom, we're gone. Um, We'll be coming to you from a new studio. And for the... You know, for the first few weeks slash months, it's actually going to be the same kind of set. Um, So nothing really is going to change. Like if I didn't tell you that, you probably wouldn't even know that we moved. But then eventually I'm told we're going to get a new set, a new logo, all that stuff and more. So it's very exciting. And if I'm being honest, I'm a little anxious about the whole thing because we moved a lot over the years. Different studios in, in AOL, AOL to SB Nation, SB Nation here, blah, blah, blah. And every step of the way, there's been an issue. This time, though, I feel like we're going we're gonna to stop that trend. This time, I feel good about things. But I am anxious because I'm typically a very anxious person, and I don't like change. And if it was up to me, we'd just stay here forever and ever because uh, we've kind of been rolling as of late, except for the lower thirds but these things happen i mean we're we're alive we're a live show these things are gonna happen <laughs> i'm just kidding um so anyway we're 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 excited last show it's a big time for all of us here at the company and i'm honored to be the last one to do a show from this midtown uh, this midtown studio very very nice distinction for all of us and next week we'll be coming at you from that new one in downtown manhattan closer to wall street where all the the big wig financial people are Anyhow, T 
TMI, a little too much information, but as you know, I like to include you into what is going on in all our lives. Uh, speaking of which, I want to tell you that the MMA Hour is brought to you by our good friends over at For Honor, this brand new video game made by Ubisoft for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. It is available on February 14th. Who will reign supreme? Now, a couple things if you're an MMA fan, a couple features that will uh, that really, will really speak to you. Um, we've got the real fighting strategy in this game that is unlike other games. So it's not just your typical run and gun or hack and slash as the kids call it these days. And one of the key elements of the game is balancing defense and offense, sort of like MMA itself, to truly master the fight and win the battle. So there it is, for honor. New York Rick, huge fan of the game. He told me he's been playing it all weekend long. He loves it. Maybe he'll give us a first-person account a little later on. Okay, we've got a lot to discuss this week. Fun show we've got. Uh, interesting collection of guests. Let me run down today's show, and we'll get moving. Here's the lineup. At around 3.05 p.m. Eastern Time, we're going to be joined in studio by the WWE superstar formerly known as Alberto Del Rio. Remember him? Big star, WWE champion. Now, he is the uh, Combate America's president. So, you know, that Latin-based organization, and uh, they, they really cater to the Latino fans, headed up by Campbell McLaren. They've got an event coming up on February 16th in Burbank, California. So, Alberto Del Rio, they call him El Presidente now, Alberto Rodriguez, El Patron. He's got a thousand different names, but little known fact about Del Rio, if you will. I'm going to call him that just for now, just because that's the name that we all kind of know him by, at least here in North America. Um, former MMA fighter. Main evented Pride Bushido One under the moniker Dos Caras Jr., the son of the legendary Mexican Lucha Libre wrestler Dos Caras himself, also the nephew of Miel Masacres, if I pronounce that correctly. Anyway, he fought uh, Mirko Krokop in uh, Saitama in 2003, I believe, October of 2003, main event of Pride Bushido 1. Actually had a pretty solid MMA career, fought for Pride twice, got knocked out by Mirko, but I, I want to talk about these things. I've always been fascinated by that fight. If, you, if you've seen it, he was actually wearing a luchador mask in the fight against Mirko Krokop, which is kind of nuts. So anyhow, we'll be joined by him, talk to him about being the president of uh, Combate Americas. Combate Americas. I always get confused between Combate, the Brazilian website, and Combate, the MMA promotion. He'll be joining us in Studio 305. That should be fun. David Branch, yes, he is back. I think he's got some news this time. They've assured me he's going to show up, so all's well. David Branch, the World Series of Fighting Light Heavyweight and Middleweight Champion, will be joining us at 245. Yo, Romero will stop by at 225, talk about what's next for him. Frankie Edgar, who just uh, celebrated his 10-year anniversary with the UFC, UFC 67. How about that? What an honor for Frankie Edgar. Also want to talk to him about what's next. He'll stop by at 205, 145. We'll be joined by Damian Maya. Interesting week for him. And 125, the reigning defending UFC light heavyweight champion, Daniel Cormier will stop by, talk about his fight against Anthony Johnson and a whole lot more. So the UFC was in Houston this past weekend, big weekend in Houston. Of course, the Super Bowl, let us not speak of what happened. The, uh, the, the atrocity, the monstrosity, the, the depressing ending of that game. Let us not talk about that. But let us talk about what happened Saturday night in Houston. It was the UFC back for a fight night show at the Toyota Center. Uh, the main event featured the return of the Korean Zombie, First fight in three and a half years, and he looked better than ever. Finishing Dennis Bermudez, which is no small feat in its own right, and just looked great, looked in great shape. 
on point takedown defense. Great stuff. He opens up a lot of possibilities for them at 145 pounds. So that's very exciting. The Korean Zombie is back. The co-main event featured Felice Herrig with a nice win over Alexa Grasso. And now Alexa Grasso suffered her first loss. Just couldn't really seem to get it going. I don't know. It just, it felt like she was out of it. But hey, give give Felice Herrig all the credit in the world. I think a lot of us thought that she would be resorted to sort of gatekeeper status at 115. And that was a big time win for her. That was a really nice win. So we'll see what happens next for Felice Herrig. We'll talk more about that a little later on. Also of note, uh, Jessica Andrade cements her place as the number one contender in the strawweight division. She defeats Angela Hill, who I thought looked much better um, since the last time we saw her fight in the UFC and definitely has earned her place back in the promotion. Uh, actually, it kind of looked a little bit like Dominic Cruz. Of course, she trains with Alliance. Just her movement, um, her, her her foot movement, her head movement, the way she, she switched things up on the feet, I thought was, was really impressive. Great fight. I thought it was the best fight of the night in terms of... Um, it, it, was, it was one of the most important fights of the night in terms of the rankings and just kind of deliver actually in terms of output i think according to fight metric it was one of the, one of the most uh frenetic pace most activity most punches thrown landed in a strawweight fight I'll, I'll i'll check back on that but it was a great fight solid night also of note james vick defeating uh abel trujillo via dar's choke very fun fight as well looked like vick was going to be able to finish trujillo in the first Ended up finishing in the third, and we wanted to start off this week's show talking to Mr. James Vick himself, who was very excited to not only get back on track, but also to do so in his home state of Texas. And he joins us now via the magic of Skype. There he is, James Vick, in his car. Hey, James, how are you? What's up, man? I'm I'm, I'm good, I'm good. In my uh, truck and headed home. So uh, I pulled over to the side of the road here to, to give you the interview. Wow. I am honored. Thank you very much for that, James. You could have just done it on the phone, and that would have been fine. But for you to pull over, that means a lot. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. And, and where is home? Because I know you're a Texas boy, but where exactly is home for you? My home is uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. Okay. And uh, I'm, we, we drove back, and we stayed the night in Austin last night and celebrated a little bit. And now we're headed back to... To Fort Worth. Oh, 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 um, we good there? I think we were being attacked by uh, aliens. Yes, all good. I think someone's texting me or something. Oh it's, it's all goodness. good. People texting you are live on the show. Don't they know better than this? Um, to win, like I said, to not only get back on track after what happened at 199, but to also do so in your home state. You couldn't have scripted it better, right? No, for sure. Actually, hey, hold on. Before before I say anything else, I have to give my boy uh, Sadiq Yusuf a shout out. My, I promised him he loves your show, Ariel. He he watches your show religiously, and he watches all the podcasts. And you're one. Of- so my boy Sadiq, Super Sadiq Yusuf, he's three and zero as a pro. And I'll tell you right now, he could fight right now and beat eighty percent of the UFC at one hundred forty five pounds. Well, I appreciate you giving for- him a shout out. Tell him to stop texting so- you. That's my little brother. I told him I'd give him a shout out. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, hello to him, and we look forward to seeing him in the UFC. So how about getting back on track, but also doing so in your home state? Perfect scenario for you? Oh, it was perfect. Uh, everything went according to plan, literally to, to the to the exact finish. We we trained that. We drilled my choke series. I have a, a whole series of about four or five chokes that I literally have drilled thousands and thousands of reps. And... I've incorporated it in mixed mixed in with my wrestling and my defense and how to set them up off off the defending single legs, double legs, and, and everything has been perfect. And, and it, it, the finish came exactly the way I wanted it to, and it couldn't happen in a better spot. I heard you and, say, tech- 
Yeah, I heard you say after the fight that you actually dreamed of finishing him with the Darce choke in particular. Like, it was that specific. Why the Darce? Well, we, um, me, my, co- my, my, co- my head coach, Master Lord Irvin, and my wrestling coach, Greg, we, we have been working. We knew that it, the way he shot in, he, his head was going to be on uh, my, my right side. He shoots his double from uh, – lots of times he switches stances as he goes in for the shots. And we knew that uh, he was going to end up having to go to a single just like he did for, uh, in the, on the, the very ending of the finish. And we were practicing that, that three-quarter defense, the, the, the overhook three-quarter defense, and shooting the wizard – I mean, shooting the doors right in from the wizard there and i had hundreds of reps thousands of reps of doing that and, and that's exactly how it went down and in the first round you were close to finishing him was that somewhat i don't know for lack of a better word demoralizing like you were like oh man that that was the one i envisioned and were you worried that you wouldn't get it back uh no uh actually i think that was the second round because second the round. first round uh, he got the takedown and Really, he was he was probably a good ten seconds from getting guillotined in the first round because I had it under his chin when the bell rang. Yeah, but second round, I'm not gonna lie, I couldn't believe he got out of it. I, I was shocked he got out of that. He did the right defense and he did everything right, but I, I had it so deep. But honestly, I think I had it too deep because I it was weird because my arms are so long. Mm. I think I should have pulled back on it a little bit. I think I shot it so deep that I, I came up on the side of his his more on the back of his neck instead uh-huh. of his artery. Huh. I just didn't have it off all the way has that happened to you before like i mean is that because of your arms being so long do you have to kind of gauge the you know how deep you have it in it actually happens a lot when i when i'm when i'm rolling live and practicing stuff sometimes it ends up being a neck crank and you know people tap more from neck cranks and practice than they that they're they probably wouldn't tap from from the fight and i think that was the case but i've also drilled the squeezes so i could i could hold that choke for five minutes if i had to yeah you are a very long lightweight um did did it feel almost like he was having trouble gauging his distance like he just couldn't quite figure out how to cut the distance how to get in inside of you uh, yeah, absolutely. But I, I, everything went exactly how I thought it would, and exactly how we game planned it. He wasn't gonna hit. He wasn't gonna hit me a lot. And I don't understand. I didn't think he. I never once worried about his power. or Thought he had big power. Like the UFC was. I'm not trying to disrespect him or anything, but the UFC was talking like he's some kind of Mike Tyson knockout artist or something. Uh, when Brian Stan interviewed me before, I was like, man, the only guy only has five knockouts in 21 fights. He ain't that heavy of a puncher. Mm. And they're acting. To some Mike Tyson knockout, or so I knew if I, if I got touch bomb, it wasn't going to bother me any, and I knew that I was going to I, I was going to give him a problem enough that he was going to have to start shooting, and I knew that even as good a wrestler as he is, like I, 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 I haven't fought one person yet that could take me down and hold me and do anything with me on the ground. Why do you think he has that you know that that label on him that he's this you know hard hitting Mike Tyson like fighter? Why, why do you think people think of him in that light? A, a few reasons probably the persona he puts off you know his name is the killer yeah, and he yeah. he himself you know carries himself like that and and he has had a couple good knockouts he uh but he basically people get in wild exchanges with him if you get in a wild exchange and get caught with a four ounce glove you're gonna get knocked out but honestly when he when he touched me i, I didn't i didn't feel like he had already than any other fighter i fought you you strike me as um you know, as a confident fighter, but coming off your first loss and the way it went down back in June, which feels like, I mean, that, you know, UFC 199 feels like it was 10 years ago now. But what what was your confidence like going into this fight? And plus, you have the pressure of kind of fighting in your home state and all that. Did it feel different because you were trying to get back on track this time? No, it felt exactly the same. My, my confidence never wavered. Um, I, I lost that fight and, and it sucks. And I, I knew I blew it. Um 
But at the same time, I, in my opinion, I just got caught. You know, Benil Darius timed me with a perfectly timed shot, uh, a perfectly timed strike off a head kick. I threw a head kick. He countered me, and then he he landed some vicious grounded pound, and I wasn't able to recover. And uh, that, could, in my opinion, that could happen to anybody. Uh, if you look at Benil's, I guess it was his first or second fight in the UFC. Ramsey Nijem knocked him out in the first round, and and I choked Ramsey Nijem out in one minute. Uh, it, stuff happens, and yeah. and I knew that. Um, I, I know that I, I'm one. I'm still one of the best fighters in the world. I know that I just beat able. I beat able. In, in my opinion, I beat him just as easy as the two, the two number one contenders right now did. Mm. And I'm not saying that I'm I'm ready for a title shot yet or anything like that. But I know I'm one of the top fighters in the world, and I'm going to be there. I know that for, with all my heart. So my confidence never wavered. I just knew that I got caught and and I needed to make some adjustments. And but but I was just as confident in this fight as I as I have been any fights. Why did you take so much time off? After the, I mean, it's been eight months since that fight. Why'd you take such a long break? Injuries again. Uh. I had a, that's what's crazy about, uh, what's funny is, uh, my grappling has literally gotten so good because of literally my, my drilling system. My, my coach, Master Lord Irvin's drilling system, my coach back home uh, that I trained with, Master Sina Haddad, their drilling systems, I just I just do all these reps because literally this whole camp, I probably, like I had so many injuries this camp. My, I could tell probably about a couple weeks ago, my coach was basically trying to, he didn't say it out loud, but he was basically trying to talk me out of the fights huh. because I had so many, like I, I probably grappled four times live the whole camp. And just, uh, that's what happened with the layoff. Uh, I, I probably only grappled maybe three months all of last year, uh, as as far as live training goes, because I had a bet really bad elbow injury. Uh, I actually had it two fight. I had it before I, I won a UFC 197 in Vegas. And then after that fight, uh, I got stem cell injections in it. Not, nothing helped it. And besides I, I started wrestling and doing physical therapy after the Benil fight and then it took about three months and then it got it got it got it got better and then I was able to start training again so I mean how old are you I'm uh, 29 29 um, and you haven't been doing this for an incredibly long period of time why do you think you are so injury prone I mean you've had injuries that have sidelined you for a very long time not you know even longer than eight months why do you think you are susceptible to to being injured yeah, um, I, I've actually had uh, four surgeries now in eight years. Wow. Uh, four major surgeries. Uh, uh, it's a couple of reasons. One of them, it sounds funny, but I've had a lot of orthopedic doctors tell me my body type. Huh. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a tall, lean guy, and it's not. it doesn't have anything to do with cutting weight or anything like that. I remember a few years ago, one of my friends was like, oh, if you just you just lift and gain some weight, you'd stop losing, you know, you know you'd start giving, stop getting injured. And the doctor told me, he's like, that's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. He was like, you're just putting muscle on a frame that's not designed to be that big. Mm. Like, I may be tall, but I have a very small bone structure. And also, uh, another reason is is overtraining. I, I, I'm guilty of that. I've I started this game late in life, so I felt like I've had to catch up so much to these guys that, that I've I've literally just put too much time in this stuff and trained overtrained when I when I was hurt and shouldn't have trained. And I've actually been really smart about that, which is why I I took such a long time in between this last fight because I, I had to take time off. Does a part of you feel like, man, if I had just maybe half the amount of surgeries, half the amount of injuries, I'd be a lot further along? Is it frustrating, or are you try not to think about it? Oh, a hundred percent. It's, it's like we talked about before, uh, the last time I did an interview with you, when I said, you know, I'm five and I'm in the UFC in four years, if I had double those fights, I'd already be a world champion. I a hundred percent believe that if I had double the fights in the last four, I've only, that's only my seventh fight in four and a half years. Wow. If I had double those, if I had double those fights, I could be a world champion right now. Yeah. Uh, I, so it 
frustrating, but uh, it, like I said, I, I, sometimes I'm my own training and doing stuff I probably shouldn't. And, but I've been really smart about that after uh, I after I fought and beat Jake Matthews and uh, what was it like a year and a half, almost two years ago, I guess. I had to, I came home and had to have hip surgery, and after that, I said no more. I'm going to be smart, and and I actually have been very smart, and now I've had three fights since then. And it's not only the injuries too. I always feel like there's something going on with your opponent, right? I mean, like Evan Dunham, and this time you were supposed to fight uh, Johnny Case, and you know that that fight fell through, and Abel's opponent, thankfully for you, fell through, so you were able to get matched up. Do you want Johnny next because you were planning for him, or do you want to move on? I want to move on. I mean, uh, no disrespect to him, but he's, he, I, I'm six and one in the UFC. He's not ranked above me. Yeah. Like I, w- I want to fight somebody above. Me. I'm not interested in fighting people that are ranked below me because I'm 29, about to be 30 years old. I'm trying to be a world champion. I, 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 I want to move up the ladder. I, I know that I fought Benio and he was ranked above me and I, and I blew that opportunity. But I, I, when I get another opportunity, I want, I will get myself back where I need to be. And I, and I definitely feel like I'm a top fighter in the world. And I, I know, I know that's where I belong. Yeah. I saw, I mean, you mentioned this a couple times on Saturday, top 15, top 10 opponent who makes sense. Have you been able to think about it over the last, you know, 36 or so hours? Honestly, uh, I've been real busy with stuff, so I haven't got to think <laughs> about it much. I'm not, I'm not even sure who's all in the top 10 or top yeah, yeah. 15, but, um, I, I, I do, I have two fights left on my contract now. I, I, I want to, I want to, I want to get a big win and, and then be, you know, be in good, uh, opportunity, be seven and one, you know, eight and one and be in, have a good opportunity to come into my, my renegotiation into a good deal. And, uh, and I want to be in the top 10. So the next one, the next one is super important for you, right? I mean, the, the one before the last one, you want to fight in Dallas and you don't just want to fight in Dallas. You want to fight on the pay-per-view. That's a big deal for you, right? Why? told Sean Shelby that I was like I, uh, I was you know as funny as I was actually they didn't ask me any really good questions in my after my my press my press Typical. conference thing after yeah 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 I know because I, I was I was actually going to go off a little bit and be like I, I'm tired I, I want to be promoted more oh. I actually talked to uh, I talked to the uh, I guess one of the PR guys from the UFC I forgot his name okay but I talked to him out it's like man I'm, I'm six and one in the UFC and yeah. no one knows who the hell I am yeah what's going on I was like y'all need you got guys that have 500 records in the UFC or guys and girls that have 500 records in the UFC and they're, they're getting flown up places doing guest appearances. I was like, why don't y'all fly me somewhere? I'm trying to make me some money here. Yeah. 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 And, and he, he promised he would, he promised he would. And yeah, I want to be, I, I don't understand why I would be fighting. I'm six and one in the UFC and why I would be fighting in my home state 30 minutes from my house in Dallas and, and be on, be on the freaking prelims because when I was supposed to fight Johnny case, uh, they had a, he, Johnny case was four and one, which is a very good record in the UFC. I was five and one. They had us fighting on the second fight on fight pass. I'm like, what the fuck? That's, you know, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually I see like Johnny case doing all these like Fox sports videos and stuff like that. Where's the love for you? Where, I mean, how come they don't bring you out to be a guest fighter or have you doing videos and things like that? What's the deal? Did you tell Sean Shelby that? Uh, I didn't get to talk. Or I didn't talk to Sean Shelby, but I talked to the, the other guy. Uh, the, you need to one talk of the, to Sean. Yeah, I get, yeah, I talked to. Well, I talked to him about after the call, card. I talked to him. I said I wanted to be on the pay per view, and he said I'll see if I can find a spot for you. And I'm thinking I don't see why not. We're fighting thirty minutes in the house. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, I understand that a lot of it is is me being inactive, so it's hard to keep me. You, you know, it's hard to keep me sure, in. The, in, sure. the, in, in like when I've only fought seven times in four and a half years, I do understand that. So that is my fault. But at the same time, I, I'm not a boring fighter. No, I'm not a boring. 
fighter. I'm not a boring ass fighter. I have three finishes in the UFC. Um, I've had one boring. I'll, I'll give myself that. I've had one boring fight. See, I would say when I fought Nick Hine, it was boring because I was so injured. I, I couldn't use both my hands. I couldn't even punch for three weeks before the fight. I just had to do what I had to do to get the win. So that was a very boring fight. I'll give him that. But that's the only boring fight I've had in the UFC. And uh, I, I'm exciting. Stri- I striker. Um, I stand up and fight. I don't try to go in there and, and lay on people or take them down or whatever. I got a lot of submissions because everyone tries to take me down. You so, want the love. Uh, you want the love. Fucking publicity, man. I'm. Yeah. It's, it's a little annoying. I feel you. By the way, you said you've been really busy over the last like thirty six or so hours. What, what, what do you, I mean? Because I asked you who do you want to fight. What have you been doing? You've been watching the Super Bowl. What, what what could you possibly be doing that's more important than knowing who you want next to call out on this very show? Well, um, I haven't seen my girl. I didn't see my girl for about a month oh, in okay. training camp, so I had attention. Oh, I you know, keep her happy. I understand. Uh, and uh, after the thing, you know, we got out so late on. Uh, on Saturday night, it was so late. And then I, I went and stayed in the hotel with my, my family at a hotel. So I stayed there. And then my friends came to Houston to see me. And then their truck broke down. So we had to go get them. And uh, we had to help them out. And I didn't get any sleep. Literally, I slept about an hour on Saturday night. And then uh, Sunday, then last night we came here. I slept in the hotel half the day. And then last night we went out, watched the Super Bowl. And hung <laughs> And stayed the night there in the hotel and now we're headed home okay that is a lot of stuff by the way everything good with you and your girlfriend because uh, i don't know if you know this but i'm sort of a matchmaker i help people out with their love lives like rampage last week I, so if you need any help just let me know if you guys need to get but you know it's valentine's day coming up i actually was looking at your instagram because i like to keep up on people's social media before they're coming on the show and i saw that you posted a video i think it was either you or your girlfriend posted a video of you guys on um uh, new year's and it reminded me of lita and edge are you a wrestling are you a wrestling guy you, um, no, I'm not. Oh. I know who Ed. Because because you guys took a, a picture, a video of you guys uh, kissing on New Year's, and it was very. I mean, it was very passionate. It was almost a little. It was you know. I, I felt like I needed a not safe for work. I mean, there was a lot of tongue involved. I mean, it was very intense. And uh, I don't know if your mom or dad is looking at that, but I thought it was it was a little X rated. I'm not gonna lie. I felt a little uncomfortable watching it on the train. Yeah, we were we were uh, we were at the MGM, and uh, she was a little she was a little tipsy. Yeah, we were at the MGM celebrate the MGM in National Harbor by, by Washington, D.C., and we were celebrating New Year's, and I and, uh, I, I, decided, I decided to take a little video. It was good. I mean, it, it, you seem very happy. You don't need my help, that's for sure. It seemed like from that video alone, you do not need, uh, you're not quite in the rampage uh, situation, so that is very good to see. Um, I hope you get on the fight, man. I hope they start promoting you more. I hope you get on that card. Um, you know, I actually just um, reported that uh, one of the big fights on that card is Stipe Miocic versus Junior Dos Santos, which has no connection to Dallas whatsoever. Neither of those fighters. So hopefully they get a, a local guy on the card and you can get what you want and be on that pay-per-view. So congrats. And I hope they listen to you and start promoting you as well. Thank you, man. I appreciate everything. All right. We'll talk to you soon. There he is. James Vick with a big win over Abel Trujillo on Saturday night. Dars Choke. Great stuff from him. And uh, yeah, you got to speak up. You want to be promoted? You need to tell them, I want to be promoted. Nice stuff, James Vick. All right. Hey, uh, James Vick was victorious in uh, in Houston this past weekend. Also in Houston this past weekend, he wasn't victorious, but he was a part of the broadcast, the FS1 team, the the uh, the desk crew, if you will. They were on the road at the Super Bowl. Very cool scene. Our old pal, Daniel Cormier, and he joins us now via the phone. A very busy man, Daniel Cormier is. But before we move along, let me quickly tell you about my good friends over at SeatGeek. You know by now... I love these guys. You also know, buying tickets online for sports and concerts, it's always been somewhat of a confusing process. 
it's always been hard to find the best deal for that gamer show that you really want to go to. Like for myself, I want to go see the Knicks play the Lakers tonight at MSG. How do I do it? The old ticket sites, they make it so confusing. It gives you a headache trying to find the best deal out there. But SeatGeek, my friends, they are different. They've come a long way and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. SeatGeek is always the first place that I go to for tickets. If I'm looking for a game or concert to go to with my family, as I've told you before, and I'm being honest here, I have the app on my phone. I've used it. Great success. Went to a Yankees-Blue Jays game. Went to a... Devil's game went to a Knicks game all via the magic of SeatGeek. It's a beautiful thing. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and concert goers. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best deal possible. SeatGeek does all the work. You save all the time and money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their very first SeatGeek purchase. This is an exclusive thing for the MMA Hour. Anyone who tells you differently says that they can do it too. They're lying to you. This is an MMA Hour thing. So to get $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app right now. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code MMA, three letters. SeatGeek will then send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So again, download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code MMA, and get rolling, you're about to witness the greatest ticket purchasing endeavor known to man. They're called SeatGeek, and they're the best. Now back to the show. And I think he's carved out some time for us on this Monday morning. Daniel, are you there? I'm here, man. You know, it was, uh, yes, I am very, very busy, you know, but I, I always try to make time for my good old pal, Ariel Helwani. Wow, well, thank you. <laughs> How was it, by the way? Because I have to congratulate. I know you're a big Patriots guy. I know you've been following them for many years. I mean, in the uh, dark ages. How was it? You know, you know, man, um, it was insane. Super Bowl was insane, man. We got off the plane, and we were coming down the elevator. They just had massive, massive amounts of fans just in the airport waiting, wanting photos and pictures and autographs. It was crazy. Have you? Uh, I think I found the one pocket in America where people actually like me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they wanted they wanted photos and, and, and video of yes. you? Really? Dude, it was crazy. Wow. It was insane. I've never experienced anything like that, even in Vegas. You know, it's like they just had people at the airport, you know, and then it's like I don't think they anticipated it, so there was no security or anything. So my kids got separated. Their mom took them away because it was just a massive just people going crazy. Is it possible they thought that you were someone else? No, no. They actually knew my name. I, I was kind of thinking that. I was like, are you guys sure you know who I am? And they were like, yeah, you're the UFC guy. Wow. Like, okay, that works. <laughs> hey, let's not forget UFC 192, arguably your greatest fight ever. They remember you in Houston. I had two fights. I fought twice in Houston and I'm yeah. from the area. You right. know? My hometown's only like a few hours away, so maybe that's what it was. Giving the benefit of the doubt. Did you stick around for the Super Bowl? Nope. I didn't watch the Falcons play for championship. That is just look, man. I was worried last night. Oh, uh, you're you're cutting up on us, DC. Uh, now it's kind of breaking up a little bit. Uh, oh. hold on. I'm at my house, which is very odd. 
Well, you know, when you live but, in these um, big mansions, there's all these like towers and stuff. So it's hard sometimes for the cell phone. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very worried that I wasn't going to be able to bandwagon jump. You know, it's kind of my thing, you know, and when the Falcons started winning, I was like, oh, gosh, anyone but the Falcons. And then eventually they did what the Falcons do, you know, and they lost. So we're good to go now. So, so you're, you're, you're going to keep it real this time. You were just kind of rooting for their demise. You're, you're not even going to go with the whole, like. Yeah, I, don't, I don't even like the Patriots. I, I mean, I, I, I wish they could boat lose yesterday, but, you know. But the Falcons are so likable. Uh, Aren't they so cute? I mean, they're, they're the lovable Falcons, right? What's. You know what's crazy about the yeah. Falcons? Like, you know, what the, you know, and this is kind of like, I don't know, it's not, I'm, I hope it don't come off as racist, but they've kind of been the default black guys team. You know, like we always kind of like, back in like in the urban market, because like a lot of like people of color, they think if you move to Atlanta, that's like the land of opportunity, you know, and um, people love the Falcons. Everybody back where, like they, everybody likes the Falcons, especially like black guys. They wear the red and black hat. They got they got cool colors. They always kind of had swag, you know. Deion Sanders and those guys, they were dancing. It was kind of like our thing, you know. But I'm from the, I'm from New Orleans, I'm from the Saints, man. I love the Saints, so I don't I don't like uh I can't I can't like the Falcons. It's just this long time rivalry. It's the biggest rival that we've ever had in sports. So uh, there's a part of me that kind of like is supposed to like the Falcons, but I can't. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. There's the flap. <laughs> There's the Jim Anvil Night Art. That was amazing. Jim Night Art. Okay, we <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, but I, since you brought it yeah, up, yeah, yeah. since you brought it up, let, let me just ask you this, because because it, it made me think you were working on Saturday, you were working with Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley has become somewhat of a, you know, a polarizing figure in the sport. No, with all, in, in all seriousness. Is there anything yeah, no, to, is there anything to what he's been saying as of late? Do you feel... And, and, you know, I, I'm, not, I, I'm just curious, as a black champion, do you, and you've been around longer than him, and you've been a champion longer than him, is there anything to what he's been saying as of late, in your opinion? Have you experienced anything like this? You know, it's a little different. You know, we've, we've had different experiences as champions. You know, I don't believe for a second that he's putting on. He truly believes with every part. Oh, wait, wait. We're losing you again. champions you know and everything Tyron is saying he truly does believe yeah I don't doubt that we can't we can't tell him how to feel you know so uh, in his estimation he feels as though he has been mistreated he is he is entitled to that Tyron has spoken up on things that he feels and maybe he was saying DC, wait, time out, time out, time out. You keep breaking up on us. I want to hear what you're saying. Hang up and call you back. Same number? Same number. Okay. No, no. Here, I'll call my house phone. Okay. Let me see. Well, this is great. I mean, I want to hear what he's saying. Let me see if I can find the house number. Should I say it on the air? That'd be bad, right? I don't know what the house number is. I don't know what the house number is. Oh my. Uh, oh, there it is. He just texted it to me. There it is. New York got it wrong. Boom. Okay, let's calm back. Because I really want to hear what he's saying. Because of course, it has been... Uh, 
has been a somewhat hot-button issue as of late. Tyron Woodley and his comments regarding race in MMA and who better than uh, Daniel Cormier, who worked with Tyron Woodley this past weekend in Houston as part of the Fox Sports 1 desk crew. And also, by the way, which we will talk to DC about in a second, he's going to be part of the pay-per-view crew on Saturday in Brooklyn with John Anik and Joe Rogan, which is very exciting. DC, are you there? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Can you please start at the beginning because um, we we lost what you what you said there. You know. Okay. Real quick point. People always make fun of people with landlines. Huh? I got one. I can call on it. No more breaking up. But I said we've had different experiences as champions. So everything Tyron is saying, he truly believes. Which. And if you believe something and you're passionate about it, you should voice it. You know, reality is maybe people just didn't notice, you know, because there are a lot of guys in the UFC and maybe they didn't notice uh, that Tyron wasn't getting everything that he was, you know, maybe deserves or, or the opportunities that were out in front of him. And, and, and he spoke up and now he seems to be getting it. I mean, you know, he, he, you know he's getting his desk jobs a lot more and um, I know he's uh, – got some more sponsorship opportunity. Yesterday he was at the Super Bowl with the boss. Yeah. I mean, things are turning around for him, you know? So it, maybe it's just a matter of you speaking up at times. Um, do I feel like, do I feel like uh, uh, that, that it plays a part in it? I'm not necessarily sure. There are times when you don't understand certain situations. Um, I didn't know, you know, I didn't understand quite, in New York, why uh, everybody booed him so much when he when he's fighting Wonderboy, and I didn't know when he became so unlikable, you know, because it just seemed like everybody had this venom. Speak about Tyron, Tyron's a great guy, you know, he's a really hard worker. Dude has dude has dealt with a lot of stuff to put himself in the position he's in, and sometimes he doesn't necessarily get his just due. So I can see how he may feel uh, some things are not going in the way that they should. Has he talked to you he, about this? You can, no? It's easy, but it's easy to see. You know, even he said, why didn't he get to carry the flag out in New York City? Wonder Boy did. You know, it's easy for him to feel like that when you're when he's the one that's getting those types of things. I, I've never dealt with that. I've always kind of been treated uh, very, very well, you know. Um, did he talk to you about this behind the scenes? Did you reach out to him? Because, you know, sometimes people don't want to hear this, even if it's the truth and it can hurt you as far as your popularity, your branding, how much money you make. Did you guys have a heart to heart about this at all? We've, we've talked. Okay. We've talked to Tyron and, 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 you know, uh, I won't share exactly what we spoke about, but I'm, 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 you know, sometimes I may be the guy that, that I really do like harmony. You know, I like when people are, when things are going good for people. So I just want what's best for T. Wood. So in our conversation, I, we spoke about that, and and that's pretty much it, you know. But, yeah, we have spoken about it, you know, because, uh, you know, only only a select few people can truly understand what he's thinking in terms of how he's feeling, and uh, DJ and I can actually talk to him and maybe give our opinion on what he's feeling and how we are viewed and how we feel we are treated in the same exact situation that is good yeah yeah that is good um so last weekend you were in denver for fox this past weekend you were in houston for the fs1 card um this coming weekend you're in brooklyn because you're a part of that three-man team for the pay-per-view correct you anik and joe rogan right yeah i am if i with all due respect if i'm anthony johnson i'm sitting back and saying this is great this is amazing. When is DC training? In fact, I was talking to Ali Abdelaziz, Rumble's new manager, 
and I brought up the whole issue about him training Khabib at your gym, aka you're the captain of the team, and how it's a potential uh-huh. conflict. And he said, it's not a conflict. DC doesn't train at the gym anymore. He trains in hotel gyms. He's not even there. So we don't have to worry about it. What do you say to those people who are doubting you? What say you, DC? I say, <laughs> Ali, you aren't allowed in the gym anymore. If he comes, I'll just beat his ass. Uh, Secondly, I was in Houston. Rumble Johnson was in Houston. So it's not like he's doing more than me. I bet I trained more than him in Houston than he did. So, yeah, I've been training on the road. You know, every time I bring bring coaches with me. When I go places, I'll have coaches in New York. And I also have friends in town. You know, I go to Hensel Gracie's gym, train with those guys uh, in Houston. I have friends down there. I go train there. I never miss. I got off work at 1 o'clock the other day. And you know what me and my boxing coach went and did? We went and trained. It doesn't stop for me. So Abdelaziz can talk all he wants, but I know what I'm doing. Rumble was in Houston too, but did you see him? I doubt he was working out. Did you see him? No, I saw one interview he did, which was I think the only one. They sent out tons of requests, and nobody actually wanted to talk to him. They're like, "Who is this guy? Why do we want to speak to him?" Is Daniel Cormier available? Did, but did you you didn't cross paths, you know, behind the scenes? You Not didn't actually, once. Okay. I went to work, Ariel. I actually, again, I would train at the gym in the morning, go to the, to work, and then go back and work out and then spend time with my family. Even in even um at Fox, you know, we uh, I I just kind of want to be to myself so I can. I can do my my thing, you know, like uh, initially all the hotels downtown right next to the Super Bowl was sold out. So I was staying in the Fox Crew. We were at a hotel like 20, 30 minutes away. Hmm. And uh, then some spots opened up on Saturday so people could move closer and kind of be in the heart of it. And I opted out. I stayed exactly where I was. Huh. So- I stayed in the hotel far away where... They didn't have a whole bunch of people to bother you. I can go work out as I see fit. I can walk around and spend time with my family. I just didn't need to be in the heart of everything that was going on. At some point, are you going to cut off the, the Fox stuff or are you going to do it all the way you know, through the fight? I'm done. This is my last one in Brooklyn. Oh. You know, so eight weeks to the fight, I'll be done so I can have me an eight-week training camp. So works out perfect. You know, these last four weeks that I've been on the road anyway, I usually call it a pre-camp you know, where I do four weeks of just kind of getting myself back in the running and getting back in the hitting pads and sparring light and just getting ready uh, as opposed to just starting early. You know, last time Anthony and I were supposed to fight 12 weeks out, I just started going crazy, uh, and I ended up hurting myself. So I think this is probably the best way. I get to kind of train as I can, and then um, I'll have eight weeks of a, of a hard training camp at AK. Is there pressure on your shoulders just going into this camp because we don't want anything to happen, right? And you've talked about this as well and changing things up and, and, and you know, AKA losing those three, you know, big fighters in, in the span of a couple of weeks. Like, do you feel a little more pressure? Like, I just need to make it to the fight this time so that there's no more criticism towards us? Uh, I mean, I've fought 19 times. You know, I've pulled out of two fights, you know, so 17 times I've actually made the walk. You know, the one in April was the first time I'd ever been out of a fight. This last time I just did too much. You know, I was really pushing myself way too hard because I want to be overprepared. Um, I will not take an approach of I just got to get there. I'm still going to train myself because what's the point in getting there if I'm going to lose? I don't want to lose, man. Like, I don't think – it's very hard to understand the level of competitiveness that is in me. And I don't, I don't think people truly, truly uh, get that. I'm probably the most competitive person, you know. So uh, 
It ain't going to be him punching me upside the head and I fall down and I just don't get up. I mean, I'll keep dragging myself up. So if he's going to win, he's going to actually have to outwork me for 25 minutes, and I don't think that's possible. Uh, He was actually on the show last week, and we asked him about the fight. Let's play a, a quick clip and get your take on it, all right? Yep. All right, here we go. Here's Rumble Johnson last week on the show. No, we don't hear it. I actually don't we'll hear it. We'll take a knockout here. What are you okay, leaning towards? What is going on in this place? Yeah, I know, man. Ass whooping. Wait, wait, wait. Can Early we start the clip over? I mean, it's uh, kind of halfway through. Can we do that again? Let's try. And here's the clip. April 8th. Somebody's getting fucked up. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? You, are, we, are we thinking like a Glover type of knockout here? What are you, what are you leaning towards? Ass whooping. Ass whooping. Early one, or do you yeah. want to pro- prolong this a little bit? You just never know with me. You know, sometimes I, I, I let fights go a little bit longer than expected. Sometimes I get them over with quick. Sometimes I get them over with quick, and it sounded to me, DC, and now we're back, it sounded to me like he's just saying it's it's pretty much up to what I want to do. Like, if I want to let it go long, I'll let it go wrong. If I want, But it sounds like he's fully confident that, you know, he can pick and choose how long this fight goes. What do you think? You know, man... Truthfully, it just sounds like the same things that were said the first time. Mm. You know, he, uh, before we fought, he said, I can knock him out whenever I decide to knock him out. That's what he said. He said, um, he said, uh, Daniel knows what's coming to him. I'm going to knock him out. And I'm like, I just look at that and I go, okay, well, what happens if you don't knock me out? What happens if you don't knock me out? What happens if you hit me with your best shot and I continue to press forward and I continue to engage you and I continue to stay in your face the entire time? What happens then? And and we saw what happened. He rolled over, gave me his neck, and let me choke him out so he can get out of the octagon. You can you guys can you guys can believe people can believe everything they want, you know. Uh they can they can you know, I love Mike Tyson. I was a fan as, as everybody else was. But the moment somebody stood up to him, he didn't do so well. And that's the same thing with Anthony Johnson. He's a bully. You know, he, he wants to intimidate you. He wants to dominate you. He wants to knock you out. But what happens when you don't knock somebody out? What happens? I saw this guy beat Andre Arlovsky within an inch of his life in the first round of a fight. By the end of the fight, I thought Andre Arlovsky was going to win. <laughs> hmm. Dude had a broken jaw, but once once he couldn't get him out of there, Andre Arlovsky just had to do a little bit more, and he could have won the fight. Come on, man. Dude ain't knocking me out. You get excited about fighting him? Like, do you like this? I do. Yeah? I do. You know why? Because I do. I love... I love the... I love the doubt, man. I love the fact that... I get doubt. You know, John Annick's my buddy, you know, and John is a big, big uh, lines guy. So every time Anthony Iris was to fight, the lines come out, and it's like, we're dead even. It's like people don't know what to make of a fight between Daniel Corey and Anthony Johnson, when in reality it should be very easy to know what to make of a fight between me and Anthony Johnson. Mm. But everybody seems to question me in regards to fighting that man. And you know what? I like the guy. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's a gentleman. He's always nice. He's always friendly. Uh, But in terms of us competitively, in the world I live in, he doesn't beat me. 
What about when you guys do these interviews together and it's like, he's so nice to you. I asked him about this last week a little bit. And like when he put the belt on, do you feel like he tries to kill you with his kindness? Do you like that he's so nice towards you? It doesn't really bother me. You know, again, you know, uh, man, I'm telling you, like, Anthony's fighting style and, and, and who he is, uh, it's a bully type of fighting style, man. It really is. And I feel at times his personality may be that too. You know, so I think a bully, uh, I think a bully will always try to be friends with the person that isn't afraid of him. Mm. That's my take on it. Wow. So you think he's being yeah, fake? Was that? You think he's being fake? No, I think he's being genuine, but I think he realizes that, well, Daniel's not afraid of me, you know, so why should I be big, you know, talk talk big and, and all this other stuff, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't like that, man. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't really affect me one way or the other. It's not going to change. When Anthony and I fight, um, it's going to be the same thing, you know, I'm going to go forward into him. And I'm going to just start to make him work and work and work and work and work. And then I'm going to win. A lot of changes with the Black Zillions. He's changed management and things like that. Do you feel like any of this is in your favor? There's just a lot going on in his life right now. It's a bit of a tumultuous time. Behind the scenes, do you bank on any of that, you know, coming to, to light in the fight where he's just not having his house in order, so to speak? I think he has the same team as he did before. I don't think anything's changed. I think maybe Glenn is just gone. Uh, but, um, nah, man, I don't worry about that. You know, I worry about the fight. I know that when the fight starts, he's going to come in and he's going to try to he's gonna try to get his hands on me. You know, he's, he's again, you know, he's a guy that if I can get one good one off on you, I, you're going down before I go down. So, uh, I don't really pay much attention to it. You know, I mean, whatever. You know, I'm pretty sure he'll still train, you know. He'll be able to fight for 10, 15, 10. He'll still be able to fight for about 10 minutes, and then uh, and then we'll be we'll be good to go. There's a difference in the training styles. There's a difference in the training styles and the fighting styles of my team and his team, right? So you saw Michael Johnson really get his hands on Khabib early, but after a while, man, that grind starts to wear on you. And um, if you're not built for it, you're just not built for it. You still think he's a quitter? Yes, I do. That'll never change. He'll give up. We've seen it too many times, Owani. And, I mean, you're making me be very, like, kind of mean to this guy when, you know, when that's not, not who I am to him. You've, but you've it's said, the truth. You what know are you what mean? You've I said these things about him. Point to it. Koscheck and me and Vitor and all these. I mean, it's only the truth. I'm only speaking the truth. Dana White said, say, go ahead. I'll say it in front of him, too. It's not like I won't sure. say it in front of Anthony Johnson. Right. Um, so, Dana White said that John Jones is getting the winner. Do you like that? Do you think that's fair? Uh, yeah, sure, whatever. I mean, I like to fight John Jones. I mean, that's what I've been planning to do since 2000. When did we fight? 15? Yeah. It's been two years. You know, that's, that's all I've been wanting to do is get another opportunity to fight him. So, yeah, sure. You know, if you want to give him a title shot, go ahead. That's fine. I think that. As long, as long as that man has his, you know, every, you know, his affairs in order, he'll be good to go. You know, it's just very hard. It's just scary. At the end of the day, all that stuff is scary. As I'm pretty sure it is scary to rumble to set, schedule to fight me because of the injury. So, for me, it's just a little bit scary. You know, John and I have been scheduled to fight like four times. We've only fought once. 
But but Dana did say that he doesn't trust John to headline an event again. Does that mean if you fight again, you're not going to headline? Is that possible? I don't think, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily true. You know, I mean, we'd have to all have some discussions. Uh, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight Jones uh, just on some card, you know? It would have to be a certain type of card if we were going to take uh, a co-main event type of role, you know? So, uh, but, but therein lies another issue. It's like if you put... I'll put it out there. John and I will not fight in a co-main event to anyone but Conor McGregor, right? Mm. I mean, that's yeah. that's the only way that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So therein is the, is the problem. Now you have a whole bunch of guys who make a whole bunch of money on one fight card. Yeah. So it's like, what are you going to do, you know? And do you feel like these fights, like Rumble, and, and hopefully it's the next one after that if you win, like, is it all to get back to John, in your opinion? Is this all part of the journey, but you, John kind of always still lurks in the back of your mind? It always has been. Yeah. You know, I said, I said after I lost to him the first time, uh, and we were supposed to fight in April, I said, give me the two toughest guys this division has to offer. At that time, it was Gustafson and Rumble. I will beat them so that I can get back to this guy. I did it in a year. And I was ready to fight in April and then got the injury and then, you know, everything that happened in July uh, didn't allow for us to fight. So I fought Anderson. So I'm like, just get me back to where I need to be uh, inside the octagon against Jones. That's really, that's really what it all leads to. Now, and the truth is, now it's about, it's about my legacy, too. You know, I, uh, title defenses, uh, wins with being a champion, that all matters to me, you know. So uh, it's all part of the journey. But at the end of the day, I do want to get back to Jones. Any plans of fighting at heavyweight for the belt? Uh, man, I think Kane's going to be the heavyweight champion again. So uh, not really in the immediate, you know, that's not really in my, in my plans. My plan is to uh, get through Johnson uh, and then see what's next. You know, there's just not, there really aren't that many options at the weight class, especially with uh, Bader, like, leaving, I guess. I guess Bader's leaving. So Are you sad about there that? Many options for for me in, my, in the weight class. So it's about just getting what I can in, uh, in my division. Are you sad about Bader leaving? I mean, you guys had a thing. I always wanted to see that fight. I would have liked to have fought Bader, you know, but um, I respect him for doing what's best for his family. You know, his family is what comes first, and if the better offer is out at Bellator, then, then go ahead. You know, do what you have to do to secure your family's future. And uh, He's got a beautiful family, man, so... Uh, he has to do the right thing for his family. But yes, I would have liked to have been on Ryan Bader a little bit. He's just so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, last thing. Speaking of disrespectful, what a great segue. Look, you know I love you, and you know I got your back. But when you, yeah. when you, when you, when you go after my girl Gina, now all bets are off. How dare you? How dare you attack the lovable, the legendary, the pioneer Gina Carano. Can we take our anger somewhere else? What did she ever do to you? She's the ultimate babyface. This is a battle you'll never win. What are you thinking? <laughs> you, you, see, you see what you just did? You just brought it back up. It was like disappeared. <laughs> it was going away. That's you my, bring it back up. It was I, like, okay, here we go again. You're right. You can't win the argument. Now, <laughs> my, again, I host a TV show, UFC Tonight, every Wednesday on FS1, 9 in the East, 6 on the it. West Coast. Not familiar. Listen. Yes. My opinions yes. are my opinions. When sure. Gina said what she said, Kenny and Misha both said, great. 
Very obvious. But for me, I felt like, and this is just my opinion, I felt like when it got super tough after the Cyborg fight, she left. I believe that Ronda Rousey still has some value in fighting, so let's not push her out the door. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm always like, I'm always worried. And, and I, 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 when you work for Fox, I hate it that every time you came to the desk, you guys wanted to talk about George St. Pierre retiring. I'm like, why are we talking about George St. Pierre retiring? Why are we forcing this great fighter out of the door? Mm-hmm. All the time, everybody would talk about it. Is this it for George? I'm like, guys, let's stop. Why are we doing this? Why are we trying to run him out? Yeah. And I feel like when you talk about it, it's like you give a person who has everything the out. Like, wait, these people don't need me. It's like. Ronda, come back and fight. I don't believe Ronda will be submitting people in 10 seconds and 20 seconds anymore, but I believe there are people in this weight class that she can beat. So don't listen to Gina Carano. You know, uh, and, and maybe I went a little left, you know, and started talking about the movie <laughs> career and everything. How dare you? Come on, man. That's what I do, you know? How dare you? Although there is something to it. If your mind's not into it, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. You're just not into it. I don't, but you see, I don't believe that her mind's... Oh, uh, okay. Fair enough. And I think that's maybe why Gene and I have such different opinions. Fair enough. I don't believe Ronda has one foot out the door like everybody believes. Okay. I think she wants to fight. She's a competitor. It's what she's done her whole life. Okay, fair enough. Just leave Gina's name out of your mouth, all right? Hey, hey, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> you will do nothing. You'll do nothing. I'll see you in Brooklyn when you're, when you're least <laughs> expecting it. I'll go after them legs. Cashing in the money in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's good. It's good to talk to you, DC. I'm looking forward to the fight. Plus, you're going to the great city of Buffalo, home of the 2017 or 18 uh, Super Bowl champion Buffalo Bills. So it's going to hey, be great. You know, as I said, as I said in the tweet, yeah, this is for the T dot. Yes, the six. This is for the six. Yes, I'm making it up for him. I couldn't get there, but I'm going to go as close as I can get. Nor, nor, what is this? Upstate New York? You guys call yeah. it Northern New York? Or upstate? No, upstate, upstate, upstate New York. I'm coming back, Toronto. They, they, they gave us a lot of love the first time, man. Those tickets sold well, and uh, hopefully they can come and watch Anthony and I this time. It's happening. It's really going to happen this time, and, and uh, you're going to hear me uh, and still. All right. You heard it from the champ. Thank you, DC. See you in Brooklyn. All right, my man. All right. There he is, the light yeah. heavyweight champion, reigning and defending light heavyweight champion, Daniel Cormier. Okay. Let us move along. Uh, patiently waiting. We apologize for being a little tardy. Is, in my opinion, the number one contender in the UFC's welterweight division, the man who should be fighting Tyron Woodley or Stephen Wonderboy Thompson next after they fight on March 4th, UFC 209. The great Damian Maya is on the phone. Damian, how are you? How are you doing, Ariel? Very nice to, to be in your show again. Yes, it is a pleasure as always. And again, I'm sorry for uh, keeping you waiting. Daniel Cormier likes to talk a lot and we had to, you know, we had to squash the whole issue. He he deserves. (laughs) Uh, Damien, how would you describe the last few weeks for you? Because you've talked about this. You you posted this very nice letter um, on your Facebook page Mm -hmm. and they they continue to come at you with different fights, different, um, different scenarios, different options. And, you know, you said it on this show right after UFC 205, you were waiting for the belt. Uh, you know, it, it appeared you should have been next if it didn't go to a draw. And the fight is rapidly approaching and they continue to come to you with non-title fights. How has the last few weeks mm-hmm. been? Has it been frustrating? How would you describe it? I mean, it's it's hard to understand. You know, the, 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 the game is changing and the, the UFC kind of, you know, things are confusing right now, at least in my point of view. I've been working with the UFC for the last 10 years, 
And I never see the things like that. It's just like you said, I, I'm, I am the number one contender and nobody questioned that. And what I, what I, what I, what I think is like, that's like three more weekends to the fight. So it's, it's pretty close. Uh, I want to wait no matter what, you know, I can fight, but, uh, and it's hard to wait. It's like, it's, it's, I know that, you know, for me, it's much better to be active, you know, to be, uh, fighting because, you know, for us, our guy, an athlete is always good to be active. Uh, but I know that always, you know, when you have a fight, there is a risk. So, you know, I build my, my, my path to here. And I think, you know, I gotta be patient. I spoke with all my team, and uh, I will. I will wait these three and a half weeks. You know, that lasts for the fight. Uh, I, I, I can answer any more people in the street. That you know, when I go to the street, everybody asks, "When are you gonna fight for the title?" And I don't know what to ask anymore. What, what you? I don't know what to say anymore. When they come to you with these uh, these offers. Do you or your, your your manager, your great manager Eduardo Alonso, do you say like why like we we told you what we wanted and we're clearly the number one contender. Why do you keep offering us, you know, Robbie Lawler, Masvidal, all these different names? We want the belt. Yeah. It's been very clear from day one. Yeah. Why, why do you keep trying to commit, yeah, especially so close? I, yeah, I know, I know why. You know, I know why. I think there's two reasons. One, you know, they they really don't care too much if they're gonna fight for the title or not. But I think the main reason is like, you know, they they having problems setting up fights. You know, they they cancel a couple of events and and they need you know names that you know uh, can sell. And I know even if they say I don't sell, I know I sell something. You know, and and you know I'm a name that you know can be as a coming event or coming event uh, with another guy and people want to see. So it's it's hard because you can get you know fighters, but fighters that can be in a co-main or main event, it's not so easy. And they need you to, to book fights. And I understand you know the rush for that. But like I said, it's not it's not like you know I I passed through that for the last year many times. Like when I saw Conor and Lawler, I thought well I was going to be the next. I was four in win streak already. And they 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 book uh, Woodley, and then when I, I won against uh, Matt Brown, I thought the same. And then they book uh, Wonder Boy, and then you know after I won against Conor, I said, okay, now is the time. So, and but they, I think it's these two reasons, you know, they they kind of you know trying to book fights because they need book fights for the the shows. But here we are three weeks away, essentially, as you said, less than a month away. The fight is March 4th. Do you feel now like, you know, you've, you've gone through the storm? Are you confident? Are you 100% sure that you will fight for the belt next? Can you say that with, with certainty or no? You cannot be certain about nothing in life, of course, but I don't see nobody that can, can be there, you know, besides me. I don't see nobody in the welterweight division. Uh, I don't see nobody that can build... Some something you know some you know can 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 keep winning in these three weeks and and be the next contender. So that there's not too much you know for for besides me. You know I understand if GSP would come back they would try to put him, but I think 
you know, besides that, I don't, I don't think there's nobody. Are you worried about that? Like, what what happens if they get GSP out? What happens if a Nick Diaz, you know, Woodley has talked about these guys. What will you do? Uh, you know, it's the crazy thing is like, you know, I understand GSP. You know, GSP is the greatest welterweight ever. And, of course, I would worry if he decides to come back now. But I think, you know, he's not coming back right now. And, and I don't think he will jump for the, the title fight right now. Uh, if he can, comes back, I think he wants big fights. And Nick Diaz, you know, I, of course, you know, in my point of view, they would, I think they could do. Because that, that's how, you know, it falls. But I don't think it's, it's uh, in, if you think as a sport, you know, uh, it's not the, the right decision because he didn't win fights for, for the last years. I don't, yeah. I don't know well. Uh, how many many years, but for a long time. So, of course, it's, it's not the, the right thing. And one thing that I, you know, I say is like uh, people. I think they get confused about this this kind of sport and sell stuff. You know, people come to me and say, ah, they want to do that because it sells more. Yeah. But like I said in the statement, you know, there's no welter besides GSP. There's no welter way that's sold fights before, you know, the, the, in the title fights, you know. You know Woodley and Law was very low what they sell in the pay-per-view. And, and I'm not saying that, no, to be, to say bad things about them, but it's just like he is right now. It is right now. Uh, and I, I don't think I was so much worse than they do. And, uh, and that's the thing, you know, people keep saying that and what I what I'm sad about, you know, as a journalist, a lot of anime journalists they don't have like uh, I don't know how to say that in English, but the, the critical thinking, you know what I mean? Critical thinking. The, 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 uh, critical thinking. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the yeah. The, 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 not just you know repeat what people say, but you know think about what you're saying. Sure. People just repeat the same. You know, you know it's because it sells more, sells less, and and I I I, I believe that that's that's not true. Uh, when you say that you don't think that the UFC necessarily cares if you fight for the belt, do you think that they're trying to get you to lose by putting you against like a Lawler or a Masvidal? Like, do you think they're trying to knock you off? No, no, no. I don't think they 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 need book fights for like you know events that are important for them. And I mean, in 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 their you know in their rules. So you know, it's it's good to use me to to you know keep this this shows going and sell. Okay. And for someone, I mean, you've talked uh, many a times about you don't do this for the money. You want to be the best. You want to be champion. You mentioned this in your Facebook post. Are you worried about the direction of the company, of the sport, when it's all about money fights and they have to make money? I mean, that's very clear that the new owners bought it for $4 billion. They're trying to make a profit here. Are you worried that we're moving away from sport? Yeah, that's another thing that I think is is a is a mistake and it's it's a lie because if you see every sport in the world you know every sport like if you see football soccer tennis everything you know every sport that has many years and is consolidated 
people like to watch because they want to see the winner. So they don't watch NBA or they, they don't watch, let's say, the Australian Open in tennis because they want to see the, the guy who talks more or the guy who 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 is you know outspoken. They want to see Federer and Nadal because they are the best and they want to see the best. They don't. They want to see you know. They don't want they put somebody who plays more fancy because they think it will be better. They want to see. And in the end of the day, who follow sport like to see. There is some people that they like to see. You know, people talking shit and a lot of people like that. You know, sport, but those are not the people that are gonna carry on the sport forever. Mm. I think if we don't change and don't think as a sport, you know, it will be our sport will be like something they're gonna remember ten years from now, from now, like a nice thing. But you know, that has gone because I don't think this will last. For sure, that's not gonna last. When people watch a sport, I don't know if you understand what I mean, but you know, they they watch. Yesterday, the Super Bowl, because they want to see the best teams. Mm. They they don't want to, you know, go there and see the guy who talks more and the guy who, who plays different than the other one. They want to see the best. And that's how, you know, the truly fans of sport is the ones that carry on the sport and the ones that will influence other people to like the sport. So I think it's a lie when the people say, ah, they're looking for money fights, but they they looking for really short term things mm. and and if you if you keep looking short just short term i think you ruin the sport and in the in the end of the line you're going to ruin the ufc because people will start to to just you know give up i i just heard that in brazil is the second mark market for the ufc in the world and brazil you know the 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 signings of combate uh, tv here who who and shows the USC and the pay-per-views is dropping mm. because people can take a while, but people will, will realize that when it's not a sport anymore, you know, people, you cannot fool the people all the time, you know, and, and people, you understand that. Uh, of course, there's a guy like Connor, you know, that he gets a, a great personality and he's a great fighter and that's okay. But some people like GSP, he was a guy who was selling, you know, a lot. And he was a guy more quiet and, and, and more, you know, much more. Yeah. Uh, very different than Conor. And there is space for everybody. What I think is, is like, as a long, thinking a long term, uh, we got to treat the UFC as a sport, MMA as a sport. If you do that, I think then... This sport will last like for the last next hundred years for sure. But if not, you know, it will be just another WWE, and we have a red WWE, and yeah. and they, they are the best in what they do. Are you worried though? Like, uh, given the state of the UFC right now, and and you know the way they're 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 making matchups and making belts and things like that, are you worried that it's going more towards the WWE? That a guy like you is going to be left out? You know, left on the sidelines because you just—that's just not part of your nature. I, I think they should worry about that ah, because you know it, it will kill the, the UFC, and in the end of the day, they will lose money if, if I think they they keep doing that. And for me, you know, I just fight. Of course, I, I had a dream, you know, to to be champion. But who knows? You know, even if I get the 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 the, the title shot, you know, I have. Couple guys on the other side, you know, Wonder Boy or or, or Woodley, they are pretty tough. So it's not it's not sure I'm gonna win. It's like fifty feet. Sure. For both. So 
you know, for me, it's just my dream. But for somebody who paid $4.2 billion, you know, you gotta really, I think, think a little bit more in not just short term because uh, it, it, it's a... It's, uh, UFC is one thing that really I think can they can get this money back. You know, it's a it's a fascinating, fascinating sport, and it, it has I think it's still a lot of room to grow, and, and for sure they can make money out of that. But I don't think like treating UFC like uh, WWE will be will be the right way. I think that that's the thinking. You know, from outside, you know, I'm not a businessman, but it's just what I think. I think you can. Maybe make some money right now, but you know people are going to start to realize, and and that's it. The the do you ever tell say to yourself like, man, you know, because you made great examples, tennis and and um and and golf to to a degree, also football as you mentioned. The people don't really necessarily like. It's always good if you can talk, but it's not. You look at Tom Brady; he's not a big talker. Do you ever say to yourself, "Man, I picked the wrong sport. I, I should have done something like this." Is the one sport where it seems like if you talk a lot, this in boxing to a degree, um, you'll get a lot more. Do you, yeah. do you ever say? Do you ever joke about that? Like, uh the the one sport where I'm kind of the outlier is the one that I picked. Uh, no, you know, I, I just I don't think that because you know I, I do what I love to do, and I'm very glad about that. Like I say. You know, I build my path, you know, and, and I have a nice career. You know, I'm, I'm still doing everything that I can. I will keep doing what I like after I stop to, to fight in the UFC. I will, you know, keep teaching and keep traveling and, and work on my association and, and, and spreading jiu-jitsu. So it's much bigger than just to be an athlete, you know, is is the, is the mission that I have. So... Uh, I don't care, and it's great to be in the UFC. You know, UFC has been the last years great to me. It's always it's always great to fight there. They always treat me nice, and and I don't have nothing to to complain about them. But uh, I just you know I just think that if it was like a couple years ago, maybe you know we, we didn't. Uh, we're not we're going to, to pass something like that, you know. Who do you think wins, Woodley or Wonderboy in the rematch? <sighs> I just, uh, you know, there's so many things that are going through my head that I didn't think about that. <laughs> I think uh, it's 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 it depends how took the best lesson for the first from the first fight. I think. Like I said to you before, I think Woodley won the first one, but sometimes uh, maybe Wonderboy got confident that that can be, he can survive, and he, maybe he was a little bit afraid of some something uh, that Woodley could do. And now, now if you know he's more more confident, so you never know. You know, the second fight when the two high level guys fight for the second time is always very tricky because. It depends very much on the on the which one got from the first fight and which one, you know if if you were able to read well your opponent and who were able to to read better his opponent. Mm. So you don't want to go on the record. You don't have a favorite right now. One that you're picking. Who I'm picking? I, I would say I would say Woodley because he won the first one in my in my point of view. Do you have well, a preference? Like said, would you rather fight Woodley than than Thompson? Do you have a preference? 
No, no, no. Like the first time, I don't have preference. Okay. Are you going to the fight? <laughs> no, because, you know, I've been in, in Condor Slaughter fight. Never, ha- never happens. Then I've been in New York. Never happens. Uh. But, you know, let's see. Let's, let's, you know, let's, let's try to don't go to this fight and maybe, you know, something happens after that and I get the title shot. Fair enough. Has anyone told you, like, since... Of course, the- of, course of course, if they would say for me, you know, okay, come, uh, we want you to come, you know, as a guest fighter because we need to promote you because, you know, there's a chance that they, you're going to be the next. And of course, I would go. But I, I'm not going to ask nobody, you know, to, to go and go just because I want to go and see the fight. I can't watch from my home. Right. And I don't blame you as well. Um, has anyone, you know, since the, the Masvidal stuff, has anyone come out and said to you, okay, you're going to get the tail shot? Have you been told this 100%? No, no. And and one thing that I want to make clear is that, when we, and I, I, I said that in the statement, and... Uh, we didn't, they said we turned down the fight or somebody said, but we didn't turn down the fight. We just said, we want to wait mm. till, you know, Woodland Thompson fight. And, 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 you know, we're going to come back in, in touch. And, um, but of course, uh, it is a kind of turn down, but we said, wait a little bit and we're going to, we're going to decide, but, uh, of course, I, I wanna I wanna wait right now because I've been waiting for for all this time and I I don't like to be inactive for sure. But you know now it's just uh, uh, war in my mind to keep patience and you know keep training. Sure, and uh, you know to 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 be crystal clear, I think you 100% should be next, and you've done enough, and you've certainly earned it. But I'm just wondering, because they've reached out to you to try to beef up some of these other cards, as you mentioned, are you at all worried mm-hmm. that, you know, sometimes they don't like when you turn down fights, even though it's justified. Are you worried that that's going to come back to haunt you, that they're not going to give you the title shot because they feel like in the last couple of months you've turned down other opportunities brought your way? I don't think so, because in the, in the end of the day, like you said, they need to make the fight that the people want to see. And... and, and People want to see in the welterweight division. They want to see my fight with the winner. Uh, everybody says that. Nobody says this. Somebody would say, you know, like Nick Diaz or somebody else. But you know, nobody really uh, who, who follows the sport says something different. So uh, I'm not worrying that because in, in the end of the day, they want to do the fight that the fans want to, to watch. And the, the the truly fans of MMA they want to watch uh, the the winner fighting against me, mm. uh, and that's what they were. What, I remember when I I was talking to Joe Silva many years ago back in 2009, and you know what he offered something to me, and I asked, okay, if I win this fight, can I fight for the title? And then Joe said to me, Damian, don't worry, you know we're gonna build momentum. I know what I'm doing. You know, I've been doing that for a long time. That was in 2009. Hmm. And, and Joe said to me, I will make the fight that, that the, you know, will be asking for you to fight for the title against Anderson. And, and that will be natural. You know, if you win this fight, fans will be asking. And when they, they keep asking, you know, uh, then we're going to fight for the title because 
uh, we, we're building your, your momentum. Mm. And that's what is happening right now. Uh, and I, I feel I can feel that much more than when I was about to fight under, so I'm yep. uh, much more right now. I agree with that as well. I uh, wish you the best, Damien. Uh, you know, uh, some people have their, you know, to steal a wrestling phrase, like a, a gimmick, right? You know, some people have the talking gimmick, the whatever gimmick. Your your gimmick is class. And I think it's actually working in your favor now with the statements that you've put out with the tweets and whatnot. And, and hopefully you do get what is rightfully yours and you get to fight for the belt after that March 4th title fight. Again, thank you for the time, Damien. Thank you for being you. And we'll talk to you very soon. Thank you very much, Cheryl. And, and it's very always great to be in your show. And I hope to go to New York soon again and be live with you there. Anytime. You're always welcome here. Thank you, Damien. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. There he is, Damien Maya, stopping by. You got a feel for him. You've done enough. You beat them all. You're there. And they keep throwing other guys your way. And you're like, yo, the, the fight's coming up in three weeks. Can I just wait for it at this point? But that's the sport. It's not exactly cut and dry like, like in other sports, as he was talking about. Um, okay, let's move along. Uh, excited to talk to our next guest. In fact, I've been trying to get him on the show for quite some time. He's been ducking and, and diving me like he is in a fight with the head movement, trying to avoid all my advances, my invitations. But we've finally secured him. I'm talking about the answer. Frankie Edgar, he is on the phone right now. Frankie, are you there? I'm here, man. Oh, I, I found you. I see, I see, I see. What do you mean? I've been trying. I, I, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom with the head movement. You know, you're, you know, I want to get you on the phone. I want to talk to you. And uh, you, you've been keeping me at arm's length, which is okay. But you have to admit, it's true, right? No, nah, man, I've just <laughs> been a little, uh, little laid up a bit. But oh. yeah, we're here now, so. Okay, all good. Stop complaining, Ariel. Um, okay, <laughs> first things first. Why aren't you fighting in Brooklyn? You said you wanted to fight in Brooklyn. Why aren't you fighting in Brooklyn? Yeah, well, you know, me and my my manager Ali, I guess they were in negotiations with uh, to get into to get a fight in Brooklyn. But uh, you know, I have one fight left in my contract, trying to renegotiate that fight, and we couldn't come to terms. You know, nothing crazy, but uh, yeah, we couldn't come to terms. So I decided to just get this surgery done with, you know, and put this behind me in the meantime. So if you would have come to terms, you would have fought in Brooklyn. I would have, yeah, I would have. It's, a, it's a, you know, I, I hurt my groin probably two years ago. It's been bothering me, and uh, it comes and goes. And it was actually at a, at a somewhat, you know, manageable uh, state when when, I, when this negotiation was up. So I would have fought and then taken care of it after. But since we couldn't get it done, I just figured I might as well just, uh, get this taken care of. How long was that negotiation period to try to get something done, new contract, so that you could fight on this card? I mean, not super long, to be honest. Because uh, we didn't know what we were going to do. Yeah. I know Brooklyn was an option. We were trying to get Brooklyn done. So, I mean, I think that's kind of one of the reasons why the negotiations didn't get done. It was, you know, the fight was approaching quick. Uh, I had a date for surgery. So it was kind of like, all right, listen, maybe, what are we, am I getting this deal or am I getting surgery? And that's what it was. And why couldn't you guys get the deal done? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. They, they just didn't, didn't agree with what we agreed to. You know, I still think it's kind of, like I said, it was kind of rushed. I think if we had a little more time, we would have got it done. And, I'm pretty confident, you know, we've got a relationship with those guys. They've always done right by us. So, you know, I don't feel, I'm not really worried that it won't happen. So you are confident that the deal that you were asking for before the fight, you couldn't get it done in time, you get the surgery, you're confident that you'll still get that deal, that you'll be happy? Yeah, at least close enough to make me happy, uh-huh. you know. Have there been any talks since the surgery? and every, I mean, since it was clear Brooklyn wasn't on the table, did you resume the talks or did you guys put them on ice? Yeah, we kind of just put them on ice. I guess we'll, you know, approach that soon. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to heal up pretty good. I'm getting there. And uh, I don't know, it's like May. 
is looking probable to, to get back in there. So I'm assuming we'll have to get that done before the fight in May. Are, are we talking uh, the the Dallas pay per view on May 13th? Is that what you're shooting for? I don't know. I, I, I've seen that card. I kind of called out Leah. Said that could be a good card to kind of you know get back in, get back on. But um, again, we got to see what other options are and you know what they're what they're thinking. But that makes sense to me. I like Texas. Texas has been good to me, so yeah. Wouldn't mind uh, you know fighting that. Any opponents being discussed? No, no, none. I mean, I'm assuming uh, Holloway, Lamas, you know, one of those oh. guys. I mean, I'm sure Holloway. Uh, I don't know if he can fight Aldo or what's going on with that. So you'd like either of those. I think those are the ones that make sense. Okay. You know, depending on what Holloway's going to do with uh, with Aldo or what Aldo's going to do, who knows? Are you disappointed you're not fighting in Brooklyn? I was. You know, I was looking forward to kind of running it back kind of quick. I haven't done that in a while, and uh, I mean, it's nice fighting home. Fighting in the, in, in the garden was great. Yeah. Super convenient, and uh, you know, Brooklyn's right here too. Right. Uh, so, so like right now, you, like just to be clear, it, you know, because you hear that you know you tried to make a deal, you didn't. Is there anything that you're worried about that you won't be able to get, like that you'll just fight out your deal, or will you not do that? Will you not fight until you get a new deal, to, to, to put it in, in those terms better? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd like to get a deal. I mean, that's okay. that. I, I, I'd like to do. Who knows what's going to really happen, but I would like to get a deal. I mean, I, you know, we're, we're, I don't really want to go anywhere else. You yeah. know? Um, this has been my home since the beginning, and I just don't see any reason why we wouldn't. It's not like we're that far off. Apart. I'm okay. not really that far from each other right now. Okay. You know uh, speaking of this being your home, you just celebrated your 10 year anniversary with UFC. That's amazing. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you, man. It went, went by in a blink and, uh, and you look back and it's been, it's been a hell of a ride. Honestly, when you debuted February 3rd, 2007, UFC 67 prelims of that card headlined by Anderson Silva versus Travis Luter. Did you think you'd last 10 years? Like in the back of your mind, it, I know you don't, you know, we don't know what we're going to do tomorrow, next year, etc. But did you think that you'd be around for this long? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I, I don't know. You know, that's always your goal. My goal is not to just, you know, participate. It's just to kind of, you know, become a, become a, a mainstay here. And, um, you know, I remember when I was getting ready for that fight. I had a friend of mine call who, uh, you know, used to train with when I was younger. And he's like, I know your, your goal here is to beat Tyson Griffin. Your goal needs to be, you know, to become a, a, a UFC champion. And so right then and there, even before I stepped foot in there, I kind of, I had my eyes set on, you know, being the best. And, and that's definitely kept me motivated throughout this whole, at least 10 years. So many fights since then, but what do you remember about that night? Do you remember how you were feeling in the locker room? Do you, I mean, you're making your debut, you know, Anderson Silva's fighting on the card. It's a great card. Do you remember, can you share any, any stories, any details from that night? Yeah, I remember afterwards. I was so tired. I was so out of shape for that fight. Wow. You know, I, I took it on short notice and I ended up getting sick halfway through the, the, the short camp that I had. But, uh, you know, there's no way I wasn't going to show up. So I fought, and, you know, it was a crazy fight, crazy pace. And I remember just walking back and just throwing up from exhaustion, like all over some cart that was in the hallway. Wow. And, uh, and, I, and I actually remember being in, in lying on the floor in my locker room. Someone's like, hey, Lorenzo wants to talk to you. I'm like, and I had no idea. I was pretty new into the sport. I had no idea who Lorenzo Fertitta was. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, dude, you got to tell him to wait. You got to tell him to wait. And they're like, no, dude, you need, you need to get up and talk to this guy right now. So he came in. I pulled my shit together. He came in and congratulated me on the fight. So, uh, that was my uh, my first experience there. It's pretty funny. So he comes up to you and 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 says hi, and you probably still don't like. Did someone tell you after like this guy's a billionaire who owns the company? Yeah, yes, yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Lorenzo, I so, I, I always feel like Lorenzo had an affinity for you. He always liked you. He was a Frankie Edgar guy. I think might have been the short Italian thing, you know, yeah, yeah. on my side. <laughs> Do you miss having him around? Do you feel like if he was around, you could have gotten the deal done for Brooklyn? 
I don't know. You know, I mean, usually it's Dana. I mean, Lorenzo always had, had, had a big piece in, 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 you know, doing the negotiation stuff. But usually Dana's the, the, um, the deciding factor. So, you know, I don't know if it would have uh, changed things. But I do miss Lorenzo, man. He's, he was a good, you know, I got to know him a little bit. And uh, my kind of guy, you know, more of a soft-spoken guy, but, uh, you know, super professional. Yeah. Whenever you've seen him, he's just handled his business for class. You still talk to him at all? You guys text ever? I haven't, not in a while, not in a while. All right. Um, okay, and so so you win that fight. Did you know, like, in your mind, were you, because do you even remember how much you got paid to beat Tyson Griffin? Do you recall it all? You got fight of the night. Yeah, yeah, three and three. Wow. And uh, <laughs> three and three. <laughs> that was a jump. That was a jump for me. Shit, I was, I was like, okay. What did you make in your I previous making, fight? I was, making a, I was making a G or something, wow. you know, fighting in Atlantic City. So three and three, I'm like, oh shit, I'm I'm on a come up, and then uh, the, the twenty thousand uh, dollar win bonus or uh, fight of the night bonus was that uh, was was big, you know. Oh wow, it was only twenty thousand back then. It was twenty, but shit, back then twenty was, was yeah. a lot, a lot to me. It's crazy because the fight before getting into the UFC for reality fighting, you were fighting Jim Miller. So you weren't fighting like scrubs for like Yeah, no, man. I, I, I fought Jim Miller. I fought this guy Davidius who yep. uh, ended up being in WC for quite a while. Yep. And, you know, I fought some good guys to tell, you know, in the local scene, which was, you know, perfect progression for me. And so to fight a Jim Miller, you're making like a thousand? Yeah, it might have been like maybe maybe two grand. Wow. Maybe. And then you, you get know, and, and I sold and I sold a hundred tickets, probably. And so, fight, so, and to fight in the UFC, you're making three and three. Did you jump like your next fight against Bocek at 73? Did you make more or were you at three and three for a couple fights? No, it was three and three. And I believe it was went up three grand, three and three, three and three, six and six, maybe in the nine and nine, something like that. What did you do with the 20 K? I bought a car. <laughs> I bought a car. You didn't save uh, it? No, but I was working. I was wor- like, I was working at the time. I was a plumber and I was in a union. I actually lived in a condo. I was paying mortgage. So when I won the 20,000 balls, I mean, the smart thing would have been like, oh, let's put this in the bank. But I'm like, I'm busting my ass, man. I'm getting up at, at 530 in the morning, working all day, coaching wrestling and training. I'm like, I'm getting something for myself. So, you know, the good thing it turned out all right. Yeah. What, what kind of car? It was a Mercedes. It was a used one, but wow, two door Mercedes. Yeah, it was nice. Damn. And I, I splurged a little bit. Look at you. How much did it cost? Like, how much did you have left after you know you bought it? Oh, that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you could have got one for like 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 a Corolla for ten k and kept the. You didn't think of that you at all. I could have. You're right. <laughs> no fun in that. <laughs> Were you married at the time? No, I I got married. I believe uh, that spring. I think. Um, I think my fourth in February got married, maybe in April that year. So, yeah. but but you were maybe you were, that following April, a year a year later, I got married. A year later, yeah. Were you were you dating or engaged? Yes, I was. I, I me and my wife were engaged since I was about twenty one, maybe. Okay, yeah. one of those long engagements. Long engagements, man. Took Why so time. long? Why so long? Ah, uh, she just didn't like me that much. You know, <laughs> I had to still convince her that we're gonna make it. <laughs> so when you're thinking, like you're work, you said you were working in union. What were you doing again? I was a union plumber. Union my, plumber. My father owned a, a, a commercial plumbing uh, business. That's right. So, and you didn't want to do that for for your your living, right? You didn't want to be a plumber. No, I mean I thought I was gonna. I mean that's why I thought I was gonna, you know, work into the business, take it over eventually. But uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't what I was. I wasn't very passionate about it. And, I mean, I did it for two three years, and I, you know, I didn't definitely absorb much because. And my head just wasn't in it, you know. Right. I'm really not a good plumber. <laughs> so you get you get into the UFC, and you, you know you're 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 with your future wife. Do you think, okay, I need to make good on this? Like this is my chance to actually get out of the plumbing business. This is the beginning of the end for me over there. 
Yeah, I, mean, I didn't know. I, I was trying to figure it all out. You know, I fought tight. I, it was my third fight is when I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to fight full time. Here we go. You know uh. what I mean? And, and, uh, it, because like I said, I had a mortgage, so I, I had to have, make enough money to kind of swing both. And, uh, once I, you know, once I, I think after my second fight, we negotiated to the next contract and I was like, all right, I think I can get this done. So that's when I decided to make the full jump. So this is interesting because you went three and zero, and then you went full time, and then your next fight you lost. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I was just saying this the other day to somebody. Uh, yeah, you know, before that fight, that fight was the first fight with Gray, and uh, yeah. before that fight, I, I was telling myself, my 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 buddy, I was like, Man, we got to figure something out. This is I wasn't training with Ricardo Almeida. I was with Mark hooking up maybe once a week, if that, maybe every other week at the time. Um, you know, not that I wasn't training hard. I just didn't have a sense of purpose. I mean, here I am now. I have all day long to train, no more job. And I'm calling people the night before saying, hey, where are you training? Where are you at? I'm like, you know, professional athlete can't be doing that. This has to be a yeah. little more uh, organized. So that's when I decided to make that jump. And, you know, taking out, having that loss to, to McGregor kind of solidified that for me. Like, all right. Um, <laughs> McGregor. Right. Right, right, right. Fuck. <laughs> right. And, uh yeah, that's when I made that jump, and that, that was definitely the biggest, best. That's when I noticed my my ju- jump in my career. You know, being a Ricardo, being on a real team, hooking up with Mark on a consistent basis. That's when things started clicking. It's amazing to me after the three fights with Gray, how you guys have gone in in separate directions. Do you ever look at like where he's at in his career? I mean, it looked like for a second he might not fight again, at least not in the UFC. You're still very much in the mix. You're still very much a title contender. Do you ever think about that? Like, wow, it, it could have gone so differently for me. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think it could have gone differently for me. I just think how it's just unfortunate how it was differently for others, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I guess I guess it could. It could go wrong for you, but, you know, maybe because I don't think it's going to, that's why it doesn't, you know, one of those things. It's yeah. positive and uh, just kind of still have goals in this sport. I think, you know, if you lose a sense of goals, then you kind of, you could slip quick. When um, when you celebrated that 10-year anniversary in, uh, I think it was Friday, did you pop in the tape? Did you watch it on Fight Pass? Did you go back and reminisce a little bit with the family, get the kids around, tell them about your old man? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you uh, probably wouldn't even remember it if, if no one... Like that. <laughs> right? No one, you probably wouldn't even remember it if, if uh, no one brought it up. Yeah, I'm not, not one of the... Yeah, someone definitely brought it up to me. I, I threw a little post on uh, an Instagram, but uh, yeah, you know, it's just another day. I mean, I'll hopefully look back and say... 20 years. A bunch more years. Yeah. 20, yeah. Fuck, let's go another 10, man. Yeah, why not? Um, how much does it hurt to have groin surgery? I saw that video. You mentioned that your your private area hurt. Does it still hurt? And how much did it hurt at the yeah, time? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot better. I'm, I'm moving pretty good. They're pretty aggressive with the physical therapy. And the day after, they have you walking a mile. Um, wow. So, yeah, but but it is very painful, man. Shit. For the first, like, first four days, I, I was hurting. But you got through it. Even when you go to the restroom, does it hurt then, too? Is it, like, constant? I mean, it hurts. They cut abs. They cut the bottom of my abs. Two incisions. So oh my! Any any little? I couldn't even talk loud for like five days. I had to keep it real mellow. That's <laughs> tough for me at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. Uh, that is intense. Um, not fun. Not are, fun. But I'm doing a lot better already. Ready hitting pads, moving around, the little agility stuff. Just curious, since you are a mainstay and a contender, what do you make of the whole featherweight division right now with the title going to Aldo and after the fight with you and Holloway interim belt and Connor saying he's not fighting this year? Do you feel like it's a mess? Are you bothered by this at all? Uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of been a mess for, for a minute now, you yeah. know? Um, you just really don't know what, what, I don't know what to expect and what's going to happen next. So I'm kind of just a participant and just seeing what happens and, 
I just want to get in there, fight somebody, and win, and see where the see where the landscape is after that, and then take it from there. You know, I guess you kind of can't look too far ahead in this game. Do you feel like the the UFC kind of did this to themselves by giving Connor too much power? It created this mess. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they anticipated it like that, and I mean. It, fights gotta happen. People are still gonna fight. It's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think I don't know if it's because they gave Connor too much power. I just think they're just getting silly with these interim titles. You know, it's yeah. too much. I mean, they're already taking uh, Connor's fifty-five one away. You know, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, your your coach Mark Henry has often said that he'd love to see you fight a one thirty-five. You ever think about just going there because it's a little cleaner? Like, there's no interim belt. There's a guy defending his title. Like, you ever, you ever think of that? It might be an easier. You know, you just know the path to the belt. It's a little. It's a little cleaner. Yeah, I always said if it was a forward title shot. I, 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 if they offer me a title shot, I, I mean, I, I don't know how I wouldn't be able to turn it down. Sure. You know? um, but I'm not going to go down there and fight a contender fight. Okay. Do that. Now I'm as, as, as close as I am. I believe still at 45, especially since we don't know what's going to happen. I kind of don't want to leave yet, and then shit gets figured out, and I'm sitting here fighting for a 35-pound uh, you know, contender fight when I could have been in the mix for a 45-pound title. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and, and when you fought at MSG, I, I heard afterwards, I think you said this in one of your quotes, you, you, were, you were seriously hurt in that fight, right? I mean, I, I was banged up, man. I don't even like to talk. I mean, whatever. I was banged. I was, I was good enough to fight, though. By the time fight, that camp was rough, but by the time fight night came, I was good enough to go. What was it? A knee injury? Yeah, I, I tore my uh, MCL. Wow. Uh, you know, probably six weeks out from my fight. Like n- nothing crazy, not a super bad one, but a significant enough one. I, you know, I had to wear a brace. I mean, I'm still wearing the brace just just because. But uh, yeah, and it, and it popped in a fight. I think in the second round. But again, I wasn't like. I, and the, once the fight goes, you don't feel that stuff. Um, if it was an MSG, would you have stayed on the card? Uh, yeah, I think I would have. I mean, I think it was definitely, uh, you know, persuaded me to, to not even think about pulling because I was on, it was MSG. Okay. But, uh, you know, I, I don't like to pull out of fights. I've had to do it before. I mean, I, I mean, it's a, you know, last, last ditch efforts, I guess, or, you know, uh, I'll pull, but I'm going to try to stay on if I can. How's the knee now? It's good. It's it's good. It's pretty recovered. I mean, the surgery, having the surgery kind of helped that heal on its own, you know, just needed some rest. Okay. So you're not going to have to go under the knife for that as well? No, no, no. Not at all. Where does that one rank for you that night, November 12, 2016? Obviously, I mean, it's not the title wins, right? But is that right? I mean, to fight in New York, you did so much lobbying. Where The whole experience, where did it rank for you? Yeah, that, that's right up there. I mean, that, that's... It's, you know, my kids got to come to the weigh-ins and uh, hung out with them a little bit during fight week, and uh, I've never done that. Um, to have them to have that experience is just is definitely a special one. This is, you know, has kind of its own its own place. You know what I mean? And the fact that it was in my backyard, and you know, walking that that those just that little block on the Henzo's going to the hotel, going to the uh, the venue is like somewhere I walk frequently. Uh, you know. Uh, throughout my life so it, it just uh, felt special was it just as good as you envisioned better the same worse how would you describe it uh i think just kind of what i envisioned okay you know, proud cheering my name i mean that, that was cool you know yeah. uh, the garden i mean that's that's what people all dream about you know i got i got to you know i got to the, the crowd i mean there's, there's a biggie rhyme about you know or, or a quote from him moving a crowd 50 30 20 you know Having a twenty thousand dollar, uh, twenty thousand seat arena cheering your name is is definitely so, something cool. Which I don't even know if twenty thousand or something like that. And not just any arena, 
The world's most famous it's arena. The world's most famous, yeah. Come on. Amazing. Um, it doesn't get better than that. One last quick thing. Um, again, Mark Henry, every time I talk to him now, he raves about a gentleman named Zabit Magomed Sharipov. You know this man? Z. Z. I call him Z. Z. Yeah. That name. Z. Yeah. Uh, he, sa- he is blown away by this guy. He says, guaranteed future UFC champion. We've never seen anything like him. Do you, do you, do you agree? Yeah, is he that good? He's a freak. He's a freak. Yeah. He's a freak. He's a freak. I, I mean, he's... he's He's very big for his weight. I, I, I can't believe he's a 45. I see him in there spawn with, with, with Edson, and he looks bigger than Edson at 45. Wow. And I'm like, how long does he need to make weight? Oh, 10 days. I'm like, holy shit. You got to do it all. Stand up, ground, wrestle, everything. Wow. Wow. Um, so you think he's coming to the UFC? He's ready for the UFC? For sure. For sure. Ready. Top 10 guys in the UFC. Easily. Is, is Marlon on his way as well? I believe so. I think they're uh, figuring everything out. But yeah, I believe so. Okay. Well, first things first, let's get you signed, all right? I mean, do we need to do we need to push Ali out? Do we need to get the deal done? What do I have to do to get you signed? You need some respect. <laughs> We're going to get it done. I'm not all worried. Right. <laughs> We're going to get it done. You know, in the meantime, I'm I'm staying busy. I'm, I'm of course I'm getting back to training. I'm probably doing stuff I shouldn't be doing, but uh that's just what it is. Maybe that's what got me in the position in the first place, but I'm doing that. I'm, I'm actually commentating for Brave. Uh Brave is that um MMA promotion that yes. uh, Shake Khaled from Bahrain has uh, started, and uh, I'll be doing commentary for them in in, uh, in March 18th Mar- in Brazil. Yes, Curitiba, Brazil. Frankie Edgar. Yes, on Curitiba. the mic. Look yep. at you. Are you going to the Brooklyn card? Uh, kind of. I uh, maybe, maybe. It's a okay. good chance. You going to be there? I'll be there. Okay. I'm, I'll be. Maybe I'll see you there. Okay. Maybe I'll see you there. Frankie, a pleasure as always. Congratulations on 10 years. Uh, like we said, hope for 10, 10 more. Um, happy to hear the surgery went well and, you know, good luck with all the, the contract stuff. I know you love that part of the game so much, so enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite, <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> Thank you, Frankie. There we go. Thanks, bro. Always a pleasure, man. I'll uh, talk to you. All right, there he is, Frankie Edgar, the answer. So great to talk to him and uh, and hopefully, you know, they, they get it done. One fight left. I suspect they'll want to have him around. Okay, speaking of Madison Square Garden, last time we saw Yoel Romero was at MSG, knocking out Chris Weidman, arguably the knockout of the year, and now he is patiently waiting for his title shot. Wanted to check in with our good friend Yoel. There he is to talk about that. And, our, and, and, and as New York Rick said, the best translator in the business right over there. Hello, <laughs> Ariel. How are, How, are you? How, are you? How are you? Good. Are Everything's good over there in in Florida. Yeah, everything's fine, man. Okay. Uh, so okay. we have a lot to discuss. You know, the last time we we spoke to you, the last time we had you on the program, it was after the win, a couple days after the win over Chris. You said title shot. We all think title shot, but it seems to be taking a little long. Are you worried? Are you worried about you know that you're not going to get the title shot? What do you feel right now? I'm not worried about anything. I've had to wait before. Um, after my surgery and my neck, I had to wait a year and a half before I was able to fight again. And after the issue with Usada, I had to wait six months to fight to get everything cleared up. And I'm not worried about it. I'm waiting. Sigo entrenando, enfocado, con mucho, con el mismo amor que le tengo a mi deporte, a mi trabajo. Entiendo todos los días igual. 
I keep training, I keep putting forth maximum effort with the same love that I have for my sport, and I keep training every day the same strength, same way. As we sit here right now, has the UFC told you when this title fight is going to happen? The Federation, the UFC has told him that uh, he will fight, um, that he will fight for the title and uh, that it will be in May. Um, we're just waiting for uh, Mr. Bisping's uh, recovery. So uh, get a final date and uh, get a chance uh, to get it. So the UFC has so a pay-per-view UFC. in May in Dallas, May 13. Do you think that you'll be fighting on that card? Now, UFC has a pay-per-view event in Dallas in May 13. Do you think you'll be fighting in that cartelera? Yes, probably. Do you think Michael Bisping is trying not to fight you? Do you think Michael Bisping is trying not to fight you? Everyone knows, the whole world knows, he knows, his wife knows, his children knows that he is trying to avoid a fight with me. Huh. Do you, huh. Do you, do you, are, are you, I know you said that, you know, you're, you're just waiting, you're okay with waiting, but are you at all worried that, you know, a, a George St. Pierre, someone comes and then he goes and takes that fight and you're going to have to wait even longer? Is there any part of you that's worried about this at all? Es, dijiste que no estás preocupado, pero hay alguna parte de ti que está con un poquito de preocupación que venga Jorge Saint Pierre o alguien por ahí que le den esa pelea en vez de darte la mía. Yo quiero y tengo un gran respeto con, con Saint Pierre. Somos amigos, nos conocemos, tengo una gran afinidad hacia él. I have a great affinity, great respect uh, towards uh, George Saint Pierre, and I've been friends with him for a long time. Pero en estos momentos, ¿quién es el mejor peleador que hay en 185 libras? Pero right now, right now, who is the best fighter at 185 pounds? Es Joel Romero. Joel Romero. Si alguien tiene un cinturón, tiene que defenderlo, o alguien tiene que quitárselo. If someone has a belt, man, they need to defend it, and someone needs to take it from him. ¿Quién es el que tiene el cinturón? Who has the belt? Marco Pitti. Mr. Bisping. ¿Quién es que se lo tiene que quitar? ¿Quién es el mejor de 185 libras? Who's going to take it from him? He's the best of 185. Well, Romero. No hay nadie más. No hay preocupación. Los demás son los que se preocupan. Yo no tengo preocupación ninguna. There's no one else. There's no worries. Okay. Everyone else may worry. I have no worry whatsoever. Duermo, duermo como un león confiado, tranquilo. I sleep like a lion full of confidence. Extremely tranquil. Porque Dios es mi fortaleza. God is my strength. When you guys go back and forth on Twitter and he brings up the USADA stuff, does that bother you? Nothing. That's how Mike is. Tú puedes vivir, tú puedes tener vergüenza de ti mismo cuando tú has hecho algo malo. You could be ashamed of yourself when you have done something incorrect, something bad. Believe me, I sleep very easy. 
eso es lo, el único argumento que puede hacer, eso es su, lo único que él tiene, su carta, su única as bajo la manga, es eso, sacar eso. That's the only card that he has, that's the only argument he can pull, his only ace up his sleeve is that, that's all he can talk about, so he's going to keep on talking. Tú no has visto un video que anda en las redes, cuando yo doy el knockout a, a, a Chris Weyman, le ponen la reacción de él en ese momento, tú no has visto eso? Have you not seen the video? It's somewhere in social media, you know, out there where, uh, you know, when I KO Chris, and then they put a caption on his face. Have you seen it? Yes, yes, I've seen it. It's not fear. <laughs> There's no word that can explain that, that, that vision, that face. It's terror. It's, it's, there's no word. Tú has visto... La expresión de, de algún video cuando las personas ven, están en la playa y de momento se levanta un tsunami. Have you seen the face of someone when they're like in the beach and all of a sudden a giant tsunami comes <laughs> away? Yes, yes, I have seen this. The fear. La, la misma expresión que él tuvo cuando él vio el nocao cuando yo se lo dije. Same facial expression that he had when I killed Chris. Él no quería ser en ese momento, él no quería ser el campeón de UFC de 185 libras. At that moment, he did not want to be the 185 champion in the UFC. En ese momento él dijo, ¿qué yo hago haciendo, peleando este deporte? At that moment, he thought to himself, what the heck am I doing fighting in this sport? ¿Qué estoy haciendo aquí? What the heck am I doing here? <laughs> Mira lo que viene ahora. Oh my God, look what's coming my way now. Why did I talk so much crap about this man? If you have a sin, God is going to remit against you. That's what God told the people of Israel. That's exactly what's going on right now. You talked a bunch of junk about me. This is coming your way. Oh my. There's no one in this game that cuts promos like Yoel Romero. English, no English. I mean, the it's just amazing. You, and I'm not saying that it's fabricated at all. It's just incredible listening to you speak and, and the conviction and the determination in your voice. Um, let me ask you this. Just to be clear, do you think he's afraid of you? No creo que, los, que, que el hombre, que, que el ser humano, el hombre como tal, tenga miedo dentro, sino que, sino que temor. Eh, I think that uh, as a man, uh, you're not supposed to feel fear in the inside, but you, 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 you do have a, a sense of, uh, of being afraid, uh, timidness, so to say. Okay. Pero sí te puedo decir algo. But I can't tell you this. Si él pudiera hacer If he can be cualquier cosa anything else para no pelear conmigo If he can do or be anything else to not fight against me él lo va a hacer. He's going to do it. When you hear him say that the next time he loses he's done what does that say to you? Do you feel like he already has, you know, one foot out? Is that, is that for you, is that a, a nice little signal that, okay, he's already at the end of the road? Cuando tú 
escucha Jair decir que si él pierde una vez más, él ya va a retirarse. ¿Es algún signo para ti que ella tiene un pie afuera y un pie adentro que ya está pensando salirse por la puerta para salirse de esto? Créeme, yo no pienso ni le doy importancia a las cosas que él pueda decir. Yo solamente, sin, 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 sin tomarlo como un loco esquizofénico, lo tomo, todos los días pienso en él, todos los días, todos los días. Pero también al mismo tiempo lo tomo como un relax, lo, to, lo veo todos los días como un relax, pero todos los días pienso en él. Um, I don't really give too much importance to anything that he says, but uh, I do think about him every day. Uh, but I do not stress about it. I take it with a bunch of relax, and uh, but I do think about him, but I take it real smooth and real easy. Pero, esos son sus problemas. But those are his problems. Él duda, él, no es que dude, él sabe dentro de su ser, en, 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 en su interior, él sabe que, que ya, está. He knows, he, he doubts himself, he knows in his interior, and in his insides, deep down, that he knows that that's it, that it's over, Man, it's done. Este hombre habló mucha basura de mí. And this guy talked way too much crap, junk about me. Sin saber, por una supuesta... Eh, 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 una, 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 un suplemento salió sucio. Eh, he spoke so much about me without really even knowing. Él, it was a supplement that came out dirty, tainted. Él no sabe cómo yo entreno. He has no idea how hard I train. Él no sabe qué tantas cosas yo me quito de mí para yo entrenar tan duro. How much I avoid, how much I suffer to be able to train as hard as I do. Yo eh, eh, dejo de jugar con mis niñas, el tiempo de mis niñas algunas veces los dejo aparte para, para ponerme al entrenamiento. Put the time that I, family time, time that I spend with my daughters, I actually put that on the side sometimes to have to, you know, do my training. Este hombre necesita pagar. This man needs to pay. Have you ever felt this way about an opponent before? I mean, I could tell you don't like him. Have you ever felt like this going into a fight, any kind of competition? Alguna vez has, te has sentido de tal forma eh, con cualquier otro oponente tuyo en cualquier tipo de pelea, en cualquier tipo de competencia? Uh, no, porque nadie siempre han tenido, las personas me han respetado. No, nope. uh, everyone has always respected me. Pero después que sucedió lo que sucedió con Usada, But after all, what happened with Usada, hubieron varias personas que puse en una lista. There were some people that I put on a list. En una lista negra. Oh. Black list. Oh. <laughs> Who else is on this list? Qué mal Ellos saben. They know. Oh. Ellos hablaron. They spoke. Yo no necesito mencionar su nombre. We don't need to mention their names. Ellos lo saben en su corazón. They feel it. They know it in their heart. Ellos me volvieron. Yo desearía que todos esos que dijeron cosas de mí. And I really wish, I really hope that all those that spoke all that junk about me. Ganen pelea. Keep winning fights. No pierdan pelea. Don't lose any fights. Hasta que llegame. So you get at me. Please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> is it safe to say that Michael Bisping is on the list, just to be clear? He knows in his heart if he is or he is, and he knows. 
Did the UFC ask you to fight him in January? And if so, were you willing to do so? Um, the UFC per se did not give him a date in January, but you know there were a few interviews after uh, the win against uh, Chris, and uh, they asked him if he was ready, and he said, "Yeah, that thank God Almighty, uh, I came out of that fight." Clean, no injuries, and uh, that I was ready to fight in January to beat me. Because he had gone around saying that he wanted to fight real soon. And uh, Romero was, uh, I'm ready, I'm stupendous, man, let's get it. I'm ready to fight right now. But after that, he said he needed time. That he needed his surgery. And when you heard that he had the surgery, did that bother you because maybe that would delay things even more? If he, uh, I already told you, if he had surgery or he didn't have surgery or he invented the surgery, Solamente pienso que Dios está en el, está en el asunto. I only think that God is involved somehow. Okay. Y el tiempo no le pertenece a nosotros. The time does not belong to men. El tiempo le pertenece a Dios. Time belongs to God. Yo espero en Dios. I wait on God. So right now you're very excited. I mean, clearly it looks like you can fight right now. I mean, you're 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 super uh, motivated and, and pumped up for the fight. How do you make sure that you don't go too hard and train? Like how how are you kind of just biding your time until you get the official date and then you can go into training camp? What do you do on a daily basis to not go you know <laughs> a little too hard in the gym and 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 peak too early? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those things. What is that? A 16 pack? Holy smokes. Oh, uh, first and foremost, I'm very selective with my trainers. I'm very careful with who gets a chance to train with me. Thank God Almighty that I was able to find those trainers. My strength and conditioning uh, coach, and I wish I could just have them in a... I have 32 years uh, in athletics, in, with experience in athletics. And uh, I know just from seeing uh, what trainer has that capacity, that talent as a trainer, 
that he really knows. Hmm. When I got here to Florida, I'm going I'm to tell you a story. Okay, okay. When I got to Florida, to Miami. And I saw this trainer. His name is Albert Ruiz. Um, wow. Esta es la, la, la escuela cubana, no solamente de boxeo, sino de, 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 de la metodología de la escuela de entrenamiento cubano. And, uh, and I saw him training and uh, I saw, wow, this is the, uh, the old school Cuban, not just in boxing, but uh, the, the methodology, the, the method of Cuban athletic training. Como preparan para un atleta pro con vista a unos Juegos Olímpicos. How you prepare an athlete with uh, the the opportunity to the to, to for the future in the Olympics? Hmm. And I said to myself, he's the one that I want. That was one day, and then a bunch of time went by, and I never saw him. I looked for him, and looked for him, and looked for him. About a year and six months later, I found him once again. Cuando lo vi, le dije, I got you. And when I saw him, I grabbed him. <laughs> I spoke with him and I told him, I really want to train with you. And he told me with these words, I'll never forget these words. Oh, no, 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 please, I don't want to train anybody. <laughs> You heard him. Yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah. I don't want to train anyone else, you know, like that. I said, please. He said, no, no quiero entrenar a nadie porque eres el entrenador de, de, de atletas de golf. You know, I don't want to train anyone because, you know, I, I train, you know, high-end golf athletes, mm -hmm. so golfers. Fighters and boxers are just way too complicated. Son, tú sabes, como mucho ego, macho alfa. <laughs> too much ego, too much alpha male. Y yo le dije, por favor, entrename, yo quiero que usted me ayude con la condición. And I told him, please help me, train me. I really want you to help me with my strength and conditioning. Y estuvimos conversando por un largo tiempo. And we had, Ese uh, día. That day we spoke, long conversation, that same day. Y en la conversación. And in the conversation. Salió a reducir porque él era entrenador de boxeo en Cuba. It came out that he was a boxing uh, trainer in Cuba. <laughs> and he knew my father. In boxing. Wow. And he said, oh, he said, oh my God, you're uh, Pablo's son. He said, yes, I am. Okay, te veo el lunes. All right, I'll see you on Monday. Wow. La pista. Wow. On the track. And uh, since then, I've been training with him, and it is a blessing to have my strength and conditioning coach. Um, también, aparte que es mi conditioning coach, es mi terapeuta, es mi que me ayuda con las lesiones, con la terapia. Besides him being my conditioning coach, he's also my therapist. You know, he's the one that fixes, you know, any bruising, you know, any, any issues that I have, uh, any physiological issues. Tuve, tenía problemas con, con mi espalda baja. You know, I had issues with my lower back. 
y él me ayudó muchísimo con eso, con ejercicios. And he resolved it, you know, based exercise based uh, therapy. Que eh, USC lo sabe, tú siempre me tenía que estar poniendo inyecciones en que 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 tenía que que pedirle uh, al seguro médico de USC que 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 me pusieran eh, casi siempre para todas las peleas inyecciones porque el dolor me mataba. Um, and, and you know, it's, I used to always have to get uh, uh, the UFC's insurance to help me out with uh, um, giving me uh, shots in my back because of the pains that I would have in my lower back. And, y a punto de de and UFC was about to uh, let me go from the roster. Because of the surgeries in my neck, me comprime mucho la vetera. They compress my vertebra too much. Too much. Y entonces me, me da... Uh, le, no, no, no. Eh, yo sé. Entonces, eh, gracias a él. Thanks to him. Ya no lo que hacer más eso. Me hace unos ejercicios. Eh, y ya estoy como un bebé. Wow. And uh, he's fixed me up with uh, exercises and stretching and I feel like a baby. I'm ready to go. <laughs> entonces, estoy listo para la guerra. I'm ready for war. Wow. That is wow. amazing. What a story. He is a blessing, that guy. Um, last quick thing, because I do have to go, you all, but I want to ask you this. Is it true that you recently got your passport, that you're able to travel the country, but you're not doing so? Is that true? Is that true? Yes, it's true. Why? Why aren't you going home to Cuba? Why aren't you going to see your family? Hay algo grande que hay que hacer. There's something big that I have to do. What's that? What's that? Can you go back? And that time. And then you go home. And then you go. Wow. Wow. So you're, you're choosing not to go home until you get the belt. Yeah. Wow. That wow. is powerful stuff. Well, I hope it happens sooner rather than later for you, Yoel. Thank you so much. I, I love having you on the show. You're amazing. And, and by the way, uh, Mr. Translator, your name again, please. Ray, the man. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Pound for pound king of translating. It's just your dynamic. I hope you guys never leave each other. This right here is uh, is a power couple in MMA. Uh, great stuff, guys. Thank you so much. Good luck to you, Yoel, and we'll talk to you very soon. I appreciate it very much. Shalom, shalom, chaver. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate it. Great stuff. Wow. How about that? Very, very, uh, very powerful ending. Whoa. Uh, got his passport, but choosing to not go home until he gets the belt. Wow. Unbelievable. Okay. Uh, let's move along. Um, let's go to our next guest now. Talked about him a little bit uh, last week on the program. He is the World Series of Fighting middleweight and light heavyweight champion. But if you follow him on Twitter, you've obviously seen that something's going on. And so we wanted to get some answers from David Branch, and he is joining us, I do believe, on the phone right now. David, are you there? Yes. David, what's going on? It's great to, uh, it's great to finally have you back on the show. Again, like I said, we wanted to have you on last week. Some things happened, but here you are, and we're happy that you're here. So you've been talking about some things, writing about some things on Twitter. It doesn't seem like you're very happy. So please tell us, what are you unhappy with? Okay, first, I just want to make sure that I'm not going to get headlined. No crackheads and chickens, okay? <laughs> One of the great stories on this show, yes. <laughs> um, basically, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of misunderstandings. You know, I'm, I, I'm definitely a free agent now. I've, 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 I'm officially a free agent. Um, I'm going to be looking to explore my opportunities on the outside of WSLF. And um, I think that it was just about time for me and the company to just split ways, you know, um, there was some misunderstandings uh, that happened, 
And as a result of that, you know, I think that is, you know, it was just fair for me to just, you know, like, uh, as a result of the misunderstandings, it was just best for me to just get released and stuff like that. Plus, I just want to do other things. You know, I think that one of the big things is that, like, um, people have, you know, the, the media and people, like, and to myself. Yeah, I'm 35 years old right now, and then at the end of this uh, whole fighting career and stuff like that, I've, I'm a two-division champion, but people will always say, well, he didn't do it in the UFC. Well, you know, here's the deal. I'm a free agent now. People have been saying for years that I've been the best, I'm the best fighter in 185 pounds on the outside of the UFC. I disagree. I believe that I'm the best fighter in the world, you know, and I, I think that now is my opportunity to be able to prove that. So, like I said, you were the World Series of Fighting middleweight and light heavyweight champion. Why are you a free agent? Why are you no longer a part of the company? I'm, I'm, I'm no longer a part of the company just because it's just time for me to grow. It's time for me to grow and, and just do bigger things, you know. It's time for me to, uh, to, to have, big, have more challenges for myself. There's no more challenges left for me in WSOS. Um, uh, there's, I've, just, I've just accomplished everything that there is for me to do there, you know. Um, you know, like, uh, it, it just comes time for an athlete to just move on. And I think that, that, that this is my time right now, you know. Did you ask them to be released or did they release you, you know, on their own will? I mean, under the, you know, that, that was, that was their decision. You had nothing to do with it. No, I asked to be released. I asked, I asked for a release. Um, just because I just wanted to, just for the reasons that I told you. Okay. And from some things that were just a uh, misunderstanding and stuff like that. But, um, I asked for the release and, you know, it took them some time. We, we talked about it. They were, we went through management and stuff like that. And, uh, we finally were able to, to reach an agreement. What kind of misunderstanding? Can you tell us more about that? Oh, I'm not too much in detail right now, Ariel, but like, you know, just, uh, it, it was just one of those things to where just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's just time for you to go. You know what I mean? And, and, and I had all the cues, all the signs that were there for me to, to, to light the fire for me to get up and just, and, and, and do what I have to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not going to stay anywhere where I'm not comfortable. And, you know, I just think that it's just, it was just a good thing for me to just up and leave, you know, and just relinquish my belts here on your show today. That's what I'm doing. It's a big thing. I'm no longer a middleweight champion or light heavyweight champion of the world series of fighting. I'm relinquishing the belts today. That is official. And, um, you know, I want to see some more, uh, you know, give an give opportunity for some more, you know, new and young talent to go into the World Series of Fighting. I hope they do, they do well. And I hope that, that they have some really colorful champions, you know. You tweeted on Saturday, going into my last fight, I wasn't only fighting my opponent. I was fighting the whole entire promotion. I was threatened fight week. What, what, what happened? Well, like I said, again, you know, I know we're going to like go around this a little bit, but like um, just... It's just one of those things to where it just, there was enough that happened that just let me know that it was time for me to go. That's just one of those things that happened. But that's a big and statement, David. That's a big statement. I mean, you can't, uh, you can't put that out there and not, I mean, you, you were threatened? What do you mean you were threatened? Threatened how? Threatened with what? Well, like, what did they threaten you with? Why were you threatened? That's a, that's a massive thing to say. I mean, the, the, here's the thing, you know what I mean? It, it was just a lot of things that went on that night, you know what I mean? And, and, and like right now, I'm, it's just really complicated, and, you know, it was just one of those things that it was just enough for a promotion to, like, if, if I'm coming into a show, okay, and I'm coming in to fight my opponent, that should be the only opponent that I have to worry about fighting. I shouldn't have to worry about politics. Yeah. I shouldn't have to worry about all of these other things. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not going to go into details, but these are some of the things that, you know, sometimes fighters have to face. 
Um, my reasons for leaving are, you know, some a, a bit similar. I'm not going to go into detail, but that, that's just one of those things that that happens. You know, this is the fight game. You know, it gets crazy sometimes, and you know, you know, sometimes promoters have problems with fighters, and sometimes fighters have problems with promoters. I'm just in a situation right now where I'm venting that I'm a free agent and I'm relinquishing my belts, you know, over the air, and you know, I'm, I'm looking to become the best 85 pound fighter in the world. Now I have my lane to do that. Have you signed with UFC? I haven't signed with them yet. Um, I haven't signed with anybody. Uh, my management is working on some things, and we should have some announcements by the middle of this week or before this week is out for sure. Is it fair to say that's where you want to go, though? Um, we're leaning to we're leaning to that direction for sure. Yeah, um, I had heard actually that they offered you to fight in Brooklyn against Jacare, but you were banged up from your fight New Year's Eve. Is that accurate? Um, I'm not too sure about that, but I definitely was banged up. I, I suffered a, um, a dislocated finger maybe about two and a half weeks before my fight. Uh-huh. Um, so that's just about healed up right now. But th- I don't think that I was in any kind of shape to do any fighting after I, I fought that fight that I fought, you know. Right, but w- were you tempted? I mean, going into that fight where you say you weren't very happy to be fighting in Brooklyn, which is where you're from, you know, that's a big deal, right? Were you te- the UFC coming there debut? Were you at all tempted? Were you thinking like this is the stars aligning for me? Was that something that you were hoping for? Uh, absolutely, I was tempted because I know that that man can beat me. You know what I'm saying? I know I know that there's there's not a lot of dudes at my weight class that can that, that are able to beat me now with the amount of technique that I've that I've been able to accumulate. You know, this it's just one of those things. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, how would you compare? You know, the David Branch that I'm talking to right now to the one who was once in the UFC and, and, you know, you, you, you left the company, you had to work your way back up. What's the, the biggest difference? If not, you know, one, two. Ariel, the comparison, you got any pictures of you when you were 10 to now? <laughs> yeah. Any pictures? That's the comparison right there, man. A kid and a grown man, you know? Yeah. It's just, a, it's just a, a different dynamic, a different ball game. It's somebody who knows so much more about the business aspect of fighting is so much, someone who knows so much more about the mental aspect of fighting um, just the political aspect of fighting, you know, how to navigate through media, how to navigate through uh, different contract kind of issues and things like that. You're dealing with somebody who's a very, very seasoned guy now and someone who's had six championship fights. I mean, there's a lot of guys in the UFC who don't even have that much experience. I don't even think that the champion has that much experience in championship fighting. Um, you know, so it's just one of those things right there, you know, completely different human. Ten in a row now you've won, right? And uh, you right. you only you only lost once out of the UFC, and that was to, that was to Anthony Johnson, Anthony right? Anthony Johnson, one of the very Arguably best, the most dangerous striker in MMA today. Yes, I'm familiar with the man. He was actually on the show last week as well. Um, mm-hmm. Where where do you put yourself in the UFC? Like, do you want a top five guy right off the bat? Do you want to ease your way back in? How do you how do you, if you get into the UFC? How do you view it? Uh, wherever I go, it doesn't matter who they put me in front of to fight. You know what I mean? I, it, it, it's, it's no secret that out of all the champions, I mean, I'm not knocking any of the champions, and I have a, a huge amount of respect for all the World Series of Fighting Champions, but out of all of them, I fought the stiffest of competition. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things to where, you know, I mean, I defended one of, I defended, uh, one, of one of the belts that I had uh, against Yushin Okami at the time. I think he was like number eight in the UFC. Knocked him out. Everybody thought that he was going to win. Didn't happen. He got clipped. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's just one of those things. I mean, like I'll fight anybody. You know, I'm I'm not one of those fighters that's going to come into any organization that cherry picks that sits there and says, "Oh, I want to fight this guy, but I'm not ready to fight this guy." I'm a fighter. I'm not no fucking pussy. You know, hmm. I'm going to fight anybody. Okay, because that's what I do. And if I'm not gonna, if I'm not going to have that mentality, then I'm going to take my gloves, Ariel, and I'm going to hang them up on a nail. 
okay? Because that's just what I do, you know what I mean? I shouldn't be inside that cage, and I shouldn't be going into a particular organization or any organization if I'm not willing to face the stiffest of competition that's there. Are you sad about the way things ended with World Series of Fighting? Because let's be honest, I mean, you went into the promotion. You were, I think you were on, you were on the very first card, if not the very first fight in the promotion's history, right? Yes. And you were coming off that loss to Anthony Johnson. And, and I think that they played a big part in resurrecting your career and bringing you back up to put you in this position. Are you a little sad that it ended on this note? Absolutely. I mean, like, it's, it's not even ended on this note. Me and World Series of Fighting had, had, like, really good times. Like you said, they did resurrect my career. It was at a time where when I first joined that company, when my career was in the, in the ruts. Uh, I became a two-division world champion in that, in, in that promotion, which is something that's a historical event that's happened. Um, I was the second person beside Dan Henderson that has actually done it, the only person that's defended it. You know, so of, of course, you know, the World Series of Fighting has done great things for my career, you know what I mean, uh, as far as giving me the opportunity to fight. Um, you know, um, sometimes things happen like that, though, Ariel. You know, it's, 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 in, in business, you know, we don't always say point voyage and, like, you know, you know, sail off in the sunset, you know, from each other. That's not how it works all, all the time, you know? How would you describe the ending? I mean, the, the, the parting of the ways. Was it contentious? It's Was just, it... It's, no, it's just a handshake. It's just, like, nice doing business with you, you know? Goodbye. Uh-huh. I have to be honest, though. But, I mean, based off the tweets, it sounded a little more contentious. I mean, being threatened and all this stuff. I mean, it, sound, it, sound, it doesn't sound like your typical goodbye. Right. Well, you know, sometimes things get, to, you know, sometimes we can be in, in an emotional state and tweet things at times, you know. Okay. And like I said before, there were certain things that got taken out of context. But, you know, I'm no longer with World Series of Fighting. And that, I think that that's what should be. Sure. You know, that's, that's, that's the, uh, that's the staple of this thing. I'm a free agent right now. Do you regret the ending? Like, do you regret tweeting that stuff out? Do you, do you regret being emotional? I don't live with regrets, Ariel. I don't regret anything. I'm a man, uh, and I'm a kind of man of purpose. I don't regret anything that I said. I'm just simply explaining what it is that I put out there, you know? Okay. All right. Um, and, and so in the last couple of days, I mean, you've just relinquished two titles. Marlon Moraes is gone. Uh, it sounds like Justin Gaethje may be gone as well. What, what do you, is the promotion in trouble from your vantage point? I mean, do, do they have issues? Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I don't, I'm not like, yeah, I wouldn't be able to, I'm not in front of a, a computer to be able to look at their numbers and things like that and let you know, like, what's going on with that as far as their their business aspect and stuff like that. But, I mean, it doesn't look good when you're champions, when you have a couple of champions that want to leave. Yeah. You know, obviously, it's going to raise a couple of questions and stuff like that. Whatever the reasons are, whether they're legit, whether they're, whether they're part of a political reason or whatever, you know, it, 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 that usually doesn't look good, you know, if you have marquee fighters leaving, you know? And, and just those to, are the guys, those are the people ahead. that, you know, that, that, uh, that you use to help tune into your shows, you know, so. Yeah. And not to mention, I mean, and, and they're going to think I'm piling it on here, but I'm not, I'm just, these are facts. Uh, John Fitch also has some health issues. Unfortunately, he might be done as well and he doesn't want to be done, but that's just, you know, like I said, the fact of the matter. Um, is there a reason, David, why you are reluctant to say what happened in New York? Is it, like, did they ask you not to? Can you not? Like, is that is that part of a deal that you signed with them? No, no deal. Okay. So why why don't you just say what happened so other fighters can learn from it? I mean, it sounds like it wasn't a very pleasant experience fighting in your your home state for the first time. I mean, I pretty much said everything that there is to say about that particular um, scenario. Okay. I mean, we keep going around back and forth to that. But I mean, like, like I said, it was a great night uh, of fighting that night. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I was appreciated as a fighter. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think that every fighter knows that that means we don't need Morris Code to break that. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things to where it's just time for me to move on. 
you know? And every fighter will know if it's time for him to move on, you know? Sure. I guess. I mean, that's just the way it goes, you know? Were you disappointed that you weren't on the NBC broadcast? Hell yeah. I mean, I was, you know, because I was a, I'm a New York guy. Yeah. And I would think, you know, like uh, business-wise, if I was someone, you know, running a, a promotion or something like that, that if I have a hometown guy that's, li- that's 35 years old, that's had this amount of fights, God, he's been living in New York for a very, very long time, probably every single borough. God knows how many people this guy's going to bring in. Let me put this guy on every freaking platform so I can sell, you know? Uh-huh. Fans of New York. So obviously, yeah, I mean, I would, I, you know, anybody would have got upset with that, you know? Did they tell you why? I mean, I agree with everything you just said. Did they tell you why they didn't go in that direction? No reason. No reason. All right. For whatever reason, it didn't make any business sense. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in charge over there? I have no idea. I think that the uh, CEO is uh, Carl Silva and, uh, and Ray Seppo. Okay. All right. Um, when do you want to get back in there? I'd like to get back in in a couple of months, like as soon as possible, you know? So I'm, I'm always training. I don't like going to training camps, uh, getting in shape or anything like that. I'm a full-time uh, professional fighter. I'm like a monk. <laughs> um, 100% dedicated to this until I retire. Yep. Um, and, uh, so, you know, whenever I get a call, I just, I just train for an opponent, you know, I'm just training for a guy mm-hmm. specifically. And you know, I'm not like trying to like work my body and shape and do all that crap, you know? Thinking, you know, just off the top of my head here, UFC going to Buffalo. Does that make sense to you? Do you like that? Well, I am a New York guy. And like yeah. I said, my management's working on some things, so oh, I, I, would, I would love that, man. I would love that. Buffalo would be nice. Maybe it gets like a Robert Whitaker. And I, again, I, I know no information here. I'm just looking at the rankings. I feel like that would make a lot of sense. Whatever is clever, man. <laughs> oh, man. I have to admit, I, I was... Ex- I, am, I, am, I am the D crusader, man. This is what I do, man. I fight. Until yes. I don't fight no more, you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like people would have been very excited for for the the you know the idea of you versus Jacare in Brooklyn. That would have been very cool. Not to take anything away from Boach, but you know the local guy coming back to the UFC. Stars aligned there. It seemed like for you. Oh, dude, let me tell you something. Stars would have more than aligned that <laughs> night. You know, but um, it's another story. Jacare's a tough dude, man. I don't sleep on nobody in the UFC. Sure, all those guys are killers, man. They're they're they're, they're the elite killers. Yes, they are. Indeed, they are. Yeah. You know, but um, let me tell you something. I'm one of them, and I'm ready. All right. Well, congratulations on the release. I suppose wherever I go, wherever it's going to be, I'm I'm definitely going to be one of the main killers there for sure. Um. So when do you think you you think we'll find out soon where where you're headed? This week, for sure. This week. And then, will you then tell us what happened? I mean, because I have to admit, I, I was kind of expecting you to tell us what happened after the tweets. I mean, those were some big-time tweets. I mean, we can definitely revisit and talk again, you know. But um, this week, for sure, definitely look at it's going to be some big news with my with where I'm going All right. and what organization I'm going to be going with. Okay. Well, uh, congrats on, you know, again, getting back on track in World Series of Fighting, winning the two titles. And uh, looking forward to seeing where you're where you're headed next, and and good luck, you know, getting that deal that you want. Thank you so much, Ariel, and thank you for letting me retire, not retire, relinquish my belts on your show. Okay, thank you so much. It is an honor. How many for times us. has that happened, Ariel? How many times? Well, I don't know. I mean, it sounded like you said. <laughs> did it really happen, though, David? I mean, let's be real here. It you happened. S- it happened. <laughs> you <laughs> had the- a two-division champion relinquish two belts on your show. That's big. But you did tweet on Saturday that you're a free agent, so I feel like it kind of happened already. Yeah, but I'm not... You know what I'm saying? I feel like I was robbed at the moment. 
kind of, kind of true, kind of true. Okay, you got it. <laughs> All right. So before you go pat yourself on the back, let's break some news. When you're saying you're going to break some news. <laughs> All right. All right, Ariel. All right. Much love, David. All the best to you. You got it. Thanks a lot. There he is, David Branch. No longer with World Series of Fighting. Uh, he relinquished his titles on Saturday. Uh, I'd love to take the honor, but I don't know if I could take that honor. Just being real. Sounds like he's going to the UFC, and that makes a lot of sense. They did reach out to him to fight in Brooklyn, and uh, he's a Brooklyn guy, so unfortunately that didn't happen, but it does make a lot of sense. Okay, enough of that. Very excited. Alberto Del Rio is here. Alberto El Patron, the president of Combate Americas. He's in studio. No more wasting time, so let's get him in here, and uh, let's talk about Combate and all kinds of stuff going on in his life, and we're going to take a quick break. We're going to have to reconfigure the studio just a touch. So while we do that, let's go to the last time we had a professional wrestler in studio here. His name, Stone Cold Steve Austin. As we celebrate our last day in this studio, one of my most favorite interviews, Stone Cold in studio here back in 2014. And we'll take a look at that. Y'all must have forgot. And then we'll be back with the man himself, El Presidente of Combate Americas in just a matter of moments right here on the MMA Hour. I am so excited. I said at the top of the show, I, I get excited for all our shows. I get a little pep in my step. I'm, I'm always excited to do this. But this one in particular means a whole lot to me. Back in the day, when I was in the, I think it was 10th grade, I would walk around with a t-shirt with just this man's face on it. Yeah, you could call me a mark. You could call me whatever you want. I was a fan. And I remember I got into an argument with my English teacher in 10th grade. And she walked into the teacher's room, their little conference room. And I swung the door open. And it almost hit her. No joke. And I said to her, and I yelled in front of all the teachers, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. And I almost got suspended from school. It's true. It really did happen. Now he's joining me in studio, the one and only. Am I a Mark? No, you're not a Mark. You're a wrestling fan, just like I'm an MMA fan. He's Stone Cold Steve Austin, by the way. Uh, This was like 1998, 99. I swear the teacher said to the principal, she said, I was fearful for my life. He yelled something at me. He He swung the door open. And, he, and I yelled, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. So whatever became of this? The, 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 the principal liked me, and he said, I understand. Take it easy. Take a breath. Just please don't do that again. But they didn't make you go home because the shirt was offensive? It wasn't no, no, an no. Austin 316 shirt? No, no, no. Okay. It, it, I had one with your face on it, but I yeah. think it was a knockoff that my parents got me. You know, they Man, make, those bootlegs yeah. used to kill us on the merchandise. <laughs> I know. Vince had to hire a team just to go out and shut down the bootleggers because they were making a, a ton of money just selling bootleg shirts, so we had to shut them down so we could get the money. Was there a point where you actually earned more from the merchandise than your actual contract? Man, the merchandise was a big part of it. But, you know, just being at the shows, I mean, because, right. man, we were sold out every single night of the week, whether it's 18, 20,000-seat arena. It doesn't matter what day of the week it was. But, but yes, merchandising was a very, very large part of that. And, and I should say my parents, I think they were in Aruba of all places, and they came back with this T-shirt. I think it was enough, but I just want to say I wasn't the one who bought it. They yeah. don't know better. Not to say that there's not a, a gigantic uh, wrestling market in Aruba. Yeah. But that was probably a, a, <laughs> was a, a bootleg shirt. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. This is a huge honor for me. But I'm excited to be here, too, because, you know, we've, we've uh, traded yes. texts a little bit and yep. uh, follow each other on Twitter. And uh, no, I look forward to doing your show just because I'm just a, the, the biggest MMA fan in the world. So you're doing the media rounds now. Yeah. Because you have a big, it's a big weekend for us in MMA. Yep. Two events, UFC 175 and the Tough Finale. But Sunday night as well on CMT, the debut of Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge. Right? July right. 6th, 8 July p.m. July 6th, 8 p.m. CMT. Yes. Now, you had a show on CMT before. Yep. Redneck Island. Yep. What's the difference between this one and that one? Man, Redneck Island is, you know, I take a, a bunch of people from the south, uh, split them into two teams, and they go, uh, they compete against each other, and kind of uh, countryfied Olympics. 
the losing team comes to my place and they will vote one of their own off the island. So you lose, you leave the island by voting process. Throughout everything that I've done, you know, whether it's uh, football, baseball, track, I've been a real competitive person. And, you know, competing to try to get to the top of the card in pro wrestling. I like tough, physical, real-deal competition. So, you know, along with doing the show for Redneck Island, you know, was the chance to develop another project. And I said, hey, man, based on my whole background of everything I've done, everything I believe in, and the toughest SOB in WWE, uh, that, you know, it'd be great to have a show where you can uh, really have hardcore competition and bring the best athletes in the nation out to my ranch, the Broken Skull Ranch, was basically the toughest ranch in Texas. Everything out there that grows will cut you, stick you, or hurt you. So I bring each week I bring eight elite athletes to my ranch, three rounds of competition. If you lose, you leave. If you win, you stay around. At the end of the day, there's one person left. The next day, that person will take on my obstacle course, which I helped design, called the Skull Buster. Mm. And you need to, you know, physical strength, stamina, uh, everything but the kitchen sink, and willpower, and a lot of heart and desire to beat my course. So every week on the show, eight new competitors? Eight new competitors each week. And we did 10 episodes, five with the guys, five with the women. Wow. And man, I, t- I tell you, and, you know, I didn't really know what to think when, you know, as far, when the women came out there sure. for our first group, because we did all five men first and then started doing the women. I was like, Holy, you know, the, the women blew me away. Really? Because they're ultra competitive. And they kind of, you know, they kind of, you know, everything but the kitchen sink with those ladies. And they, and they kicked ass just as well. And the kind of people that came out, it was interesting because we had a lot of people from the CrossFit world, mm. uh, Tough Mudder, Spartan Racers, MMA. Really? And pro wrestling. Wow. So we had a bunch of badasses, whether it's male or female. And it was a real good time because I go out there, all I'm doing is setting a table for these people to come out there and do what they've trained their entire life to do. Now, they don't, they don't know exactly what they're doing, but it's going to be very physical. And there is some hand-to-hand combat as well. Anyone that I would know, like an MMA name or a pro wrestling name, anyone famous? No, no, not, not anyone famous, but from, from the, uh, from the uh, Spartan races and from uh, the CrossFit world, absolutely. I don't want to drop her names right now, okay. but absolutely you would have heard of these people. Now, further, I'm just curious, you know, um, women, men, are they using the same course that they have to go, or is it modified for the women? Same exact course, really? except wow. one of the walls is different. Okay. Uh, one of the walls in, it decreases in height just because they're a little bit shorter. But other than that, is it, it is the same exact course. I actually have a friend who competed on the show. He ha- he helped set up this interview. His name is Alex. Yep. Just opened up a new gym. It's actually two blocks from here. I'll, I'll talk about it later. How do you do? I mean, give me a hint. Did, did he did he suck it up or? All I'll say right now because yeah. uh, I'll say Alex is a badass. He's a badass. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I talked to him earlier today. We little did a little gig on Fox and Friends, and I'm gonna see him uh, here in a minute for some uh, entertainment tonight. But uh, no, make no mistake about it. Alex is a verified badass. Now this is at your house. Is it really where you live? No. We, you know, it, you know it, it's it was gonna be at the Broken Skull Ranch okay. in South Texas. But when you come to look at the logistics of actually filming in the middle of nowhere mm. and getting contestants in and out, production people, and most of the people live in L.A. Uh, from a crew standpoint, you know, we had uh, to take the ranch and move the location about 60 miles outside of Los Angeles. So it kind of replicates the exact, the exact broken skull ranch. It, but it's, uh, it's the spirit of the ranch. Everything okay. out there is tough, including myself. <laughs> um, where's home for you? Because I listened MMA hour, there I am. Uh, being joined in studio, how exciting is this? By El Presidente himself, Alberto <laughs> Rodriguez, Alberto El Patron, Patron, Alberto Del Rio. How many names do you have? Dos oh, Caras Jr. Dos Caras Jr., Presidente, Patron, El Chingon. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> Rodriguez, uh, the, the, the only one. The only one. <laughs> no, but really, like on your Wikipedia page, there's like 25 names that you've had throughout well, your life. Well, it was just Dos Caras Jr. That's the, the first name I had in pro wrestling. And yeah. then it was Alberto Del Rio when I left the company the first time. 
yeah, I changed it to El Patron and uh, now working for Combate Americas, I yes. changed it to El Presidente, the president. Of I course. The president. We have a lot to discuss. So <laughs> yes. now it was in October, I think they announced that you're the president of Combate Americas, this up and coming company. We've had Campbell McLaren on the show before to talk about it. But being president, I mean, what does that really mean? What, 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 are, what are your like your day to day jobs as far as the MMA promotion is concerned? Well, I do. I do uh, a lot of things. Uh, I, I'm still I'm still doing uh, some pro wrestling show, some some pro wrestling shows, but I'm, I'm, my main focus is Combate Americas. It's totally different than what I what I did before. Uh, so as many people know, uh, I was a competitor, I was a fighter, I was an amateur wrestler, uh, an MMA fighter as well. So that's the, that's the main reason why Campbell McLaren invited me to be part of Combate Americas, to be close to the fighters, to, because um, with me being a competitor, I know how they feel, what they feel, uh, all the things you have to go through when you are in this amazing sport. So you're going kind of from being a competitor to more of like the boss, right? The Vince McMahon, the, the Dana White, so to speak, the, yeah, the president uh, of the company. More, more, um, not, not like Vince, but more like Dana. Okay. It, it will be like promoter. The, the same stuff. Sure. Finding talent, finding places to take the sport and uh, uh, um, make these fighters from uh, being amazing athletes to be superstars and sell tickets, sell pay-per-views and uh, make a name for themselves. Do you enjoy that role? Like, Because no. you're still a young guy, right? You still want to be active. Uh, well, I'm still active. I'm still, I'm, I'm still doing pro wrestling shows around the world. I'm actually going to England in, um, in three, four, five days, right? right? Well, <laughs> something like that. In something like that. But, uh, but no, when it comes to MMA, when it comes to fighting, I'm completely done. Yeah. I mean, those days are gone. I think my last fight was like 10 years ago. I don't even remember. 2010. What, 2010. Seven years ago. Go, seven years ago. Not that long ago. <laughs> yeah, well, but it feels like it was uh, longer than that. But, uh, but I'm completely done competing in, uh, in the cage, in La Jaula, or in, uh, in the ring. What was that second word? La jaula, the cage. Oh, the cage. That's, that's the Spanish word. Yeah, for the cage. Spanish words for cage. Yes. Knowing Campbell like I do, I feel like he maybe offered you a fight. Like said, would you be interested? I mean, you fighting for combate would be a big deal, right? Well, that's that's actually the way we started our uh, huh. friendship. He wanted me to fight for combate. Uh, for combate, he offered me an amazing contract. The contract was fantastic. I wanted to do it, wow. but but I didn't know if I if I was uh, still. Uh, if I still had that fire, that passion, that, uh, that that hunger for fighting, so I went back to the gym for like two, two, three weeks, and I just remember myself doing sparring in uh, James Lake's uh, boxing gym in San Antonio. Um, and just after the third, fourth round, I took my gloves, my gloves off, and I was like, "No mass," like like Roberto de Piedra Duran, yeah, yeah. and I said, "No mass. This is not for me. I'm not hungry anymore." Okay. And I call, I immediately called Cam and I said, "Amigo, thank you, but I just I can't do it." And then he was like, "Okay, if I find something uh, different, better for you, I will I will call you in the future." And he did wow. to offer me this amazing position as the president of the company, and it, that's something that I really love, and um, I'm I'm really passionate about what what I'm doing right now. Didn't Glory also reach out to you as well about fighting for them? Yeah, Glory, uh, Bellator, uh, yeah. different different Everyone. organizations. Yes. Did you seriously, you know, consider any of those offers? Not not Bellator or Glory, but uh, Campbell's offer was uh, really interesting. The money was uh, it was the right money, and especially he was going to do it in a way that uh, I, I was I would feel comfortable going okay. back into the cage. And uh, and also because you know Combate we have um, we have a lot of Latino fighters like like it, our our main flavor in the company is Latino but I um, mean we, we we get fighters and we're open to get fighters from all over the world as long as they fight like 
like Mexicans, right? <laughs> like right. That that very aggressive style, right, aggressive style, always bringing the fight, yeah. uh, trading punches, making, giving the audience what they want to see, something spectacular, uh, and, and we want them to go home happy. I know you travel a lot. You're always very busy. You're all over the world. But when you have, let's say, a night, if you can choose, sit down, watch pro wrestling, the best of pro wrestling, WWE, or watch an MMA event. What do you prefer? What do you enjoy uh, watching more? I, I don't watch pro wrestling at all. At all? It's completely banned from my house. A lot of people don't believe this, but when my friends go to my house, they're always like, oh, it's Monday, it's Tuesday, let's watch wrestling, and my and you you will see my sisters doing this. <laughs> don't bring it up. Oh, no, 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 because we, we, we don't. I mean, I, I when I was working for WWE, I was doing 220, 230 uh, shows per year. Mm. So I was, I was living on the road the whole time, so the last thing I wanted to see going home was pro wrestling. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, everybody knows I'm a big fan of MMA. So, like, I, I always go and watch any any organization, UFC, uh, whatever, whatever it was, Bellator. Of yeah. course, Combate now working, working now for Combates. It's like like my main focus. So, would you say that you kind of have like a sour taste in your mouth? towards the business, towards WWE, that's why you want nothing to do with it? No, no, not at all. It's just because I've been doing this for so long. Yeah. I, I grew up in the business. I sure. pretty much grew up in the locker room. My grandfather was a wrestler, my dad, my uncles. I've been in the business my entire life. So if you don't separate that world, the pro wrestling world from your personal life, you will be miserable in your personal life. That's that's why most of the wrestlers, they they, they, they don't have a family. They don't have a, a, a they don't have a home. They, they Because for them, the pro wrestling business is everything. Thing. And I and I'm pretty good on separating that world, that fantasy world. Or yeah, like yeah. My, one of my idols said one time, read the Hitman Heart. Oh, me too. My cartoon, favorite. The cartoon world of pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. Uh, I, I I'm really good at separating that from my family. When I go home, I go home to to be a. a, a uh, a father to take care of my kids to take care of my fiance that, mm -hmm. that's what I do when I'm not in the ring the man Brett the Hitman Hart I was there in Montreal 1997 the screw job oh wow I was oh, in wow. the arena awesome. Montreal screw job Vince McMahon Shawn Michaels amazing but I don't watch it anymore either yeah, I used yeah. to be a fan but it doesn't interest me now because MMA has that unpredictable factor yes. right it, it just feels too fake it feels too scripted it, you, fe you feel like you can see what's happening a mile away in pro wrestling yes I, I think you can get some elements from pro wrestling sure pro wrestling that you can bring into MMA to make these fighters better yes not I mean they they like us in combates we have in combate we have amazing fighters amazing athletes but but we want them to be superstars and that's the, the pro wrestling element that you can plant in their head in their heads to make them uh, superstars to sell tickets to sell pay-per-views because at the end of the day we all love MMA we all love the sport but this is we're in the money business and if you don't bring money to the table you're not unfortunately you're not good for the business right. as you know you know some fighters don't want to admit this but selling yourself is part of the game as well and fighting too right oh, definitely. you need to talk on the mic you need to you need to get people emotionally invested you were great at this in WWE you've been great at this your whole career do you talk to some of the guys like you may see a guy you know he's a little rough around the edges yes. you don't want it to be fake you don't want it to be inauthentic but you try to coach them a little bit yes of course that's, okay. that's also another reason why my friend and boss Campbell McLaren invited me to be part of Combate because I can I can teach those kids to sell themselves to to 
create a, a different personality or a personality that the audience will remember. Yeah. If the if the if you're seated there watching the watching the show, there's the show or the fights. There's something that you're gonna remember that night. Hmm. The way the guy walked, the way, the way the guy talked. We have the best example will be Conor McGregor. Yes. You know you you can see the Conor McGregor. He he he's uh, when he's out there, he's the bad guy. He's he loves he loves being that asshole in the cage because that's what the the people want to see. Yeah. And you go and watch, and you go and buy the pay per views. You go and watch and and pay for a ticket uh, to watch him win or to watch him lose. You mm-hmm. you either love him or love to hate him. That is true. Um, speaking of Connor, when he said some things about the WWE wrestlers, it was around like August or so. He called them a bunch of you yeah, know. Yeah. Was, they all get so upset, and I I said this on Twitter, and then I had all these people go after me that the wrestling community and the wrestlers themselves they must be the most. Uh, sensitive bunch of people that have, like you say anything about pro wrestling anything at all you question them they get so upset is this an act is this part of the gimmick or is this them really defending the sport how dare you Conor McGregor say anything about us what's the mentality like in well, the locker room well, we know it's, it's, everything is entertaining yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we know Conor McGregor is just playing that that character okay. that bad boy that is making him who he is right now uh when uh, i'm a really nice guy but when i was on tv i was a complete asshole yeah, yeah. i was the i was the bad guy all the time and i was loving it i remember them trying to make me a baby face as we call him in, uh, yeah. in the business a good guy and i hated it i hated it because that's that's not me in the ring but yeah, outside yeah. the business i'm a total different person and I, we know conor mcgregor is doing the same when he when he was fighting diaz he was completely serious completely focused not joking no joking around because Nate Diaz is a dangerous opponent and he kicked his ass yeah, one yeah, time, yeah. right? But uh, but when he knows that he can bring that personality, that crazy personality, the badass personality to, to the fight, he does it because mm-hmm. that's what sells tickets. Okay. And when it comes to pro wrestling, yeah, there was some people being upset uh, with, uh, what, with uh, what Conor McGregor said, but we, the, the, the real badasses in the <laughs> pro wrestling business, we don't care. We, okay. we, we know it's just entertaining and he's just saying that to, to create more, more drama to, to create chaos and having people tweeting about it and talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. Okay. Um, so going back to the combative fighters, are there any in particular, because, you know, l- l- let's be honest, they're a younger promotion. They don't get as much attention media-wise as UFC and Bellator. Are there a couple of guys right now that you say, okay, these guys I'm really excited about. They are going to be household names. They are superstars in the making. Any that come to mind that people should know about? Oh, yeah, we have, I mean, we have, we already have our superstars. We have, uh, like, Gustavo Lopez is one of my favorite yep, yep. ones. Like, I, I, I can, I, like, I like his personality. So he's an amazing, not an amazing fighter. So he is someone that I can work with him and, okay. and help him develop that personality that will sell tickets and will sell uh, pay-per-views. Uh, um, John Castaneda, uh, Kira Batara, mm. Froggy. Um, we have we, we already have a lot of stars that are doing a, an amazing job, and uh, those are the guys that are going to help us to take combat to the next level. We're doing an amazing job already. We know it's going to be really difficult to uh, to beat UFC in the in the United States, but we're di- we're doing a really good job in Latin America, especially in Mexico. In Mexico, we already we already did it. We already uh, been in UFC down there. We have more than three million viewers per week, so we're doing fantastic. And and you're outdrawing the UFC right now. 
we, we, in Mexico. In Mexico, yes. Really? I mean, we, have, we, have, we have over 3 million viewers every single week in our weekly program. Wow. Uh, with, uh, with our TV uh, partner down there. And uh, of course, in the United States and the rest of the world, it's going to be different. But, but we, 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 get the, we have the opportunity to be with UFC Fight Pass all over the world. So yeah. everybody um, wanting to watch Combate Americas, they will be able to do it through UFC Fight Pass. But I saw uh, an interview that you did with MMA Junkie, and you said by the end of 2017, yes. not, you weren't just talking Mexico. You were saying, we're going to be bigger than the UFC, period. Uh, no, I said we're gonna be bigger than UFC in Mexico. In Mexico, okay. In Mexico. All right, no, all right. No, no. I, I missed that part. It's, it's like like you having a pro wrestling company and saying that you're gonna be bigger than WWE. I mean, it's not impossible. Yeah. I mean, it sounds impossible, but I mean, you can do it. And we know UFC is is UFC. Mm. It's gonna be really difficult to uh, to be at that level, but we're gonna we're gonna keep trying. Right, right. But what I said was uh, by the end of 2017, we're gonna uh, we're gonna beat UFC in Mexico, and wow. we, and we already did it. You already did it. Months. Yes, in Mexico, in my country. Wow. <laughs> Don't get that wrong. And, and, and so, like, pro wrestling, lucha libre, and, and boxing, boxeo, right? You like that? Yes, boxeo. The, the, yeah. There you go. It's in the blood, right? It's in the DNA <coughs> for, for Mexican combat fans. How do you get MMA to be in that conversation as well? Because right now in Mexico, I would imagine, it's still not at that level. Lucha Libre is a part of the, you know, the fabric. I went actually, when I was there for UFC 180, I went to a Friday night show. I think it was CMLL. Unbelievable show. I mean, there's like old ladies in the crowd. They love it. How do you get MMA and Combate Americas on that level as well? Well, um, um, that was that was perfect um, about uh, boxing. Yes, boxing is for for Mexicans, for Latins, it's the number one uh, combat sport for yeah. all of us. But but uh, but we we are we are getting there when it comes to MMA. There's a lot of interest from from all the people in Latin America. We have a lot of talent. Okay, we already had uh, tryouts in Mexico City and other places in Latin America. Um, everybody's talking about about what we're doing with combates with combate because uh, again. This company, yes, our main flavor is uh, Latino because we want we want that action. We want when you have two fighters, two two Latin fighters inside the cage, you know something great is going to happen. <laughs> they bring the fight every single time. They they they, they just do it because right. it's in our blood. We're fighters. It's that, that that's that's something amazing from MMA because we at the end of the day we all we all aiming for the same goal. Uh, Entertain the crowd. Yeah. Uh, make money for the fighters, for us, uh, to have everybody happy. We have a lot of things in common. We all love to fight. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's Mexico or any other country around the world. Mexico, United States. We all love fighting. We all love Mexican food. We all love beautiful Mexican women. <laughs> and... Uh, and, and and we all like we all love MMA. Mm. Uh, your father is a legendary <laughs> Dos Caras. Why are you laughing over there? Because she's, Cause, she's about yes. to hit me with a chair. Because your fiance is a Mexican woman, right? <laughs> she is not. She's not. <laughs> He's choking she, over there. But she's a fighter. <laughs> she is a fighter. A WWE star, right, Paige? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, but you mentioned no WWE in the house. How do you do that? Because she's still part of the roster. Is that is that a bit awkward? Uh, not really, because we don't we don't really talk about pro wrestling. We talk about about our. But you're, you're a legend. Yeah, I mean, you've done it all. In the sport you don't she doesn't ask you she's younger than you in the sport so yes. she doesn't ask for your advice about certain things yeah all the time i'm, I'm always telling her that uh, i'm 100 percent sure that she will be the most successful uh female wrestler of all time okay she has all the talent she's a third generation wrestler just just like myself yeah her her grandfather dad mom sisters nephews everybody is the, the family business that's that i think that's what brought us together mm-hmm. um 
uh, I, this is gonna this is this is something really funny. I always promised uh, myself that I was never going to date uh, a female wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at look you where broke I your rule. Right <laughs> you broke your rule. <laughs> yes, but I'm happy. I'm mean, I'm really happy and I'm having a lot of fun. When's the wedding? Uh, well, uh, we're thinking May probably, okay. but of course uh, it, that depends on uh, my calendar with. My Everything over there. <laughs> what about her calendar as well? She's got a busy calendar well, too, right? Well, she's she's hurt at the moment. Okay. she had neck surgery three months ago. She's doing physical therapy at the moment. Uh, we don't know when she's coming back. Probably, probably April, May, or June. We don't know that, but yeah, we, we're working on the dates. Will you try to get her to come over to MMA? Of course, of course. I had, actually the other day she was with me uh, at the jujitsu gym. Oh wow! And I was teaching her a lot of stuff. That's what, I mean. I'm not to create any drama or to stir the pot but yes. I would love to have her in oh, my wow. organization fighting for me baby I'll take care of you I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a good contract yeah, I promise right. you <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they would love that I'm pretty sure somebody over there in Stanford is pretty mad about what I just said yes. but hey I have the power I have the money <laughs> that is true but but it, it's not an issue at all just from a relationship standpoint that she's still in that world that you left no because um, um, I'm always going to be grateful to WWE at the end of uh, at the end of my days with that company, things weren't uh, weren't good. Yeah, I wasn't happy, and that's the reason I left. Because I left the place. Because uh, at this stage of my life, I, I'm I'm gonna do uh, only things that are gonna make me happy. Sure. And I was not happy in happy in that place, so I decided to leave. She's still working for that place, but but I don't care. That's the, like you said it. She's young. She still have a lot of a lot of things to give to the business and uh, and I'm not going to say no. I mean, she's she's um capable to right. take her own decisions. <laughs> right. Okay, fair enough. Um your father is the legendary Dos Caras. Your uncle is the legendary Mil Masacras. Mil Mascaras. Mascaras, yes, sorry. Yes. I always mess that one up. That's okay. I mean, no these worries. are I mean, anyone knows who, uh, even if you're not a Lucha Libre fan, you know who these people are. How do they feel about you getting involved in MMA? Is there a rivalry there between Lucha Libre and MMA, or do they like it? No, ne never. No, no, no. That's not. That's something that never happened in my family because okay. I, I have always been a competitor. I started um, amateur wrestling when I was eight years old, so mm -hmm. I've been competing in, in my entire life. And uh, and of course, uh, of course, it's a different world, but. But uh, when it comes to contracts, promoters, the way you you develop your career, it's pretty much the same. That's just the only difference is uh, MMA is is a hundred percent contact, and yeah. um, pro wrestling we're we're taking care of each other. Of course, we get hurt. Yeah. I mean, the, the the injuries, the the risks are completely real, but there's not a hundred percent contact. Yeah, it's funny because when I said that you were going to be on the show, I had some people who were like, "Oh, why is Alberto Del Rio going to be on an MMA show?" But they don't know you were going to be at the two Sydney Olympics, right? Yes. In wrestling. Yeah. And then you you saw no money, I'm out of here. Like the, the Mexican wrestling team had nothing to invest in you guys, so you went and turned pro. Is that true? Yeah, it was back in the day when uh, the government was only investing money in track and field and, huh. uh, and probably um, diving and, and like two other sports, but they were not interested in investing money in wrestling. And uh, and in order to qualify for those uh, for that for those Olympic games, you needed to go to ten different Grand Prix, and they were only gonna take us to one of them. So it was it was going to be impossible for us to qualify. And of course, I, I got I got really sad and depressed, and that's when my dad was like, "Okay, you have given everything to amateur wrestling. I think it's time for you to jump to pro wrestling and start making money." 
Does it bother you? Like, do you wish that you had that Olympic experience? Yes, yes, because uh, I mean, um, I, I live in the United States. My 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 kids, they were born here in uh, in America, and and I I, I I see all the opportunities that they're gonna have if they are great athletes in the future. Yeah. My son, my oldest son, Joseph, he's an amazing athlete. He's doing everything. He's always uh, jumping from boxing to baseball, wow. uh, gymnastics. How old? He's always uh, six. He's gonna be seven years uh, wow. seven years old in in two months. He's an amazing athlete, and I know he's going to be somebody in the future uh, in, in sports. I don't know which sports, but which sport. You're okay with him being to... a fighter? Um, yes, if that's what he wants, okay. yes, why not? But um, um, being in this country, I know he's going to have all the opportunities. If, let's say, he becomes an amateur wrestler, yeah. I know the government, the, uh, uh, his university will support him to the end, and he's going to be successful. Yeah. I didn't have that opportunity, not because of me, because the talent was there. I was I was the best fighter, of the best uh, wrestler in the team, but there was just no money. They didn't want to support me. And, of course, uh, every time I, th I think about it, it makes me sad. Yeah. So do you think – okay, so then you go – you, you you say I'm done with this dream. Do you go straight to MMA then, or do you go to pro wrestling? No, I did pro. I, I went to pro wrestling. I was doing uh, some shows in Mexico and Japan, and, and that's when after who introduces I, you to MMA? It was uh, it was uh, my my former manager in Japan. He called me and he was, hey man, do you there's uh, there's this promoter wanting to uh, have you in a fight in a completely real fight, balitudo, how, yeah, yeah, how yeah. they used to call it in Japan. And I said, okay, so who they want me to fight? Can go Watanabe the Japanese yeah. champion and he was like uh, we're gonna give you $20,000 and back then back Big then deal. I was back then I was doing like in dollars probably like $80 per match wow it was, it was like uh, I was doing probably I don't know a thousand the, the beginning of my career I was doing like a thousand dollars per month wow. so when, when this promoter came and said hey I'm gonna give you $20,000 for one night I was like Tell me where I sign, and but of course because I because I'm an athlete, I immediately went back to the gym, to the amateur wrestling gym. I found a boxing coach, and I I I, I got myself ready for that fight. And well, but you weren't planning on doing it. If they don't come to you with this offer, you don't go down that road. Uh, if they if they, if they yeah. didn't come, no, this wasn't was, a goal. You were just going to be a pro wrestler. No, I was going to be just a pro wrestler, and then uh, these guys uh, contact me, and I and I'm a, I'm a hundred percent sure that all that uh, all the promoter, the Japanese promoter, wanted was to use me as white meat, just to go there and get killed. And your name, right? And my name, yeah, yeah because yeah. they wanted they, they were pushing the the Japanese champion. The, he would they were building the Japanese champion. Yeah. Uh, thank God for me, I ended up kicking his ass and breaking his arm, and, and from there, from there, uh, my my life changed because because of that victory, all the important organizations started calling me and right. paying me money to fight to do pro wrestling shows, and um, and when Mexico wanted me back, I was like, okay, you know, the situation changes. I need more money. <laughs> yeah, you're it's, no more, it's no more eighty dollars per match. That's right. Now, why didn't you stick to MMA? Like, why did you go back and forth to pro wrestling? Did you enjoy still at the end of the day pro wrestling? more well pro, pro wrestling has always been the love of my life okay um, I, I became a pro wrestler because i was always um, watching my dad on tv or in the ring my dad or my uncles so my my love has always been pro wrestling i was doing mma because again i'm a competitor i'm an athlete but uh but i was mostly doing it because of the money the money okay. was fantastic and back in the day the money wasn't good for me in pro wrestling then again everything changed after that victory in japan okay. And it's one thing to fight, you know, kind of like these guys that they're building up. It's another to fight Mirko Krokop. 
It's another to fight in Pride. Yes. Main event, Pride Bushido won October 2003. You're fighting Mirko Krokop. Did you know who Mirko Krokop was? No, you of heard course. of him? Of course. No, no, totally, totally. Actually, when they offered me the fight, uh, um, back then he was, my trainer was Marco Huas. Yes. I don't know where Marco is, but if you're <laughs> hearing this, hi, Marco. <laughs> you don't have a relationship give, with give him. Give me a call. Yes. No, not anymore. Because okay. I, I, I uh, retired from MMA. And right. I, I fucked those in my in my pro wrestling career but hey Marco if you're there give me a call yes you can. give him a call um, um, Marco was like hey you can do it you're fantastic I had um, um, my last fight my, my the fight before my fight before going into that Mirko fight was against Brad Collar and I, I, I completely destroyed him in, in like in less than two minutes so after that victory Marco was like hey you're, you're, your cardio is amazing you're, you're, you're there you're there why not you have nothing to lose if you go there that's, that's when Mirko was the man yes. he was killing everybody in Pride in Japan and all over the world so Marco was like you have nothing to lose if you go there and shock the, and shock the world you're all set yeah. and if you lose it's nothing will right. happen you will continue with your career and in, unfortunately that's exactly how it happened um, I wasn't I wasn't ready for Mirko that night he was too fast for me I, I never saw I, I, I people is always asking me about that kick and I'm like I didn't see it coming yeah. when I saw it it was up here uh, yeah, I could barely block it and and he ended up knocking me out. I wasn't ready that night for him. The amazing thing is, is that you're wearing the Lucha Libre mask, right? The yeah. Luchador mask. Um, did that hamper anything for you? I mean, is it hard to, to see? It's not a typical thing for an MMA fighter. Do you regret wearing that? Or was that part of the gimmick well, you had it, to wear? It? Well, back in the day, like in Mexico, the, 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 the Lucha Libre tradition is always to wear a mask. Yes. That's part of our culture and uh, all about identity and uh, the mysticism of who you are and your your right. real identity. I love it. So back then I was like really into that, believing in that. Okay. And I wanted to protect that, uh, that legacy and that identity. And of course, the Japanese, you know how the Japanese fans and the Japanese promoters are, they were loving it. Yeah. So they were like, no, please wear the mask, wear the mask. Okay. Yes, it was really difficult for me to see everything while I was wearing it, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. Okay. Uh, that night with Mirko, I wasn't ready because I wore the mask for uh, several other fights and, and I ended up no winning problem. in all of that fights with no problem. So that night, it, what it was is uh, Mirko was too, too fast for me that night. There, there's an amazing, like when you watch the fight, when's the last time you watched it? Uh, I, I think I watched it only uh, right after the fight. Oh, and, I, and that's I it? it again. Yeah, yeah. Wow. There, there's nothing to watch. <laughs> but it's amazing because he looks so young and he, he yeah. looks like a killer. You know, yes. he's a very intimidating guy. Oh, he, that's when he was killing everybody. Yeah. Destroying everybody. And when they go to you, is, is it fair to say that you're a little bit afraid? Like you seemed a little bit tense. I, I was not. I was okay. just like I was trying to stick to the plan. You know, what was the plan? Got on my positive side. Tried to stay away okay. from his left leg because that's that's what it, that was his main one. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, he was killing everybody with that left leg, and that was the plan. Just stay away. You're an amazing wrestler. You're ten thousand times better wrestler than him. If you take him down, that was the whole plan. If you if you can take him down, he's done because mm -hmm. you, you're gonna take him down, keep him down, and you're gonna submit. Of course. Uh, Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Yeah, and uh, and again, I wasn't ready for that fight. That 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 for the, for that kick, that kick was so so fast. Yeah, yeah. I never saw it coming. I just remember myself, and that, that's all I remember from that fight. Me thinking, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for for the double leg, and then boom, uh, uh, half a second after the the the, the kick was there, was up here. 
I couldn't stop it. And and no one would blame you if you stopped fighting after that, but you didn't. You no, kept going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it didn't I, deter I, you. I did one more fight because I, I, to me, I was embarrassed because I lost that fight. So I wanted to prove everybody how good I am. And unfortunately, I ended up, uh, um, I turned my LD in that fight in, oh, okay. against Nakamura. Yeah. I was out for, for like, like, I don't know, six, seven months. It okay. took me a while to come back into any sport, pro wrestling or MMA. Yeah. And uh, and once I was ready to fight again, Pride called me and they were offering me a different contract with l less m money than what I had before. And I was like, nah, no, you know no. what? I mean, yes, I like I like uh, fighting, but I'm doing it mostly because of the money. And if you're not going to pay me that money, I'd rather go back to, to pro wrestling oh, because the money you're offering me is the money I can do just doing pro wrestling shows. Right. Yeah. Some have said, I, I've always wanted to, to ask you this. Some have said that that fight was a work. Oh no! I, I, have you I, heard this? I have heard that so many times, and, yeah. and if it was like 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 some of those douchebags who want to protect who they are or or pretend to be tough, I will be saying, "Oh yes, it was a work. They told me to lose that fight. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, it was a legit fight." I, I, one more time, I just I wasn't ready for him. He's, he was too fast, and and Mark and I, uh, when we were training, we were like we were a hundred percent sure that I was going to be able to take him down and yeah. submit him on the ground. But I couldn't. Once I once I, I grabbed Mirko, he was super strong. He I was I was pummeling with him and he did this weird movement and he was out of out wow. of my reach. And then the kick happened. Wow. It was not a work, it was just again, one more time. Any Japanese promoter ever ask you to throw a fight? No, never. No. Never, never happened. No, no, never happened. And, you would think and, one would ask you just because you were a pro wrestler, they wanna, you know, they wanna <laughs> build up their guy, here they are bringing it never happened. Well, well, what, what, the reason why they were bringing pro wrestlers in Japan is because they couldn't stand the fact that pro wrestling was getting more followers, more fans, uh, selling more tickets than them. Okay. So in their in their mind was like, how in the hell this is a sport that is not real because yeah, 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 for yeah. them it's not real. For me, it's real, even though it's scripted and we know who's going to win and who's going to lose, we get hurt. Sure. Uh, for them, it was like, how, how in the hell this is a sport that is not real is selling more tickets than us? So what, this is our strategy. We're going to kill all the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were offering us so much money that we all were saying yes, going there, fighting. And some of us did pretty well. Some others did horrible, right. as, as you know. <laughs> yes. um, for you as a pro wrestler now, what's your, f your, your favorite memory? Like what's your, your, the moment where you were the happiest? Oh, I have so many. The night of my debut in Japan with my dad, next to my dad, my first match as yep. a professional wrestler. Unbelievable. Because I have always uh, said this, um, my my dad has been my role model since I remember. I always wanted to be, when when uh, when I was little and my friends were, when I was playing with my friends, my friends were pretending to be Superman, to be Batman, Robin, and I was always pretending to be those caras. Wow. So I always wanted to be like my dad and that's why I became a pro wrestler. So that moment, uh, uh, wrestling with my dad in Japan and uh, and just performing in, in that country that is, it's so amazing. They're so respectful for wrestlers or fighters, boxers, whatever it is. Yeah, it was amazing. And then, of course, I had uh, I had other incredible moments in my career, uh, wrestling against Bret Hart in yes. Europe, um, winning all those tournaments, Royal Rumble, uh, WWE titles, World Heavyweight titles. Um, how is your dad now? My dad, he's doing fantastic. He's yeah, great. Yeah. He, yeah, he's in Mexico City at the moment. We're actually going there next week for his birthday. Okay. How old is he? 
Uh, he's 67. So, and does he still wrestle at all? Uh, well, he retired, but now he's in the he he's in the set of mind. Oh, oh I'm don't sorry, worry about I'm it. destroying your place. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, he's in the set of mind of oh, I want to do it again. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so, That's why I asked. So he's doing uh, he's doing some wrestling, some pro wrestling shows here and there with other legends. Um, I, I I guess for my dad, it's really difficult to not be in the spotlight. Stop, yeah. Um, I'm completely different than him or my uncle. Uh, I'm going to retire from pro wrestling in two years. And, that's it. And that's it. I'm not going to be... No one ever retires from pro no, wrestling. I, I will. I you will? will? Yes, yes. I mean, I, I, my, dad always, my, my dad always gets mad and says things like, well, how can you say that pro wrestling have given you everything? And, and I'm like, yes, you're completely right, but I have given everything to pro wrestling. Yeah. All my tears, my blood, my sweat, my years, my... I, I, um, the time with my kids was for pro wrestling for many years. Yeah. And I was going back home and my kids didn't even know who I, who, who I am. Right. Because I was never there. I was going home for one day or a day and a half per week. And that's, that's, that's the, actually, you know, that's you the main that? reason why. Yes, yes. And that's, that's the main reason why I decided to, to leave the company WWE the last time. Because uh, my kids were needing me. They were needing daddy and I wanted to be there. How many kids do you have? Three. Three little three, And the, the ages? Seven, seven, four. And uh, Sophie is two, but he's, she's going to be three next month. Okay. Yeah, so they're little babies. They need daddy. And if daddy's not around, they're not going to be uh, what they what I want them to be. Sure. Like. But you say like when you were a kid, you dreamed of being your dad, right? Yes. Does a part of you want to stick around a little longer so that they can watch you be who you are and appreciate <coughs> you? Or do you not want to do that? You, you don't care about that sort of thing. Because the seven-year-old, I'm sure he knows what you do and yes. he appreciates. But when he's 12, 13, 14, he'll maybe view you in a different light. Do you want to, you don't want to do that? You don't want to be around for him like that? Uh, yes. That, that's the only reason why I want to stay. The, uh, why, why I will want to stick a little bit longer okay. because the reason why I was uh, uh, such a good athlete and, uh, and such a great competitor is because I always uh, I was always watching my dad and then he inspired me to be better to be a better fighter to be a better wrestler to be a better person so um, now my, my son Joseph is seven years old and uh, the other day he came to me and he was like hey daddy come here we were doing FaceTime and, uh, and he was like daddy come here I'm going to tell you a secret I was like what's going on uh -huh. but I don't want uh, Raya my fiance to listen I went, okay tell me and he was like yeah, I told my best friend Emiliano that I'm el patron I'm Alberto el patron I'm you daddy oh he made me so proud I was, I was even crying yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> the best feeling yeah so that's the only reason uh, I would probably stay a little bit longer it, it, but I, I don't know I don't know right now right, right now, now two years right now I want to retire in two years of course I'm going to be I, I want to continue doing com this with Combate Americas because we have an amazing project we have something amazing going on we have a, you believe in it I, I totally Totally believe in believe in the project. We have the right people behind it. Mm -hmm. We have the great athletes. We have the right athletes, the right the right fighters. All my fighters, they're they're amazing kids. They have an amazing heart. They they want to be somebody. They're hungry. They're hungry. And they want to get to the top, and that's where I want to take them. As I mentioned before, um, that's what I want to do with those kids. Help them to go from being. Amazing fighters to be superstars. Yeah. Sell tickets, sell pay-per-views, make money for the company, and that will make money for them, and everybody will be happy. Have you noticed a difference? Like, when you got on board, the media in Mexico must be like, wow, Dos Caras, the son of Dos Caras Jr., El Patron, this is a big deal for them because you give them credibility, right? Have you noticed a lot more interest since you game, You know, you came on board with them, you linked up with Combate? Yes, of course. I mean, we, we have a big fan base of just MMA in Latin America or Mexico. 
but but me being in the company helps the other the other uh, fans fans of pro wrestling uh, to come and watch the product. Yeah. So uh, we all working together to make this something good. Okay. And uh, and and that, I think that's the reason we have in. Uh, um, so many viewers every single week and everybody's talking about the sport, about combate in general, in Latin America, Mexico, and also here in the United States, because I just, I, I wanna remind this to everybody. Combate is not just for Latinos, it's not just for Mexicans, it's for everybody. We, yeah. want, we want the American audience to enjoy combates because I always say this, it's like, like, like the, pro res, the, pro, the pro wrestling business. You might not like pro wrestling, but if you ever go to a pro wrestling show, yeah. you, will, you will fall in love with the, yeah. with the product afterward. Yeah. It's the same with combates. You probably have no clue about what combate is and what we have to offer, but just watch it. Watch it one night and you will fall in love because the, our fighters, our fights are amazing. Are you only interested in, in Latino fighters or will you have non-Latino fighters as well? No, we have non-Latino oh. fighters in the, in the organization. We have fighters from all over the world. And again, we're doing tryouts everywhere we go to get more fighters. Uh, <coughs> yeah, our main flavor is Latino fighters, but we're open to have any fighters from any part of the world with the talent to come and, and fight for, for the company. As long as they fight like Mexicans sure, they go sure. out there and they That's kill each other and they put a good show for the audience, they're more than welcome to come to Combat the Americas. Your friend CM Punk had his UFC fight. He yeah. says he still wants to fight. What's your advice to him? Do it. Do, do it. it. I mean, uh, for um, I, I, I just remember that night we were watching, my fiance and I were watching, and we were just, just like uh, so happy for him because mm. uh, all, the, all those um, haters, yeah, uh, yeah. ignorant people that have no clue what it, how it feels and how it is when, when you take that step of changing from one sport to the other and have the balls yeah. to jump in that cage and fight and go toe-to-toe -to -toe against, uh, go toe -to -toe against another fighter, it's not easy. Yeah. He, he took a bet in his future, in his career, and he, was not, uh, he, he decided to do it uh, in, the, in the major leagues of MMA. Mm. He went straight to UFC. It didn't work for him. A lot of people was criticizing what he did that night in the cage, but to me, he did a good job. It was his first fight. It was yeah, not an yeah. easy task. Right. So what, that's what you do. If you're a champion, if you're a real competitor, that's what you do. You go, you go out there, you try, and if you, if you fail, you get up and try it again. You that's, talk to him after? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, immediately, right after. And, uh, and that's what you do. I mean, and that's what you do in life, in sports. If you fail, you get up and, and keep trying. Right. If, if you stay in the ground, you're not going anywhere. So if he says, I want to, you know, I, I want to keep going, you're, you're down with that. You say, go for it. Completely. And, and, and as a matter of fact, Phil, if you want to come and join Combate America, oh, yeah. you're more than welcome to come. There we us. go. We got an offer here. <laughs> yes. I like that. And we got the money, amigos. So just give me a call. And he doesn't have to be Latino. <laughs> no, no. Again, again. That's um, right. One more time. This product is for everybody. That's right. I think there was a misconception at first yes. that it was just Latino. So now you're here to say. I, I think it's just because the name, the name is in yeah, Spanish, yeah, yeah. Combate Americas. But we don't, we don't want just Latin America. We want America. Yeah. The whole continent. It's not just for Latinos. It's for anybody in this continent. So it's great. Uh, we want all the American audience, all the American MMA fans to to try Combat the Americas for one night. That's right. uh, that's what I'm asking you today. Do it, and I <laughs> promise you, you will fall in love with our product. And they have an opportunity on February 16th. Good segue here. Yes. You're a good president. Uh huh. Yeah. Combate yeah. 11. 
the 11th event. It's happening at the Burbank Event Center in Burbank, California, again on Thursday, February 16th. And it's live on Azteca America. Azteca America Thursday, yeah. In uh, the U.S., 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Mm -hmm. Live on ESPN Latin America in South and Central America at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. Tape delayed the following night on TV Azteca in Mexico. Yes. And UFC Fight Pass will stream an English language feed of the entire 10 bout card prelims and main card live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. There it is. There you go, my friend. Couldn't say it yes. <laughs> So that's February 16th. Not this Thursday, the following Thursday. Yes. And you like yes. Thursday as a night? Because that's not your typical fight night. Yeah, that's, that's our fight night. Um, we're, we're, we're happy with it. The networks, the networks are happy with it. The fighters are, are happy with it. So we're going to stick to Thursday nights. I have a soft spot in my heart for Combate. Not only... Michael Framwitz works for them. Love him. Yeah. Always been great. Campbell, love him. Great guy. But there was a guy, I don't know if you know, if you, if you know this, but uh, a friend of mine who recently passed away, his name was Adam Geller, Snacks uh, Geller. Yes, yes. The last thing he ever sent me was a picture, I have it on my phone, I swear, of you, him, and your fiance yes. together at an event. In New York. Yeah, yes. I couldn't believe it. I was yes. looking through, and uh, and so like when I think of you, I think of him now. Yes. I don't know if you know this guy. Do you yes, remember him, Snacks? Of course, uh, That was actually the, my, first, uh, my first event as president of the company. He, he, he was a great guy. He was helping us a whole An encyclopedia. Way. Yes, yes. And so uh, it's amazing. The last, he would send me things all the time. He was a good friend of mine. I still can't believe he's, uh, he, he's gone. But that was the last thing that he sent me a picture because he wow. knew that I'm a pro wrestling guy and um, that I would appreciate that. By the way, whatever happened to the guy that you used to hang out with all the time at uh, WWE, the, the announcer guy? With me? Yeah, with what's Ricardo. his name? Uh, Ricardo? His real name is Ricardo, Ricardo. Rodriguez. No, yes. Jesus Rodriguez. Ricardo Rodriguez was the, the working name, the ring name. Yeah, whatever happened to uh, him? He lives in Orlando. He lives, I have a house in Orlando. And he's renting it at the moment. He's there. You're still friends? Yeah. We, sort not, of. Not, we, we're friends, yes. Okay. Not, not, not like we were in the past, because when we were working for WWE, we were together. Like every single day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, 230, 40 days per year. Uh, but now, to be honest, I don't know what uh, what he's up to. Okay, I, he's I not with WWE. He's not with WWE anymore. I, I heard that he's doing some show, pro wrestling shows here and there, nothing big. Okay. But uh, to be honest, I, I don't know. I, okay. I don't really know, but I mean, I wish him well. <laughs> whatever, Are you staying out of trouble? I hear that you're getting stabbed and things like that. What's going on with you? I mean, you're well, such a good looking guy. You can't get in trouble. Look at that face. Uh, well, that's the reason why I get in trouble. <laughs> that's, <all the time. laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, like I was telling to my, my good friend and boss Campbell McLaren that yes. unfortunately in the, the world we live today it's not a, it's not you causing troubles it's people causing troubles to you uh -huh. in order to get something out of you money uh -huh. that, that's, that, that's the name of the game um, yeah sometimes I get uh, I get in, in troubles because I have a, a a short fuse, I have a temper. Yeah. And, uh, and it's as simple as this. It, it has nothing to do with my Latin pride, but if I respect you, I demand the same. Yeah. If I don't disrespect you, you have no reason to disrespect me. And if you do it, uh, you have to be willing to pay the price. Wow. Yeah. Where, where, where did you get stabbed? <laughs> no, this, uh, and, and, and that also to here, and I'm, I'm okay. and, but you know, it's, it was media, internet, blowing everything out of proportion. Okay, okay. It was just, me getting into a street fight, a guy using an object to attack me, and it was just a small cut. Okay, okay, the media okay. made it look like I was in the hospital about to die. And you were causing all kinds of trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But it was nothing like that. I mean, the only ones affected were one was one promoter in Monterey and myself, of course. You were course. supposed to fly out, I right? I was supposed to fly out. But, of course, the only one having... Uh, all the documents and all the information was him because he was the only one affected by this. Okay. Um, what the what the internet people don't understand is that 
my life is my life. And they hate this because most of celebrities or, or known people, they put their life out there mm. for everybody to see. I'm not like that and I will never be like that. My life is my life. And, and they always are saying stuff like, no, you have to tell us. You have to tell us. No, I don't have to tell you, you know crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my life is my life. And if I want to share it with you, I'll do it. The only ones that need to know what's going on with my life is my boss, yeah. <laughs> my fiance, my mom and dad. And that's, that's it. That's it. And you were, you were protecting your fiance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good man. I'm a, that's I'm someone a, I want I'm on my a, team. I'm a fantastic man, my yeah. friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's someone I want. Um, okay, and by the way, retirement match. Do you know who it will be against? Like, what's your dream scenario? <laughs> Uh, well, um, Brett the Hitman Hart is gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, so well, not physically gone. He's that, still with no, us. No, no, but he's, he's not, still, yes. but not from <laughs> not, right. not in the pro wrestling business. Right, right, right. So that one is, is it's a no. That would have um, been. That would have been, been fantastic. That's your favorite yeah. guy. Wow. Yeah, no, no. I have so much respect for him. And I remember Brett the Hitman Hart coming to me my first year in WWE and saying, you're, a, you're, you're, you're the man. You're a fantastic heel. Wow. You should never be a good guy. Yeah. Because you're such a great heel. That I, I don't want to see you as a good guy. Yep, I agree. Uh, oh, thank you so Thank you so much, Brett. <laughs> so I love Brett. He's a fantastic guy. But to be honest, I don't know. Uh, at the moment, I don't know who my last match will be, but... But I'm getting ready for it. What's the dream scenario? Do you have a guy that you would love? Well, uh, it's about to, one of them uh, is about to happen next week in London. I'm going to, they they finally going to do that dream match between Kurt Angle against Alberto Del Rio. Wow. Kurt still wrestles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's, uh, he's on his way out. I think this is going to be one of his last three, four, five matches. Wow. And uh, they finally made it, made it possible. A lot of companies wanted to do it in the past. Nobody, for whatever reason, time or money, nobody, nobody made it happen until now. And that's going to happen next Saturday in, uh, what's the name of the town, baby? Milton, Milton something in, in England. In England. Wow. In England, that's a big yes. deal. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. And congratulations also on Combate again, February 16th. They're going to be bigger by the UFC come 2017 <laughs> around the world. We, all, we, we all, said we, it here. We already did it in Mexico. <laughs> yes. We're going to keep trying everywhere else. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and and you're, you're actively signing guys. Like you, you, yes. you want to get new talent. You're yeah. Big. Yeah. We, we're, uh, we're looking for, for new talent. We're looking for new places to go. We have people from all over Latin. America and places like Korea and in mm. other places. Tijuana in March, right? We're, we're doing Tijuana. Uh, now, now we're like, because uh, one, one of our most important partners, uh, business partners is, uh, is one of the most important TV networks in Mexico. That's why we're going to Mexico uh, a lot. Yeah, so makes much. Sense. Makes sense. But, uh, but that doesn't mean that we're only going to be doing Mexico. We're going to go everywhere. We, we're talking about Colombia, Chile, Peru, oh. even home, even Korea and many other places. Okay. That's Can I ask you this I one last question? Yes, before they go. This has Whatever. been a lot of fun. No, thank wow, you this so has much been for great. having us. You know, it's hard to not ask about this or think about this sort of thing with the political climate right now. Yeah. What, what is the vibe like? I mean, when you have the, the, the president of Mexico saying, I'm not coming, and then you have the president Trump, and I saw you did a video with TMZ one time about it, but are people worried over there? I mean, there was this, did you see this commercial yesterday, the Super Bowl, Lumber 87, about this family, The did you see this thing? Yes. And the, with the wall and everything, I mean, it's unbelievable that this is actually a thing, a serious thing that we're talking about. It's crazy. How are the people feeling over there? Well, now now it has to happen because he promised that to to the American voters, right? Yeah. But um, down there in Mexico, uh, 
people, they, they, they're really concerned about the situation. They don't know what's going to happen. But we have our government and uh, the, the Trump's government working together to find a solution and, and find a find a middle a middle place where everybody's going to be comfortable and happy. And I hope they do it for the for the best interest of the Mexicans and the Americans to have everybody happy. But this is creating a lot of hatred. That's a very political answer there. With the, <laughs> I mean, it's not necessary, right? This is not necessary. This kind of wall, right? It's not. It's not. I mean, this is we, only going to create more problems, no? Exactly. I mean, we we, we Mexicans, we're hardworking people, and we just we just want to work and make a living for our for our and make a living and 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 provide our families. Yeah. Of course, there's there's bad guys out there, but we uh, there's more good guys in Mexico sure, than the sure. bad guys, and it's the same everywhere you go. Uh, China, Japan, United States. There's good people and there's bad people, and that's going to be until the end of our our days. As a Canadian, I'm, I'm a proud Canadian. Canada, U.S., Mexico, all yeah, neighbors. Together. We have to be together. Yeah, we, we have, have to, to be, be together. together. Yeah, we are together. We 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 do a lot of business between countries, and I mean, this is just going to create. Uh, um, animosity between countries, right. but I mean, I'm pretty sure the governments are going to find a solution, and uh, and they they will find peace, so so everybody's happy and comf- co- happy and comfortable with the situations. All right, well said. See, thank you. See, see, see. El Presidente, <laughs> listen to him. Not that C, but the other C. Uh, <laughs> February so 16th, Combate 11, their 11th live event. It's uh, broadcast available in 187 plus million homes. Azteca America. Uh, ESPN Latin America, UFC Fight Pass, TV Azteca in Mexico. Uh, they're doing great things, and I wish you guys nothing but the best. Really, it's so an much. honor to have you come no, visit no, us No, no, no. Thank studio. you for having me here. Thank you for supporting the sport and, uh, and the product. Uh, stay tuned and watch Combate Americas every single week because we're kicking ass out there. There you go. There you go. You heard it from the man himself. Okay, we're going to say goodbye to Alberto. Um, we'll reconfigure the studio one last time. UFC 208 is this weekend in Brooklyn, so let's take a look back at my pre-fight interview with Holly Holm, Prior to her title fight, UFC 193, as we get prepared for her second title fight in a new division, as we say goodbye to the one and only El Presidente, El Patron, Dos Caras Jr., Alberto Del Rio Rodriguez, the man himself. What a pleasure. Thank you very Thank much you, to him. Friend. Thank you. Appreciate and uh, all the best to the team over at Combate Americas. We'll be back. Ariel Hawani in Melbourne, Australia, alongside Holly Holm, who meets Ronda Rousey this Saturday night at UFC 193 for the UFC Women's Bantamweight title. Holly, I want to ask you right off the top, something interesting I feel like has been happening. Anytime someone becomes a megastar, a huge deal like Ronda has become, there's always backlash, right? You become this big, uh, you know, media attention, media sensation. People start to nitpick and things like that. And I've been noticing this sort of shift towards you. You're so different from her. You're quiet, you're calm, you don't get as much attention that people start to root for the underdog. In the days leading up to this fight, have you sensed that happening more from when this fight was first announced? I do, and I feel that the longer that it's kind of gone through the training camp and everything, um, there has been people thinking, you know, don't count Holly out. I think, you know, and, and I think that comes with just a little bit of confidence on my side. You know, I'm not trying to be the you know little dog that's barking because they're really scared and I'm not trying to be you know the overconfident just walking around like I don't know you know like this is just you know I'm too good for this you know because I know what I'm up against I know I'm up against the most dominant female fighter I'm very aware of that Mm. and I know I have my hands full but I know I'm perfectly capable 
It's also a weird thing because when you were outside of the UFC, I feel like a lot of people were barking to see this fight. You could be the one, the striker, all that stuff. And then we get the fight and people complain that you're not ready for the fight. Isn't that strange? It is, but I, I think that's just because they felt like the fight came sooner than anyone thought, and that's fine with me. I like that it's soon. I like that people are still doubting me, and that just knows that just makes me know that it's time to show everybody what I'm capable of, and that's what I want. Uh, I want to rise to the, the occasion. I want to take the challenge and make the most of it. Do you feel like it was a little presumptuous on her part to say, oh, Holly doesn't want this, she doesn't train as much? She's been saying a lot of that stuff. You, you, you wouldn't want the belt, you don't train, you don't want to die. It's like, how does, how does she know what you want? Do you ever think that way? She doesn't know, and I don't think anybody knows what's on somebody else's heart fully. Everybody knows what's in their own heart, knows what's in their own mind, and I'm not one to ever say what somebody else feels or does, what their passions are. Um, so... It doesn't bother me that she feels that way because I know different. You've been in some, you know, big boxing matches before, but nothing equals this, right, as far as the, 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 the grandeur and all that stuff. Oh, this is huge. This is the biggest fight of my career. And, you know, there's been fights along the way that I thought, oh, this is the biggest fight of my career. And they were at the time, but this is definitely the pinnacle. This is it. Um, who's to know what other doors, you know, will be open after this? Um, they're only going to be open doors if I do well. Right. So I'm only focusing on Sunday, and that's it. She's under a microscope. You see how many people are surrounding her, and there's not that many people here, let's yep. be honest. Yep. Do, you, do you long for that? Do you want that? I long for victory. That's it. That's it, and whatever comes with it, I'll deal with it, but I don't, I don't look over there and think, oh, I want the attention. Right. That's not what I want. I want victory. Do you allow yourself to think like people... You're no Buster Douglas, that's for sure, yeah. but... They talk about Buster Douglas forever. He's the guy who beat Tyson, and you have this in every sport. Your life will change forever if you win. Do you think about that sort of thing? I do, but I think that my life will ever be different because on my, in my own heart and my own mind that I gave myself the chance to take this opportunity and know what I'm up against and still take the chance. And for me, that's awesome. That's the... It's exhilarating for me um, for my life I'm going to be happy that I took this opportunity um, it's kind of just to follow with my passion you watch a lot of her fights and notice that you know the women are, are almost bum rushing her at times and that seems to be a very strange game plan you strike me as a kind of person who won't do that have you noticed that they keep making mistakes when they fight her? And are you, are you thinking about how to not make those mistakes in this fight? You know, Ronda's been known to kind of put the pressure on her opponents. And I think that that, in turn, has made her opponents think, well, maybe if I put pressure on her, right. it'll take her out of her game. But they're also running into things. You have to do, if, you're, if that's going to be your game plan, let's be smart about it. Um, so I think that that's maybe kind of a... All right, so there's uh, Holly Holm back in November of 2015, prior to UFC 193. It's kind of amazing to talk to her about, you know, how her life will change, and we know how it all changed. And now here she is about to fight for a second title this weekend. It's in Brooklyn. The UFC is in Brooklyn. This is amazing. Don't have to go on a plane. Uh, truth be told, it doesn't have the same kind of panache that the UFC's debut in uh, Madison Square Garden had um and those those reasons have been well documented i wish and let's bring in new york rick here as we wrap up today's show is Hello. he there there he is do you agree with me that 
having her fight for the belt, and I don't know if you went back and looked at that press conference. Dana White was in uh, Denver a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking. He, like it was very clear that he's not all in on the featherweights, right? The sure. the, the the women's featherweight division. It almost ruins it for me. It like give me give me Holly versus Durandamy. Just give me that redemption fight for Holly. I don't want like making it the title fight almost works against the fight in my opinion. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, but haven't we seen that this is the era of useless No, no, no. I'm not like I'm just saying for myself and I get why they do it to make this title fight in a division that they're clearly not invested in that they have yet to sign a single person for I mean, like they've yet to go out and say, "Oh, this is a you know women's featherweight fighter. We're going to bring her into the fold." Megan Anderson, name name anyone else? Yeah. The fact that they haven't done that, the fact that they are still kind of wishy washy on it, to me, kind of ruins it. Like, what? Ex- just just have them fight in the main event. It's fine. Holly Holmes a star. Durandamy, nice style match. Just have them fight in the main event. It doesn't add anything. It actually works against it, in my opinion. How about that hot take? I th- I mean, I would logically probably agree with you. Um, it makes me less excited for the fight for some reason because there's this fictitious the belt thing? attached to it. Wouldn't you say the same thing about Holloway and Pettis? Well, it means nothing. It means nothing. And so, what can't they fight for number one contendership? I'll tell you what's the difference, right? Holloway and Pettis were fighting for like the number one contender belt. In my mind, that's how I justified it. They were fighting to get the ticket to fight for the belt. What is, what are Holly Holm and Jermaine Durandamy fighting for when there's no division? Yeah, but they're going to fight call, for this belt. And like, they can like just Holly Holm wins this fight. She's going to say, two-weight world champion, right? Yeah. BJ Penn, right? Yeah. Randy Couture, yeah. Conor McGregor, Holly Holm. It's not the same. David Branch. It's not the same. Yeah, uh, it's not the same. <laughs> David Branch, that's a good one. <laughs> it's not the same, but I think it's... Uh, it's not the same. It's it's easily reversed. They just like it just does not matter anymore. Like they they can just yeah. She now she's a two weight world champion. Now there's a featherweight champion. And then if they get you know cold feet about building out the rest of a division, no harm no foul. The belt goes away and that's it. Uh, that is so disappointing. Like uh, go back and look at that press conference. Dana said it all without saying it. That he's still not invested. Like he's almost regretting the decision. Well, I mean, and, and look, I appreciate the honesty. I understand? Like I mean. The cyborg thing screwed them up. The thing destroys it. Yeah. Could you imagine if we were getting cyborg Holly Holm this weekend? It would have been massive. Oh, man. Are you going to the fight? I'm not. You're not even going. New York Rick himself, Mr. Namesake. It's funny you say that because I was actually going to invite you to do the preview show with me, and now you're not going. Still do the preview show. Now you're not going. You blew it. Um, Why aren't you going? It's not big enough for you. You know, there's a problem when New York Rick lives. How far do you live from Barclays? Further than I used to. Yeah, yeah, but still. 40 minutes? That's not that bad. The UFC is in town. Could you have imagined if I told you you want the real answer? Oh, are you busy? It's my wife's birthday. Oh, okay. Well, then. (laughs) You don't think she wants to go? Um, No. How long is your wife's birthday for? I mean, I feel like we've been talking about it for the last three weeks. Yeah. I don't know. Remember how you were like the love doctor? <laughs> yeah, I, I know, know, but like, how long does this like, thing this last? Stuff matters. Let me let me inform you. Let me let me take you. through. I know, but it's like to, to me, it's one day thing. Birthday. You know, one night, one day. Yeah, that's, one morning. That's uh, that's not good. You're just you guys are just kind of newbies to this whole thing. Soon you won't even celebrate birthdays. We've gone to the point where we don't even give each other presents. It's great. 
It sounds so romantic. It sounds wonderful. <laughs> I look forward to that day. Oh, you got to love it. Um, okay. Uh, before we, we'll, we'll end on 208, a couple things. I, I broke the news. Well, I didn't break the news. It's been broken. A lot has happened, by the way, since it was initially reported and today, but we could talk about that at a later date. UFC 211, Stipe Miocic versus Junior Dos Santos 2 for the belt, Dallas, May 13th. Um, like I said, 211. Um, buying or selling you like this i mean for how the you, for the record sell? tremendous first fight yeah. right in phoenix but stipe uh excuse me jds's winning streak you know what it is going into this fight one one he's had two fights since that fight just that, two uh, but if I you're kane velasquez are you annoyed if you're verdum are you annoyed kane velasquez got a one fight winning streak right before he got his second title shot yeah so what, what is he going to get annoyed about? I don't know. This is heavyweights. Okay. There's no rules in this division. All right. F- put Francis uh, Ngannou in there right now. There's no rules here. This is this is the heavyweight uh, division at the moment. So you're in. Of course I'm in. The that fir- first fight was first fight was, was tremendous. Tremendous. Yeah. Let's let's do it again. I can't wait to hear from Stipe. Um, remember he said, you know, they uh, what did he say? They they mistook my my kindness for weakness. Yep. So what happened? We'll find out. Stay tuned. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Knowing Stipe, he'll really open up about <laughs> it, I'm sure. <laughs> um, that was a song. Not yeah, no, I, I, we got it. Okay, so that's that. Uh, Houston, Korean Zombie beats Dennis Bermudez. Are you, are you hot? I mean, I was blown away. What about you? Yeah, blown away. He just looked like he looked like he was in amazing shape. Looked well, a little older. Three and I, a half. I don't want to overblow this now. Okay. Um, he still gets hit significantly too much i think for somebody but that's his thing that's his thing but that's not a good thing to have that's not you don't want to be known for that thing um it's it's the the people who are known for being you know so tough quote unquote and that type of thing having such a great chin it's typically because you get hit more than you should be um i think there's you know there's obviously things that uh that you need to take and improve from that fight um but in terms of coming back after what is it three and a half years and uh beating a, t- a top contender like uh bermudez uh i was i was very very impressed i just think that this people are getting carried away that this is the sign of something to get to that next championship level it's going to be very very difficult we have to reduce you know we have to reduce the damage taken in in, in fights like this you can't just what do you think of him uh, versus cup swanson to play off the whole duho Choi? In South Korea, Cub Swanson, like Duho Choi, no Duho Choi, like that's a great. Fight. But there's a nice little storyline there, right? In South Korea, do it. Um, one thing that I learned from talking to him while emailing with him for my interview, it wasn't like he was, you know, he, he was still active in terms of being at the gym, living at home. Like we hear military service, and you think like he's sleeping in some military base away from his family you know, eating crappy food. It sounds like he just pretty much had three and a half years to get healthy and really train a lot. Yeah. So, so I mean, there was kind of this, mis- I, I didn't know this either. I mean, I don't know what mandatory military service in South Korea is like. Um, it's like, I'm not, so we, we keep harping on the three and a half years, which is, you know, time is time. And it was cool to see him reach out to Dominic Cruz and tell him about, you know, what his words about ring rust meant to him. But it's not like he was out doing something else. He was still able to train. It's two important things. to note. Two things. Yes. yes. That is important to note because that is not what we would picture and that's not what I would picture yeah. when we're talking about it. But on the opposite side of that, his mind is occupied with other things. 
you know, regardless of what he's physically doing or where he's, you know, stationed or whatever, he still has this responsibility. He still has this duty that is occupying time other than I need to be fighting. And second, regardless of how long it was, uh, you know, whether he was able to train or not train, he was not in the cage. And that's three and a half years not in the cage, regardless of how much you've been training, regardless of how much you've been, um, you know, been, been able to keep yourself in shape. That's significant. Um so I think he deserves a ton of credit, but yeah, it's important to kind of contextualize all of this, especially against a guy like Dennis Bermudez, who's Bermudez, tough as yeah. nails. You know, it's just that that's an that's, impressive. That's thing not to a do. layup for three and a half sure. years off. Alexa Grasso, what do we make of her? Um, I think she faced a, a game competitor in uh, Felice Herrig, and um, she was a little less uh, active on offense than I'm used to seeing her. I've seen all her Invicta fights. Um, watched her, you know, in the UFC. I think she was a little less aggressive than she necessarily, than uh, rather she needed to be. Um, and that's probably why she was surprised by the decision. She didn't feel like she was necessarily on the wrong end of it or losing, but she she wasn't aggressive enough. And and that's not prototypical for her. So um, I'm I'm thinking she'll she'll be able to bounce back pretty quickly. I think she's still one of the brightest young prospects in that division and maybe in all of the UFC for sure. Yeah. No, I mean I, I'm still I, very high on her. I'm not ready to yeah. uh say but does she have a power problem? Like like Well, it's straw weight. I'm yeah. not I'm not not I mean Jessica Andrade doesn't does have all a all of a sudden Tisha Torres have a power like no, I'm just asking. She's still this a was... top fighter. I think I think the issue was her activity level was relatively low in this mm-hmm. one. Um, something that it just seemed like she couldn't get past that first gear. Yeah, she, uh, you know, that I, I'm not expecting that to continue for her, but um, it's a learning experience. It's her first loss. I'm, you know, there, there's there's a lot to build on, but um, you can you can clearly see that the skills, the technique are, are there. That she, she's got a good uh, a good head start. You like Watterson versus Felice Herrick? I thought that was a nice little thing that she said at the end. The, the, the whole story that she, yeah, got, yeah, I'm, which is true I'm, by the way. I'm into it. I'm buying it. Let's I think it's a good it. fight. Yep. Now, what about Jessica Andrade sticking with that division? Do you? It's clear she's going to get yes, as opposed to what sticking with that division? No, no, no. I'm just saying keeping the topic on that. Oh, one. Oh, okay, okay. Um, she it, did, remember, she's fought in different. Yes, yes, yes. No, I mean like for conversational purposes. Yep. Do you like her chances against Joanna? Does she have the style? It's going to be interesting. Um, I don't. Yeah, I. I think. I think if any, I'll put it this way: if anybody has the style, it's probably that style, um, and she probably will be um, one of her tougher matchups. Um, but ultimately, I think Joanna's going to get it done. Were you impressed with Angela Hill in defeat? She looked like a different fighter, and I'm. And, and I even thought she was better than in her Invicta days. I don't know. Yep. Um, I think the championship experience helped sure. her tremendously. Yeah. Um, getting into those five round. Uh, fights and and being able to kind of push herself um absolutely and i think you know i I saw more on angela hill than than necessarily on on jessica andrage like uh coming out of that fight now everybody was calling for the fight with joanna but uh angela hill i think gave a a really really good account of herself and and people were impressed myself included just goes to show that maybe they gave up on her a little too soon in the ufc but maybe it was a blessing in disguise exactly it ended up working out nicely for her yep 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 you thought i was gonna go negative there but I turned it into you're, a positive. You're a negative person. 
it was good to get her confidence up. You know, she was such a young fighter when she came into the UFC, Ultimate Fighter, and is a very rare thing. She was a 16th ranked fighter fighting the number one because they were doing a tournament. So she's fighting Carlos Sparza in her, you know, in her UFC debut, essentially on tough. That's a tough way to debut. So yeah, I was really impressed with her. Um, One thing that came up on Saturday that I touched on last week as well, you got a guy like Adam Milstead. Clearly he has a knee injury. He keeps going back out there. He says he doesn't tell the corner. Corner doesn't step in. And now it looks like he suffered. I haven't gotten an official word on what kind of injury it was, but clearly a serious injury against uh, Curtis Blades. Would you like to see corners step in more often, A, and B, do you think if the full purse was guaranteed that they would be more inclined to do so? If they're not fighting for show and win and there's, you know, half the money out there and you can throw a Hail Mary and who knows what can happen, you know, maybe they're reluctant to do so because they don't want their fighter to get mad at them. Let's start with number two first. Okay. Yes, I believe that if we, there's no incentive to continue the fight at that point, that they will not. Um, so yes, I believe... Uh, if we got rid of win and show bonus, we would see more people uh, being pulled from fights due to injuries. Which I don't think is a bad thing. Like I hear people say like, oh, I don't want my fights in early. But yeah, you kind of do. If someone's injured badly, you don't want well, them to keep fighting. Th- then let's return to the, the first question, which is, was I okay with that? Do I think that's appropriate? I, it really depends on the fighter and it really depends on what he's communicated to his corner. Um, or if it was somebody else, a, a female, a male, doesn't really matter in this case. If they told their corner that they don't want the fight stopped, uh, then I'm perfectly okay with it. it mm. It's 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 a it's a thing where yes, the the corner has a responsibility to protect the fighter, uh, but if the fighter has told you that that's the what they want to happen, then you can't go against their wishes. I, if if it's a situation where they haven't expressly said that to you and you're making a judgment call, sure, I'd like to see somebody err on the side of safety and and save them further damage. And in this case, it's clear he could have save further damage with that knee but if he's told his corner that he uh wants to continue or uh has had a they're always going to say that previously they're always going to say that no that's not true they're always going to say i want to continue no one wants to quit really i mean one percent of the time they'll say i'm done i'm okay with that then that's mm-hmm. that's the and now look he's out for a year maybe was it worth it that's a question he has to answer yeah and and he's the only one who can be responsible for that if you're putting if you're putting your your safety in the hands of your corner and taking your, yourself out of the equation, then sure they can make that that call. But if you're uh, if you're telling them one thing and and it's your wishes, uh, I would be reluctant to go against it if I was the corner. I got a text on Friday from New York Rick, and he said, "No questions asked. One hundred percent. You must be done Monday's show by four thirty Eastern, right? Correct. It's four thirty six. What are you? Are you celebrating? Are you going to dance? No, I'm streets? just saying. What now? Like, are they going to pull the plug? What's happening? I'm waiting. There's like a clock in my face. I mean, can I get a couple more minutes? It's our last show in the studio. Okay, let's do a few more. Minutes. <laughs> I'm all, I'm just trying to get you airtime. That's all. I mean, I've talked enough. I've talked for three and a half hours. Thank you, Ryan Bader. Going to Bellator. Buy or sell? You like it? It sounds like he's doing it. Buy. You're buying it. Yeah, there's the fight with Phil Davis to set up. There's there's plenty there, and I, and. Uh, what about Dana saying, like, let him go to Bellator? Like, just like kind of unceremoniously saying goodbye like that. Smart. Right. What, what else would he say? Yeah, it's oh, true. We, we can't wait to have him back. <laughs> I hope he doesn't go to Bellator and he signs with Bellator. Of course. Did uh, Amanda Nunes have to apologize? No. Why did she apologize? Uh, good for her. I think, I think it's good for her. But no, does she have to apologize? Definitely not. She had nothing to apologize for. Dana White said that Ronda Rousey is probably done. 
do you think we'll ever hear from her again in terms Ooh. of like a press conference, media, something? Oh, or do you so think let's, she, you're, you're saying, let's assume she is done. Do we oh. think we'll ever hear from her? Okay, again? wait a second. Do you not believe she's done? What, Dana White saying she's done means she's done? I don't know. No, I don't know. I'm just asking. That's uh, what he said. I do... I treat this the same way I treat an MMA retirement. I don't think this one kind of feels a little more real. Does it not? You tell me. How is this different than last time? Well, just based off what she was doing in the last not talking, the way the fight went, you know, the whispers after the Holly Holm fight. This is not going to surprise. Okay. Would you be surprised if she never fights again? I wouldn't be surprised. Nope. But I think she will fight again. If she fights right away. Do you think she'll fight again? She's not fighting right away. You think so? Look, I mean, if I <laughs> if I was in her shoes, right? Um, we tried this. We tried the whole disappearing and doing the the training camp montage and no, 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 no more training camp montage. Just no more fighting. I'm saying though, if I was in her shoes, and I did plan on fighting again, we tried this already. We tried the blackout. We tried this. Um, I'd want to get back and just get back to my routine um, and not trying to uh, to change the whole uh, game o- over again. Um, what if she's just done? But if she's just done, yeah, um, I'm sure we'll hear from her again. She's too famous to not be heard from. Okay. I mean, I'm sure we're going to hear from her, but do you think she'll ever talk about the end of her career? Yeah. Huh. Wait. Can you think of a scenario in sports where even no matter how heartbreaking we've ever... This is kind of a unique one. It. Fighter, athlete suffers defeat, goes away, comes back, doesn't address it, goes away. This is kind of unique. When does this happen? significantly more important things have happened in sports history, more uh, potential impact, more eyeballs on it. And what are you talking about? Give me one address. Give me one. Anytime someone no, no, no. blundered on the biggest stage. of Yes, any- but she didn't. What do you mean? She didn't, she didn't address it. So that's why this is unique down the line later in history. Yeah. Years from now. Well, like in 10 years. Yeah. The same way, uh, what is it, uh, Buckner? Any of these, any of these major moments where yeah, the, yeah. where the person has been on the biggest stage sure, in sports sure, sure. and completely failed? We've we've talked about them all. They've talked about them all. It will happen at some point. If she goes away and doesn't come back and and and, and doesn't talk about it for five years, which is possible, right? Five years. Does that make you? Does that change the way you 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 think about her? Your thoughts on her, her career, her legacy? Not, not even a little bit. My thoughts on Ronda Rousey right now are the are same cemented. as my thoughts uh, before. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sort of like how you think that the Jimmy Manoa-Corey Anderson fight is a suitable main event for the London card, right? And I will be there. I'll be there with my fellow uh Let it be known that, that Near Crick is going to that card with that headliner and not UFC 208 in his backyard. Mr. Near Crick, we should call you London Rick from and now guess on. guess what? I'm... I'm avoiding it for my wife's family, my wife's birthday, and then in London, my is, wife's is the be birthday with me. February? What is it? Eleventh? Uh, hers is the ninth. What? It's not even a birthday. Her birthday's Thursday. There's family sh- shiz to, oh, to do. Oh gosh, this is something Listen, else. I love my wife dearly. <laughs> this is um, something else. Did you notice that El Patron was always looking over at his fiance? I mean, that guy. We know who's the boss in that family. Yeah, he's. Uh, is that what it's like in your house? No. <laughs> um, oh my god but uh yeah she'll be there with me in london it'll be great yeah i love that card yeah it was great um was it last week or two weeks ago show's over i say peace i'm out here and then your crick sends out an email i'm taking another uh trip i mean this guy's been on more trips but if i'm being honest you should go on a lot of trips before you have kids it's a good time but it was just interesting the second the show's over i mean that thing was written beforehand you were just oh, staring wrote- at it 
Well, what happened makes was, me wonder what you're doing back there if you have time to write such a lengthy email. Oh yeah, the the three sentences <laughs> <laughs> that I wrote in the email. I uh, yeah, I did write it during the show. I was as I was talking to you and saying like, oh well, let's break some news. I'm going to be in London during that blah blah blah. I was like, oh yeah, maybe I should uh, tell. People yeah, would be nice outside of just. Uh, on the show okay let's keep it moving uh rashad evans against uh judo dan kelly you like it or hate it what the hell is that you hate it yeah i don't what stand it oh my god you're everything that's wrong in this sport at this point i just don't get it you don't you don't think it's a, it, it's good for a guy who was brutally knocked out in april consider retirement moving to a new weight class had an issue show up in an MRI. you don't think it's good to kind of ease him back in there against an older fighter a tough fighter a durable yeah. fighter let's just why do we have to put him up against jacare no, which was don't. discussed by the way there's a middle ground there yeah dan kelly what's no, the middle not gr- the middle ground what's the, what's the middle ground somebody at the lower end of the of the rankings maybe like come on What's wrong with getting a guy's feet wet, building him back up? If you can't beat someone, Dan Kelly, then you shouldn't be fighting if you're Rashad Evans' former champion. Nothing against Dan Kelly. And that's what I love about it. Dan Kelly gets an opportunity of a lifetime. It's great. It's a win-win. Maybe you build a new star there. Yeah. You'd rather you... Okay, number 15 right now is Sam Alvey. You'd rather Sam Alvey? Get out of here. What's What's the difference? What's the difference? It's the same fight. It's the same exact fight. Tell us, ladies, you'd rather that? Yeah, let's do it. That's perfect. This is another veteran. This is another Come guy. Come on. Dad bod, Dan Kelly. It's a great story. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. What's the story there? There's no story between the two. It doesn't do anything for me. Well, there's no story between Rashad and any of those yeah, other so guys. that's why, why Rash- you're... The story is Rashad, a 185. Kelly, so. I, like, I like what they think outside the box. I like when they give a guy an opportunity when it's, you know, a fight we didn't see coming. I like that. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. That's the answer. You said you hated it. It just don't get it. Like it could have been, it could have been anybody. Why Dan Kelly? It just, uh, I don't know. Could have been anyone. Uh, Thirteen pay per views. Dan Kelly's momentum, you know, needs yeah. to kind of be kept versus throwing him in there. He's thirty nine. Yeah, let him. You know, look, get him some W's. Thirteen pay per views in twenty seventeen. That's the plan right now. You like that? I'm, I'm digging it. I mean, you're digging it. <laughs> what are you digging about it? It's the same as the last few years. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I don't mind the number of pay per views. It's not. Uh, that's not the part that necessarily gets me, you know, off on a tangent about too many events. Like the number of pay per views is fine. Hmm. It's more the overall picture when you factor in all the other shows. By the way, someone just brought this up. This is a great. This is a great tweet. Potential Ronda Rousey comparison. Chris Webber timeout. Remember that? I think yeah. it was 1993. Don't think he's ever talked about it, this person. Jordan Papazoglu says. Even if that was the case, which I think is incorrect. 24 uh, years. Chris Webber. He I wasn't a part of the Fab Five, uh, 30 yeah, that's for 30. That's only one that happened in that time. Sure. Um, even if that's true, which I don't believe it to be, um, that would be the one example. That's a pretty good example. It's a great example. Could be. I'll take the, I'll take the, the rest of the evidence where Mar- everybody else has kind of talked about it will marlon marais be a ufc champion um i'm gonna lean no at this moment wow will david branch be a ufc champion i'm gonna lean no at this moment of course you would what does that mean any so, interest oh, in <laughs> going on the record here any uh, interest in josh koscheck um no not really been out too long really lost a lot of steam with uh, paul daly no interest do you love as much as I do? And you probably don't you know, pay attention to this stuff. Look at this stuff. Like It's a little inside baseball. But the UFC is doing a media day Friday afternoon in Brighton Beach, yeah. Brooklyn for Khabib. If you don't know about Brighton Beach, predominantly Russian 
area. They're doing another one in Park Slope on Wednesday for Michelle Watterson. Dare I say, is the UFC trying to build stars here? Is that what's happening? Are they actually going a little against the grain and saying, we see some people that we have pinpointed as stars. Let's put them in good positions to build them up. Michelle Watterson, mom in Park Slope, brilliant. Khabib Nurmagomedov in Brighton Beach. I mean, is this is this not, is, is this is big news for me. How about for you? Are you as excited about, I'm more excited about these two things than I am about the whole fight week. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. And I think it's smart. Um, but I don't think this is necessarily brand new. This is pretty damn brand new. Mm. It's not like super brand new, but it's kind of new. Um, to do this, both fighters, you know, Michelle doesn't even have a fight. Yeah. Habib's fighting in a month. No, it's good. And and I always love the opportunities that they also do where, you know, uh, guest fighters get the potential to speak to. But this is different. Um, the media. This is putting no, no, no. Habib in Brighton oh, Beach. No, I get it. I get it. I'm just saying that I like stuff like this where, you know, fighters who... Um, have something coming up, uh, get an opportunity to shine. It's it's good. And uh, yeah, Habib in Brighton Beach is going to be great. Are we sending video? Hell yeah, we're sending video. I'm going to be there. There we go. I'm going to be uh, drinking one of those drinks with the, the, the sugar cube. You know those things? They, they put the toothpick. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's what they drink in Brighton Beach. Yeah. Uh, Philippe Nova, Rick Len. Who do you got? Uh, let's go Nova. I was impressed. You know, this is a very big deal. The future Anderson Silva is fighting on the same card as Anderson Silva. Boy. <laughs> I stole that one from my, my good friend, Jed Goodman. Jedi Goodman. Uh, Dustin Poirier, Jim Miller. Poirier. Easy. Wilson Hayes, Yuka Sasaki. Hayes. Islam Makachev versus Nick Lentz. Uh, Makachev, I Ian, think. Ian McCall, Jared Brooks. I don't know enough about Brooks. He's good, man. Twelve and zero. Look up, look up some of his stuff. Yeah, he looks good. I guess it's McCall's to lose just for the veteran savvy and experience. But uh, yeah, I've I've seen a little bit on Brooks, and and he's probably uh, he's probably right there. By the way, not for nothing. I mean, these are all kind of solid fights. Yeah, it's not a bad card. You know what I mean? There's no like, you know, these are all names. Ryan Lafleur against Jukal Carnero. Yeah, Lafleur for sure. I like that fight. Good fight. Um, oh, this guy! I'm going to skip this fight because there is a replacement. Which fight? The the main event fight. Uh, the not main event. The the heavyweight fight. Marcin Tybura against Luis Henrique. Um, I'll tell you who he's fighting. Just give me a second. Give me a second. Here it comes. It's um, Justin Willis. What you talking about? Uh, oh, Justin man. Willis, yeah. That, that deserved more than that. I'm that was, sorry. That I'm was sorry. Good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, wait, wait. We're almost done. Um, Randy Brown against Bilal Muhammad. Uh, Brown, I, I think that one's pretty tight. Um, they've both kind of shown me spurts. They've shown me a little bit, but I haven't really seen the complete package from either guy. Um, but I'll go Brown. Glover Teixeira versus Jared Cannonier. This is the toughest one. Fascinating for me fight, right? Fascinating. I like this fight. This one's really going to be... is. Is Glover still a contender or is he not? Is this it? Because Cannoneer is on the way up, clearly. And Glover, or is it too soon for Cannoneer? Well, that's the question. It could be either too soon for Cannoneer and, and Glover still here, or this could be the one that that he kind of makes his his uh, arrival in the division uh, clear. Um, I'm going to lean Cannoneer. I just think it's his time. I think this is one of those fights where he's going to be on the way up and, and catch Glover at a good time and go on to have a, a decent run. Uh, so I'm going Cannoneer. Did I ask you about Poirier yet? Yeah, I said Poirier easy, for sure. Of course. Jacare Boch. 
No, no questions asked. First round? Sure. Whenever he wants. Anderson Silva, Derek Brunson. Oh, boy. I'm going to say Anderson Silva. Um, okay. I just... Th- this is this is tough. Also, I, this reminds me a little bit of Cannoneer and and uh, and Teixeira, um, except I think that the the glaring flaw in Brunson's game is where Anderson Silva kind of excels, which doesn't play well for him. So uh, I'm going to go Anderson Silva. And last but not least, and actually someone just uh, reminded me of this. Then again, wait before I move on to that. The glaring flaw in Anderson Silva's game is also where Derek Brunson excels if he gets back to his wrestling. So uh, it's really whoever kind of imposes their will. Uh, the MMA Bolton reminds me of this that they actually used to call Jermaine Duran to me the female Anderson Silva. So we've got the real Anderson Silva, the female Anderson Silva, and the next Anderson Silva all fighting on the same card. How about that? You talk about a special night in Brooklyn. Stop it. You can't you can't script it better than this. Home Duran to me. Who do you got? Uh, I'll go home. Last thing. Favorite moment in the history of this studio. We're closing out the lights. Oh, We're done. Here we are. Last minute left in the history of this Midtown studio. Next week, new studio. Hopefully it works. Hopefully we're able to talk to you. What's your favorite moment? Go. Mm. Favorite Hosting mo- the show. Oh, easy. Done. Came to me is. right away. All Host, about you, isn't hosting it? Hosting the show. All about favorite you. Favorite moment. Unbelievable. My favorite moment when my mom was in the studio. Remember that? I do. What a moment Wait, that did was. We put, did we put her on camera? Yes. We did, right? Yes. Yeah, that was pretty good. When she beat you in the competition. Remember you guys actually had a competition where you were picking fights against each other? I don't remember that. You're lying. No, I really don't. She beat you, yes. I Well, no, that part I believe. I just don't remember it. Yes, it was great. Um, she's she, she watches and knows more she's about. She's watching right now. She's me. writing me about El Presidente. She loves him. Yeah, yeah. She she the fact that she beat me does not surprise me. It's just that I don't I don't even remember participating. She actually wrote these people that write comments are nuts. She's looking at the YouTube comments. Oh, never look at the YouTube comments. Yeah, it's a big problem. All right, close out the lights. We're done. Shut it down. Shut it down. Hopefully it works next week. Thank you very much. Thank you, New York Rick. Everyone in the back, you can hit my music. Thank we are you. done. Oh, what were you going to say? I was just going to say thank you to somebody very special, right? Who? Our wonderful sponsors of this week's Oh, yes, episode. you're right. <laughs> yes, For Honor. The good people over at For Honor. Thank you very much for the support. I got to get used to this. I mean, I'm not used to getting the, this kind of love. People actually selling our show. Wow, it's a new era. Moving to a new studio, getting the love from the sales team. This is a big deal. For Honor, the MMA Hour brought to you by For Honor. Available February 14th. It is made by Ubisoft for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Who will reign supreme? There it is. Check it out. Bang. Thank you very much to them. Uh, Thank you very much to everyone who tuned in this week. Thank you very much to everyone who stopped by. What a fun show it was. Congrats to James Vick. Good luck to Mr. Daniel Cormier. All the best to Damien Maya as he navigates those waters. Thank you very much to Frankie Edgar. All the best to him as well. How about Yoel Romero? Wow, that guy is something else. He should be giving out classes on how to do promos. Best of luck to David Branch. World Series of Fighting future endeavoring David Branch. And thank you very much to Alberto del Rio, El Patron, El Presidente. It's just so much fun to say those words. Wish him the best. Check out Combate Americas on February 16th. All right. So the UFC is in Brooklyn. We'll be here all week doing all that media stuff. And thank you so much for watching us from this studio for the last four years. Holy smokes, it's over. Back next week from a new place, same time and place. 
Until then, as far as the place being MMAfighting.com, until they say peace, somebody out.